guys, it's an exciting night tonight. Uh, we have Eric Kramer on as our guest, and I'm really not sure that we should waste much time with this cold opener. So, Walt, let's just kick this show off. Eric is on here with us right now. He's dancing with me. I know. I think he's. I think Eric's a smart man. Smart enough not to dance like you. Almost dance. That's why he chose to not be here for the opener. I thought. Guys, I just want to remind everybody. This is kind of new for me, but we're now presented by BetUS. So go check out BetUS, every sports better's favorite sports book. I'm reading this off of a teleprompter. They have a bunch of great perks and exceptional service. Use the link in the description of the show to get 125% sign-up bonus. Place your bets with sports. Place your sports bets with BetUS. I'll get this down eventually. Guys, I'm very excited tonight that we have a very special guest uh, tonight, Eric Kramer. Um, I can't wait to talk to him, so let's just bring him on. Absolutely, man. Oh, you guys screwed hey, that welcome. up. Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> he gets the smallest window. There you go. No problem. <laughs> you should have put me right next to Shorty if I'm in the smallest window. <laughs> How are we doing tonight, kids? Excellent. Hey. Good. Yeah, I've been trying to think awesome, of a million man. ways, of a million ways to start this show because it, it's just an honor to have you on. And I think the first, the best way I came up with was that uh, just to get it out of the way. In 1995, your record season for the Chicago Bears, I worked for the Bears. I have the field pass as proof. I, I uh, worked in the uh, media, or I'm sorry, in the uh, the press box. I had to run off uh, stats of every quarter and hand them out to Andrea Kramer and Mark Greco and all those guys, you know. And uh, because of that perk, we got to go on the field. We got to go into the locker room. We got, we, in fact, we stayed with you for a week in training camp. In uh, 1995, we stayed in your dorm rooms. We ate our meals with you. I almost got my legs taken out by a tackle uh, from a pass that you threw. I think it was Jeremy Lincoln that was tackling uh, Curtis Conway or something. Um, it's been an, it, it just it's the bear fandom that is is in me has grown from all those kinds of experiences like that. And for me to be sitting here talking to you, and all of us to be sitting here talking to you not, tonight is. Uh, it's crazy how the world works. So just thank you for joining us. My pleasure, man. I appreciate the setup. That's going back a ways. That was, you know, those are back in the Platteville, Wisconsin days, back in training camp. And um, I was going to, as you start talking about that season, do you remember, I think it was, I can't remember, it was a Monday night game. or We played uh, Pittsburgh. It was a night game. And Kevin Butler kicked the field goal in that north end zone. Remember, there was kind of that uh, – not a cutout, but it kind of went back into the stands behind the goalpost. Yeah. So, the, so Kevin, kick, I think it was, yeah, Kevin kicks it. 
and some guy literally jumps out of the out of the seat, which is he must have had a fifty foot drop, and he fell yep. on a security guy. That's why he didn't die or shatter both legs and ends up the next night on David Letterman. <laughs> I remember that clearly. Yeah. He actually did get hurt on that jump too, though, Eric. He did have knee yeah. problems because of that. It, he well, he deserved to, but I mean, that, that's <laughs> a, certainly not a well-thought-out plan, but it worked out for him. <laughs> Eric, I want to I ask you, speaking of memories of that uh, era, I uh, – the one time that I went into the locker room was after a loss to the Lions. You were quarterback in the game. It was a 17 to 24 loss. And I want I would like to know if you remember, my memory is I'm going to use this pass. I'm going to go into the locker room tonight. I'm doing it. And I remember as I was walking to the locker room, I see you sitting outside in the, in the hallway. I've told this story before when, on the show about this locker room experience. And you were sitting out in the, in the hallway on, up against the wall with your helmet still on and your, your helmet and your heads. And you were just sitting there just like you were so upset about that loss. And I remember as I was walking in looking at you and I was like, man, I feel, I felt so bad for you. And then I walk into the locker room and all I saw was naked men everywhere. And I was like, Oh, I should not be here. And then I turned around, I turned around and Dave Wanstead was like, I'm six two. And Dave Wanstead was like, He's like, what are you doing in here, kid? And I was like, um, um, I was leaving. He's like, do you, do you have a press pass? I'm like, oh, yeah, I have this. He's like, are you with the media? I'm like, uh, no. He's like, get out of here, kid. I'm like, yes, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. And that was my locker room. He was really double duty as not only head coach, but head of security. Oh. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Do you remember that moment sitting out in the hallway after that loss? No. Oh, no. I knew you wouldn't. I, I was hoping you might it, it makes sense that it would be a crushing any any loss is hard, but certainly yeah. your former team is hard too. Against your former team, I think it was the final drive that um, just never worked out. It was the end of the game. We were you were driving down the field, and I think an interception or just never scored a touchdown. We ended up losing the game, and you were so upset about it. And I just remember that as I was walking in, like, man, I feel your pain. So. <laughs> yeah, that's it, a. You know, it's kind of got that 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 uh, jobs in the business itself. I guess it's a business has some peaks and valleys to it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, Eric, I I want I want I would like to bring up your book right now because yeah. um, you have written an excellent book here um, in honor of your son Griffin and your surviving son uh, Dylan. Uh, and I've said, I, I told you this before the show, like, this is like the sixth book I've ever written in my life. And I could not, thank you. Thank you. I, I, I imagine a few of those were in school. So this is post. No, <laughs> none of them were in school. They were all. Yeah, I, got it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I got. So I'm, thinking, I'm thinking some of those six were like, you know, homework assignments. So you would think so. Yeah. But I never read the entire book. I just skimmed through it and found my talking points. Yeah. That would have been something I did. <laughs> um, this book is it's it's an excellent read. I couldn't put it down. Um, very emotional at. I, I got very emotional at some points in it. And, um, you know, it's, it's a testament to you for everything that you have been through um, to, to put this out there for everybody to read. And I believe this is something that you are going to help people with in the future. And this could be, you know, one of your greatest legacies right here. I hope so. I, I you know, like you mentioned in the beginning, um, 
my 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 i guess main focus of this was in honor of griffin my oldest son who passed away and uh, his younger brother dylan who at the time griffin passed away dylan was 13 years old in eighth grade and uh uh so it was it is my way of honoring both of those kids mm -hmm. and um um and then also like you mentioned i think it there's a lot in there you know and however many i don't know how many pages it is but there's a lot in there for uh you know uh, there's no secret about it i battled depression as a player um even after playing and um so i think it you know not that that's the main focus but i think it does help people who have um, suffered with that uh, disease themselves um, and it also helps people who know people mm -hmm. um, that have suffered from anxiety depression whatever which kind of covers the whole planet mm -hmm. and um, and then uh, at the same time you know there's um, some fun times in there and football experiences and experiences obviously with Griffin and Dylan and uh, my parents and um, you know, I think there's just, um, there's a little bit of everything in there and it, it's kind of, um, funny. There's some, some friends of mine that, uh, uh, have read it and have said, you know, I've known you Eric for, I don't know, 30 years and we've counseled each other in our own lives. And I didn't know half of this stuff. And, um, and, and it's just, it makes me feel good that, this is exactly what we should be doing. Yes. And, and, you know, problems, problems sort of get bigger, the more we isolate ourselves. Sometimes I, some, sometimes as young kids, somebody else isolates each isolates you. Mm -hmm. um, but oftentimes uh, as kids and adults, we do it to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And, and so uh, I didn't talk about this in the book, but um, there's a mental health program um, I'm behind that uh, involves a couple people, um, in addition to myself, that um, with young kids, uh, it's going to be called Mental Health Touchdown. We're going to start it out as an after-school program and uh, one elementary and one middle school. And uh, where I live in Thousand Oaks, there's actually two boys' kid, boys clubs that sit on middle school campuses. So those are after school programs. And then there's uh, uh, one elementary school. Uh, the elementary after school programs are also tied into Ventura County. So um, anyway, it's uh, it's going to involve young kids and families and basically involve, you know, uh, kind of being it's a proactive approach to finding and ident helping identify um, characteristics of young characteristics in young people, let me back up, fourth and fifth graders who are at age, what, 10, 11, mm -hmm. um, starting to identify and help them identify characteristics that they themselves would like to have, mm -hmm. right? So at that age, being a good friend, well, what's being a good friend look like? Right. It could be reaching out to somebody who looks not quite themselves that day, or it could be going out of your way to say to somebody, I, I love the way you always seem happy. 
and um, you know, despite mm-hmm. and whatever the case, some people would be very good listeners, mm-hmm. and young kids will notice that. And oftentimes, this could be in their life. This could be a parent. This could mm-hmm. be a coach, a teacher, somebody maybe a couple years older than them, mm-hmm. and. The idea is that you start to develop. How do you go approach somebody to say, um, uh, I'm building a home team of people just like you. And and here's what I appreciate about what you do, mm-hmm. whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine what that would look like if you start that at age 10, 11 and you get your parents involved and then by the time you're 18 and out of high school, that's pretty much who you are now for mm-hmm. the better half of your life. Right. So that's what you carry with you. And it's going to get cultivated along the way. Right. That's, that's a, the, a same, the same thing that you have as um, in your home team at age 10 might not be there at age 15 and 16, or at least maybe not all of them. And so it's a, it's a kind of, like I said, it's a proactive approach. Mm-hmm to not letting yourself get isolated to begin with. And as we all know, with kids, you know, at some age, whether it's cyberbullying, confrontational bullying, um, it's one, it's typically one kid's way of pulling other people in to isolate one. Right. And so it's that one kid, that boy or girl, that's kind of the fire starter that wouldn't be the bully without the other ones. Right. And so this is a proactive approach to that. So if you, if we're sitting and talking around, and so one of the people that's involved in this, her name's Catherine Casimir, and she, and she has a, um, an, a nonprofit called Bright, B-R-I-T-E. And I cannot remember, uh, inclusion is the I, that much I do know. And she's a special person because she, um, uh, gets these kids to kind of act out their own scenarios in a group, right? And so good or bad, well, you know, we want to do both. Mm-hmm. And um, so we want to, like, when you start getting into the areas of bullying, who's going to raise their hand and go, I love when Johnny the other day isolated Amanda. I love right. it. Right. Um, and so no one's going to do that. Right. Right. And so you kind of you proactively set the tone for what people want to be, not what they don't want to be. Mm-hmm. And, and it helps them to uh, it's it's building a foundation for them for the future to help deal with that as they get older. Exactly. That's yep. excellent. Yep. That is excellent. That's like your, you know, um, the contribution that you're putting back, you know, from I love it. It's. I really would love to read the opening line to your book, if I may. Go right ahead. Yeah. Because I think if anybody uh, like me who doesn't read books um, and you heard this opening line to this book, this might make you want to go out and buy it because the rest of it, you had me at hello with this, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a very short paragraph. It says, I hadn't set a date to kill myself, but after several intense weeks of planning, it struck me Tuesday morning that the only task left was to pull the trigger. And I was like, drop the mic. I got it. I'm reading the rest of this book. I couldn't put it down from there on out. And, you know, the fact that 
the rest of the way where it goes through there. I don't want to give too much about your book away because I think people should buy it and read it for themselves. But we only read one sentence, so you're we're good. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> the enticement is good. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why I wanted to do that. Yes. But uh just uh, everything that you went through in that book and then to come out on top and now you're helping young people to um, kind of deal with things that can, can their sensors for these kinds of things that can really change a, a, per, a young person's life. Um, if you can right. put them in well, the right. Well, well the, what, the one thing that's a given, right, is that we're all going to face some adversity somewhere along the way, often multiple times, often daily. And so we're going to get knocked off the horse uh, as a routine. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's, um, being able to, uh, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for it process through those mm -hmm. and have help doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of the things that, you know, uh, my experience anyway, is that depression really zaps you of your perspective. So the sun is never shining and, there's never going to be like nothing's going to get better tomorrow because it was horrible today and it was horrible the last 10 days or whatever. And so you're your own worst counsel. And so it is the idea is to, before you ever get there is to kind of have this home team that you go through life with, not just when times are bad. And, uh, and so, like I said, it's a, uh, it makes me feel good and the other people involved that, um, you know, this is, goes right along with um, kind of the way things are going these days. Uh, mm -hmm. Everybody is encountering something, some difficult time and somehow. And the idea is to is to to get people together and all row the boat together. Mm -hmm. Well said. Well said. Um, I have, I have, I have, I'm trying to stay on script here. Cause I know you only have a little bit of time with us tonight. Um, we can talk uh, the way our, the way our show goes is, uh, it, it, it can, it's hard to, um, this is actually like the most structured we've ever been, Eric. Uh, so we're, we're trying to blame or am I to be, no, you know, I, that. no you're okay. actually helping us. We need this okay, structure. <laughs> um, so. But I wanted to get some. To some of your to, I'm not buying. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I think one of the most fascinating stories about your book is is not knowing, growing up a Bears fan, and you know seeing us sign this this quarterback from Detroit that we all, you know, we're like, oh my God, he's he's an, he's a backup that should be a starter, and he they just beat the Cowboys, and then we signed you. It was like I can't believe this is our quarterback now. Um, I want I, the fact that you barely even played high school or a uh, quarterback in high school and kind of bounced around from team to team because your father kept uh, taking you to the next high school to try to beat out the next quarterback, ultimately ended up in your senior season where you're trying to beat out an incumbent, you know, three year starter. Uh, and then you started playing safety that season. Yeah. And we're pretty good at it. And then by the end of it, one of your coaches is like, yeah, I think I can get you into a school here at safety. You're like, no, I don't want to play safety. And then you go to a college and kind of bounce around a little bit. And then you end up at uh, uh, South was it North State? Carolina state. Yeah. And then now you're a starter. Boom. Uh, undrafted. Now you're in the NFL. And I, I kind of wanted to ask you like, how does it feel to, to like for you personally to 
have all these records for the Bears as a quarterback, and they've stood the test of time. Well, it, it, your pride the, in that there has to be like a enormous sense of pride. Yeah, what the what I really to, for me to really truly answer that question, what goes into it aren't the records. What goes into it is that I had to work a lot to get comfortable in that offense, which was completely different than the one I came from. Mm-hmm. And um, and so having that first year not go so well, um, and that was actually the first year I encountered anything even called depression. I had no idea what that was. All I knew is that I didn't want to get out of bed in the morning and or or make eye contact with anybody mm-hmm. or, you know, and to come from that and then um, uh, kind of learn what I didn't know and learned by watching Steve Walsh mm-hmm. do do better than I did, mm-hmm. and and um, and there was parts of his game that I learned that I didn't know, and you learn a lot from watching, and so to come back from that and uh, be able to execute at a level that I was very proud of, um, and and felt like I contributed to what everybody else was doing that is what made me feel good. And so if there's records involved, super, but I think it stands for what went into that, that uh, not only that season, but um, you know, kind of the culmination of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It's a great story. I, I, I want to tell everybody from the mountaintop, but uh, you just go buy the book and read it yourself. <laughs> well, you are, you are in a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Vernon Roseman in here says, and chat here says, uh, Dan, say hi to Eric for me from 1995. So Vernon was who um, I actually got the job from, and we worked together with the Bears. We were we worked together and stayed in the dorm rooms with you, and uh, he was the culprit behind all of that. So thank you, Vernon. Um, Thanks, I, Vernon. That was not the Four Seasons, am I right? <laughs> no, it was, okay. It was not the no, the dorm rooms and Platteville. They were not. No, <laughs> but it was it was fun to like be in my in the you know have the tray and like you're in the cafeteria getting our meals with you like right and then right. you can sit down and hear like, the the golf carts around uh, campus yeah. there right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guys, I know I'm talking a lot, so I'll let you guys get some questions in here. Foster, PJ, you have any I questions got, for me? before before. Before PJ interrogates you, because he's our resident interrogator on the on the show, he's I, I just want to talk about a couple things. Yeah, he's he's the cop, so just you know, just just a warning. Uh, okay. So, so I, at at the time when you're in Detroit, I'm I'm in my mid twenties, and I go to this Bears game because nobody wants to go because it's thirty below, and it's the day after Christmas of 1993. <laughs> so I, I get this ticket handed to me and it's in the 100s like the fifth row and i and i only know a little bit about you from watching previews to this uh, the two bears games that you played against us that season or at least the one yeah so i'm freezing my butt off my mustache and my beard literally frozen solid my drink froze in my hand <laughs> and at the end of that game i became a fan and i looked at my brother-in-law and i said we got to get this guy somehow we got to get this guy in the bears because with this guy we can win. And I've been a fan of yours ever since that day to this day. The, the other thing I wanted to talk about is um, depression, anxiety, alcohol, and drugs, because a lot of people turn to alcohol and drugs to 
numb the pain for that. And, and I happen to be one of them. So I, I dealt with that for 33 years. Mm. I no longer deal with that because I got help. And I just want everybody to know whether it's drugs, depression, suicide. I, I don't know any person that that has not touched their life in any way. Um, I, I myself, I had my, my wife's my wife's um, cousin who committed suicide. I have three friends mm. that committed suicide. I, I know 30, 40 people that can say the same thing and their lives have been affected by their children or their grandchildren even with alcohol and drugs. So anybody yeah. who needs any help, there is help out there, man. You can reach out to Suicide Prevention Line, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. There's a number in New York that if you're having a problem with anything, whether it's suicidal thoughts, alcohol and drugs, you need a place to stay, there's help. So so reach out. And if, you, if you're afraid to do that, send me a note because I'll help you if I can. I just want to thank right. you for being on the show and everything that you've you've encountered to get to this point, man, that when it, when I, I saw you on a couple of shows and, and Nick from just another year, right? when right. I saw you on that show and, and you and you guys, you laid out the first paragraph of that book, man, even when Shorty just read it, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because it's just so chilling to that. Like, well, the only thing left to do is pull the trigger. I'm like, it, it just blows my mind. And, it, and, and I want to thank you on behalf of many people that I that I help on a daily basis because basically now I help alcohol alcoholics and drug addicts to recover because I've been through it. Um, uh, I just want to thank you. For me, proud. Go ahead. I was going to say, Foster, thank you for sharing that. Uh, in the beginning, we were talking about uh, that game back in December of '93. Um, I mean that you're right. That was a frigidly cold day, <laughs> and. Uh, uh, so, yeah, but, you know, it was a game that are unlike, not unlike a lot of December games in that played in that conference. Right. I was whenever the schedule would come out, I'd always look and see what the last two or three games were. It was never for some reason in L.A. It was never in San Diego. It was always in <laughs> Buffalo, Chicago, somewhere, you know, ridiculously cold. And um, so uh, anyway, that that was. Despite that, you know, uh, you learn to play in it. And like you said, I'm, I live, I'm from and live in California and it just, it takes a, it takes a different mindset to walk out the door in the wintertime back there. <laughs> it's been and, like, it's been in the forties here in Georgia and I'm like, damn, it's cold here. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and on the rest of it though, Foster, I will say this, that, um, so my son Griffin uh, when he was 18, he died of a heroin overdose. And so he was uh, in 10th grade is actually when he went into a, um, a treatment center. Um, and when I say that, it was a house. And um, it was an inpatient house. And, um, and then he transitioned there from a, I think it was not, three months, right? 90 days. And then to... Uh, mm -hmm. um, an outpatient program. And I remember the first thing when Griffin went in, it was called Visions. And the first thing they said was, you as parents, here's what you got to do. First thing is go to Betty Ford Center out. And I think it was Palm Desert, Palm Springs, something like that, which is about a four hour drive. It's not far. Maybe not even that far. Three hours. And um, and go to Al-Anon. And uh, Al-Anon is the same program as AA. Same exact. 
And uh, it basically says to anybody that comes in the door that we too have issues and we too are addicted to something. I don't care what it is, doesn't matter. And it's typically an addictive thought process. And, and so it, the idea of it, as you know, Foster, is to the best way for you to help anybody else out is to help yourself. So stay in your own lane, quit worrying about what everyone else is doing. They'll, they'll watch what you're doing actually. And, and so that's the way you want to live your life first. It's the idea of putting on the, you know, when you go get on an airplane, put your own oxygen mask on first and then just stay down that lane and you'll be helping people all day long just by doing that. The minute you go try to lead their lives for them, Boom, the train's off the rails. Mm -hmm. And I, I appreciate, Foster, what you do, because I'm still involved in Al-Anon all these years later. And um, some of my best friends now have become friends through Al-Anon. That's excellent. Yeah, yeah. Foster's too, I'm I, sure. I, I literally, so many friends you've made. I literally have, I have, I have 75 friends that are in my phone in case there's a problem. Just, just from the doors of AA and Al-Anon. Right. Um, Al-Anon, for anybody who doesn't know this, if you're dealing like, because I go to both, because it's the, the disease of alcoholism and drug addiction is, is usually hereditary. I, I can trace the lines in my family, especially with the alcoholism. I mean, for, for like 100 years, no foster male made it past the age of 57 because we died mm. of alcoholism in my family. My, my dad broke that mold. He lived to be 83. Um, well, good you know, for a him. A bunch of my and, family members are now are now living past that, and it's it's just a godsend, man. It's great. But, but great. by That's helping fun. yourself, like like you said, Eric, by helping yourself and making you got to be a little selfish and make sure that you help yourself and take care of yourself. But once mm -hmm. you do that, you begin you begin people reach out to you, and then you begin to help somebody. Else. You become selfless which, which for me. And I say this all the time. exactly. Yes, absolutely. Because it's not just about me all the time. That was one of the problems I had, Eric. I'm a selfish, self-centered son of a bitch. That's what I was, man, in my addiction, because it was all about me. But as, as I move on and progress, uh, it's not about me. I'm that little dot in the corner on that white piece of paper. And, and we all, well, I, I say this all the time, because the only reason to me today, the only reason I'm here is to help myself and help other people with this issue. There you go. Because it's a there you huge go. I was going to say, Foster, we, I was going to say, when you talk about I'm a selfless, self-centered, whatever, we all come out of the womb that way, just so you know. <laughs> that's, true. that's how we're supposed to come out. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so it's when you can get over that hump at some age that you start thinking of other people, that's actually, you know, you've actually overcome something now. Mm -hmm. Cheers to I'm going to clap. Cheers to both of you. Absolutely. Appreciate it. We're, we're running out of time. So, PJ, you have any questions? The big, the big guy. Well, oh. uh, I'd just like to say, uh, Eric, uh, thank you for sharing your story. Uh, I know a lot of kids that feel like they're invisible. Mm. So, for you to share, you being a popular person, I mean, an NFL star, as it were, mm. and you to have this battle of depression, that helps the ordinary child who, or the ordinary person who feel as though they're nobody and they suffering from it and they see how you can come through it. 
they themselves can be able to come through it. So I would just want to say thank you for sharing that story and giving a glimmer of light to people who uh, are in a dark place. Well, I appreciate that, uh, PJ. And, you know, I remember literally as just beyond way before depression ever set in as an adult, I was one of those kids that felt out of place wherever I went and didn't like uh, like 99.9 percent of america and kids everywhere you don't feel like you fit in right and i was always trying to be somebody else because somebody else the hell could have a lot cooler than i was mm -hmm. and and uh eventually when you really get it figured out is when you go you know what we're all kind of weird together and <laughs> <laughs> nobody has got the Nobody's got all the tumblers figured out, you know, so we're all just kind of weave, we're all kind of swimming out there just flying around, which is just fine. Sure. We're all like, we're all children that just grow up, but we're still <laughs> children at heart, right? That's right. You get into your, I'm almost 50 years old and I feel like I'm still 15, you know, sometimes. That's, that's good. Yeah. That's good. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it, it feels good. <laughs> it's okay, Dan. I, I'm nine. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Uh, well, you're like 750 years old, so you that's feel nine. Hopefully, the, best, the best, biggest beard of a nine-year-old I've ever seen. This, this, is, this is his playoff beard. We were supposed to do playoff beards together, and I forgot. So I, I just went back to trim in mine, and I looked up, and I was like, oh, damn, I forgot to do my playoff beard. She's so, like, I'm keeping it going. So you brought the curse of this year's season because you shaved. All right, way to go. <laughs> yep. That's, yeah, that's what Dan that was, my, was my fault. Look. We, we did a Look, prediction. Uh, like the five of us thrown out of the locker room. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we did a, a five a five panel um, a prediction on what this uh, the um, score the record would be for this season. And this, this is what it looked like: eleven and six. Okay. Five. We took the if it was three that said win, you know, the other two said loss. We picked a win, and this is what we all came up to, to collectively as a, a team of five. Okay. Oh, we were. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, with four wins, how many wins are, are currently the Bears have? Four. Three? Four. Okay, oh, perfect. Four. You guys are on, on point. So, the opposite direction, yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I, oh, I got you. 11 yeah. 6 was a. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. so this is a, actually this is actually what the, the reality of it is, is below. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, on the right, you'll see the win loss that we predicted in white. And then on the left, it'll be loss in red or win in yellow, which is the yeah. actual. Yeah. yeah, I I got you. Well, Dad. I I I too came in. I let I it during the season at the end of last season and moving it forward into this season. I too was a believer, yeah. and I fell flat on my face just like the rest of us. And uh, you know, um, but I personally I think that the machinery of the Bears is going in the right direction. Mm -hmm. I think. They've drafted a lot of good talent these last couple of years. Um, I think the addition of Montez Sweat is incredible. Um, and they're going to get another year to do the same thing all over again. And I mean, we can talk about that more in depth if you like, but I just, picks, I, yeah. I like where this is going. Yeah. I know, I know we're not there yet. But if you can think of how the Lions started out last year and how they finished, 
and then took off from this year. They're not that they don't look quite there yet themselves, but they're a hell of a lot farther along than they were to start last year. For sure. Yeah. One more draft. And then with all these picks they can get in this next draft, hopefully that will build on to next season and then we will actually have a winning season. I, I'm not sure what's going to happen with this coaching staff. I had so many damn questions for you, um, but we only have a few minutes left. Um, I do have some questions that I would like to uh, all right. chat to get from. Uh, let's go. To, let's get the chat here um, before we end, because I do have a couple more questions after chat. Eric, what was the what was the player strike year like? Any is, incidents from that when you played with when you played on the Falcons? Clip so. So right, so they, they. I was the only player they kept off of that strike team back with the uh, the regular. In fact, I was the only. I was the last. I believe someone told me this. I was the last strike player playing. And um, in the book, Cliff, go buy it and read it. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, uh, so the Mike. If you can picture this, Mike Ken was the left tackle for the Falcons, and he was the. Um, on the player side, the president of the NFLPA, and and so it was icy to say the least. And Tony Casillas was on that team, and uh, uh, and I'm trying to think. Um, so yeah, I think the only, in fact, the only the only player I remember crossing the picket line on that team was Tim Green. Hmm. Um, Tim Green, the author, Tim Green, and. Hmm. Um, uh, and we actually became friends and uh um you know I, I just it was an experience that for me made sense um i know for the players that were the active players that went on strike it didn't people like me didn't make any sense for them but all i know is that i was back in school and gonna finish my degree and want to coach high school for the rest of my life and yeah. um so that's still what I want to do. It's just football got in the way. But it, yeah. going back to that 87 season, that really is what uh, – that's the only reason today. And actually the only reason, but that's one of the reasons why I ended up playing the NFL to begin with. Exactly, yeah. Cliff said he just bought your book, by the way. Fantastic. Love it. Thanks, Cliff. <laughs> read it, Cliff. Yeah, you'll, you'll find out. You'll get, you'll get more detail on that. Uh, what, let's get a note to another question from chat here. Eric, what do you think about this Bears team and administration? That's kind of what I, that's one of my questions too. So we can, that's, that kind of goes twofold. So I like how it looks from the top down. I'm not crazy how it looks from the bottom up. Meaning, um, I think the coaching staff is, is not the right one. And um, I think there's been plenty of examples of how that's played itself out. Mm -hmm. uh, and, Again, I think the roster itself, the one that's been acquired, that there's there was first of all, there was a few people that got sent away, uh, traded, and then there was also some some acquisitions that took place that I think you combine last year's draft. They didn't have a lot of draft picks going into the draft. Ryan Poles pulled a rabbit out of the hat and got more picks. Mm -hmm. All of which didn't start out well, but now most of which are playing well. Mm -hmm. Um and then last year, uh, I'm sorry, this past draft, a lot of these players are now stepping up and yes. playing very well. Yeah. And even the players they acquired, like T.J. Edwards and uh, um, Edmonds, uh, and Ray Edmonds, who I played against his dad at Maryland. He was a tight end back then, Farrell. And nice. um, so uh, 
I like, like I said before, I like the nucleus of talent that's on this team. I think they're, they're, I was going to say loaded. They're deep at running back at the moment. Um, and so one guy goes down, Roshan Johnson stepped up and had a good game. Mm-hmm. And um, I just think there's, what I see is there's enough depth, uh, uh, sorry, enough nucleus to build from. And then, like I said, one more draft, one more year free agency, um, maybe a trade or two. And then I think, you know, the Bears are just well on their way. Eric, I have a million more questions for you, but I know we have to let you go. I'm going to I'm going to end with my last one, because this is this is a fairly simple question. Did you retire a bear? I did not. Did you I retire did a lion? I would have liked to. Uh, no. So in 1998, we um, uh, we I forget what the record was. It wasn't good. And Dave Wonstead got fired. His staff got fired. And uh, it was a new staff. Dick uh, LeBeau, uh, not LeBeau, Dick, um, can't remember. He was, came over, Dick Geron came over from Green Bay. And I remember, um, so in 98, my season ended. I had a torn labrum, which I was playing through. And then I also had a meniscus, uh, I think it was meniscus tear or something in my knee. And so I couldn't go on any further. So I ended up having surgery during the season. It was probably 10 or 11 games into the year. Mm-hmm. And it was a lengthy rehab. And most of my rehab was being done in Arizona. Um, I had a friend there, Ryan Wetnight, who played and, and liked the, the PT he had seen over the years. Anyway, so um, I, I received a phone call saying, because training camp was going to start like the next day. Mm-hmm. And I received a phone call saying, I forget who it was from, uh, hey, we'd like to get you to come in here and work out just to make sure you're okay. And I said, all right, fine. Um, and they had me uh, throwing to, I think it was Bobby Ingram and um, the, uh, uh, no, I, threw, I, I was, no, not Curtis. I think it was just Bobby and my, I can't remember who else. Anyway, so um, I come in the next day and, um, Actually, I, I was called to come in and see Dick Duran. And I said, okay. And he and he and Mark Hatley, who at that time was a general manager, came in and uh, said, okay, we decided to let you go. And what they did was they filmed um, me, me throwing. Mm-hmm. And so apparently what they wanted to do was pave the way for Cade McNown. And we all kind of <laughs> know that way. And so um, yeah. I ended up going to the San Diego Chargers. Right. And um, uh, anyway, that that well, yeah, that you know, I know, I know you finished your season with the Chargers, but when you officially retired, did you retire uh, under a specific team? Because you played five seasons for the Bears and three for the Lions and one for the Chargers. So, so I guess my question should be then: Do, do you consider yourself a Bear or a Lion? Both. Uh, okay. actually, yeah, <laughs> I was actually in, I was actually in Detroit four years, but in '92. Uh, 1990 through 93. Oh, okay. But, um, but no, I was I I consider it both. So like two games a year. I would too if I was you. I root for both teams. Yeah. And that's always been that way. It just happens to be that this year the Lions are being playing better than the Bears. But yeah, it hasn't always been the case. So yeah. Um, I I mean I'm rooting for the Lions this year. If the Bears can't make the playoffs, I I would rather the the Lions represent the NFC uh, 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 other than the Bears. I, I am too. I, I mean, I've never met Dan Campbell, but um, I remember calling Chris Dillon last year and 
I think they were one and three or something at the time, but they were playing well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, how is it you guys are looking so good right now? And he goes, this coaching staff is ridiculous. Yeah. And so, um, you know, and, and I, obviously he's played. And um, so that's, um, and I think that's, that says a lot because I've been on teams that have had, like, for instance, if we could have had um, Dave Wonstadt's co- coaching staff with Detroit's talent, we'd have won a couple Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. for sure i was i was uh, that was one of my questions to you was about dave once said we'll save that for another show hopefully you will come back on with us again sometime in the future sure we'd love we, to we'd love to have you back on and we have a little more time to ask you some more uh bears questions and kind of some of kind of go down memory lane with you a little bit more and because i got some dave once said questions i got some ownership questions i you know i know these guys got questions great but, uh, if you guys have not bought this book yet Please do so. The Ultimate Comeback by Eric Kramer. It is an easy read. Check it out. Look, it's an easy read. <laughs> it even comes with pictures. <laughs> Look at that. I opened it right up to the Bears picture with you. Look, with pictures. Eric, thank you so much. I don't want to get in trouble it's with Anna. Child and all of us. So please go enjoy your meal tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, let me thank you right back because this is a great opportunity to connect with uh, Chicago again, as always. Anytime I either get a chance to talk to somebody in Chicago or fly there, which is even better, uh, I take it. And so thank you for having me on, talking about the book, going back down memory lane, talking about the current Bears. I love it. So thank you. We got plenty more memory lane for you, my friend. Please come back on again. We'd love to have you. All right. We'll do it. Thank you, Eric. You thank have a good you night, so my much, friend. Eric. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you for okay. more than just being on. Thank you for being you. Thank All you. Right. Absolutely. Well, Thank you, buddy. Peace. Good night. Awesome, wow. man. Eric Kramer. Wow. wow. And my hair is still, still standing up on the back of my neck, guys. Me too. I can, I feel, am, uh, I can feel the energy from that guy. Yeah, he's he's got a lot to say. And, uh, I mean... I have. We didn't even get through half the questions. <laughs> That's all right. It, it's it, it, the, the the important stuff was covered because I mean football is a game and it's fun, but what we just got out to people needs to be said and it needs to be heard, man. That's the important stuff. We Thank can you, sit Cliff. Here, we can sit here like we like we do all the time and and talk about football for ten hours like PJ does for seven hours after the show. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Cliff saying, Eric, yep. saying that Aldo, Aldo is one of my favorite uh, 90s players. Aldo, what's up, my friend? Thank you. We appreciate that. That was uh, there was a lot, a lot of thought that went into that, and never got to even cover half of it. <laughs> so, can't wait to have him on again to go down some memory, minutes, memory a little bit. This isn't enough time to discover to you know talk, discuss all this stuff because there's just so many things that are so important that can reach so many people, man. I, I, I truly hope, and, and I, and I will bet you this, this happens somewhere. Somebody's listening to this right now, or is going to listen to this and it's going to help. Them. I, I, I can, I'm 99.999% sure. I believe it's already helped somebody in the chat. I really do. Oh, yeah, I, so, I, yeah. I mean, there, and then please. Cliff bought the book. So you're going to love the book, Cliff. What do you do? What's Look up there, Walt? I wonder. Mark Kazik just said, "Where is it?" 
can find that well, well thank thank you surety i don't even know what i did i was gonna put i almost put them in a times out by accident thank you surety i needed this tonight so i mean you know what does that what does that tell you what right there if, if it's just mark that we help and mark thank god uh, god bless you dude but if it's just that one person then it, it's made a difference it's made a difference in the world domino effect mm -hmm. Yeah, so, uh, I'm, you're, you're welcome, Mark. Thank you for joining us. On our show tonight. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Mark. I'm glad you're, you're tuning in and got to see that. I wanted to get to Walt to see if he had some questions for Eric, but I was just like, that time was just ticking down, man. I was just starting to sweat. Because I know uh, Anna, who is um, his longtime friend from high school, was one of his biggest uh uh, supporters and helping him get through his attempted suicide and now he's dating her and uh, so she was the contact I was mainly dealing with for this and uh, she was like he has a he has a, a dinner tonight at seven o'clock that we have to meet so he has to be out there by 6 40 <laughs> like okay well, I'm, a, I'm not used to this but we'll, we'll try just a couple minutes late hopefully she's not upset and, and, he, and he stayed later than 6 40 yeah, by like three, four minutes. I was like, oh, yeah, shit, we're in trouble. He probably would have put a sack in him. Yeah. yeah. Well, did you have if any you questions? Get the backlash tomorrow, then, then you're done. Man. Like 20. Well, 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 we'll, say, we'll save it for another day. the scroll right now. Yeah, yeah I had yeah. 22 questions. <laughs> what? He said he'll save it for another day. Save it for another day. Yeah. Yep. So let's go. Let's get to chat. Yeah, What's up, guys? I hope I, you guys enjoyed that. Me too. I'm. I'm like. Uh, I'm like. I'm on like on a, on a high right now from this. What is up, everyone in chat? Thank it's you guys for joining us. Sorry. Sorry, it took so long for us to get to you. I'd like to say hi and welcome to a Doug Van Dorn, uh, Mark Kazak, Cliff Victoria, um, Jay Sanders. Mr. Mayhem, Brian Gilmore, Brian Reberg, Vernon Rossman, Roseman, Roseman, uh, Ravi Come Up, Swifty in the House, uh, Aldo, Ian Hayden, Kitty Cat, uh, Glenn Morgan, uh, Glenn Morgan, guy. Glenn Morgan, thanks for joining us. Yes. See what Aldo just said there? Foster, when you come down my chimney for Christmas, no. leave your cigarettes in the sleigh. Leave <laughs> S. <laughs> Linda Foster. Steve. Yeah, not wait, Peach. Time out there. Because because now tonight, for some reason, she actually acknowledged that I was her brother. It's the first time it's ever happened on the show. Because if you remember, she's always been saying I'm not related and stuff. But right. apparently tonight it's okay for me to be her big brother. She said she uh, she said she was proud of you and that you helped a lot of people uh, earlier, man. That's what he's saying. Like, oh, yeah. she's always never never said a damn good thing about saying. me until right now. <laughs> but, but but all year it's been I'm not related to him. I don't know him. I don't know what you're talking about until tonight. That's because she's smart. Right. <laughs> yes, she is. Shut Destroy up, you at thirteen twenty. <laughs> um, 
that is what fame does, Foster. <laughs> if I miss anybody in the chat, my apologies. Aldo Gandia. Aldo, appreciate you, man. Appreciate you. Aldo, thanks for tuning in tonight and watching this. Appreciate you. That means a lot. Mammy. Mammy's in the oh, house. Mammy. Down here, Timmy. I'll, I'll just I'll bring some Cubans and some good scotch instead of my cigarettes. How's that? <laughs> He'll appreciate that. <laughs> bring the card to uh, Gibson's too. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so, guys, uh, you want to talk some bears? You want to talk some bears now? <laughs> no, 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 no bears. <laughs> Did you see I was all wondering whether or not Aldo. I just wondering whether or not Aldo has a uh, weather report for us. <laughs> <laughs> as long as it's not Aldo doing the weather, we're fine. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Aldo's no. Aldo know what I'm talking about. <laughs> we all know. Anybody who watches you, anybody who watches Aldo knows what those weather reports are. Oh yeah. And the They're temperature the will be park the temperature. We don't need to know what the temperature is. No, no. Oh, but we guys. do. 44 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is it here? It's got to be 44 here. I love you, Aldo. I love you, man. <laughs> Let's see, you said 44 D hey, DJ, don't go don't. degrees. 44 <laughs> degrees. <laughs> Double D degrees. That's right, Aldo. Kitty's right. You're on the naughty list. <laughs> but I like it. I'm checking you off, man. Aldo talking about bringing girls, but he doesn't touch them. Mrs. Aldo might have something to say. Look at the pea bush incident. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck you cliff i think steve phillips is peeping on me man i think he's looking in my window because he knows that i shaved this morning foster clean shaved this morning santa's beard grows back fast that's right. <laughs> That's right. You got to meet Steve Foster. Get your binoculars out of my window. Yeah. Yeah. Steve is my cousin who you met with uh on the Chris visit when he came to Woodstock. I I, re I remember stuff. That's why I keep saying hi to him, dude. Just oh good. I was just making sure. I remember things. I wasn't sure. <laughs> that beard is so like beyond white, it's turning blue. I, I just I thought I figured by now you had Alzheimer's. Hey, I I, I, I found some hair to match. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I found some hair to match the nicotine stains, but I forgot to bring it. <laughs> found some hair to match the you nicotine. You get to some bears or just? Yeah, that's what I was saying. Why you guys want to get some bears? <laughs> we haven't talked about this win yet. I wanted to ask. Oh, no, we actually we did. We yeah. talked about it the night of, but. I wanted to ask Aldo. I'm not Aldo. I'm sorry. I got Aldo on my mind now. I wanted to ask Eric about what he thought of Justin Fields now. I know he was out on him before. I was wondering, is he still out on him or is he coming around? 
Yeah, that was one of the questions I had, but time was just flying by, man. Yeah. I'm curious to know what he thinks of... Uh... <laughs> Got a question for Foster. Does he only, does he only go down on gray-haired women? <laughs> nope. Any, any, any style, buddy. I'm pretty good. Do they have... I have a I have a follow up. Do they have to, do, yeah? So they have to have what? that '70s Bush gray-haired woman. <laughs> their, their Bush has to match the beard. If they don't have it when I. Teach. I mean, uh, Dan. If they don't have it when I start, they'll definitely have it by the time I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, getting terrible off uh, here, man. Guys going off the rails. Are you going to start Steve, talking Steve, about the Bears? Here. Let's, Steve wants to talk about the game. Steve Let's talk about the Bears, says, guys. Four field, four field goals. Yay. We're done. <laughs> hey, it's a win. A win is a win, it's right? A win. You won't be looking back on that. If Let's just say they win out. Ha ha. And somehow let's just say they make the playoffs on a win out. Ha ha. Nobody be, will be looking at the four field goal win. Yeah, they will. <laughs> they absolutely will. Nobody will. I mean, maybe Chicago fans because oh, just yeah, they, have, they have talk about how Justin uh, didn't uh, lead uh, get get a touchdown for us or something. So yeah, so, trust me, someone will talk about this win and the way we won forever. Mm -hmm. Justin can you know go on and win seven Super Bowls. But they bring up. Remember that time he played against Minnesota, and he didn't. He he fumbled the ball twice, and he didn't score a touchdown. And turn it right now, PJ. Like that fourth quarter comeback and, and didn't happen. Right. He, he right. He 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 came back after all the adversity and drove us down the field to score the winning field goal. Period. End of story. If he don't, if he doesn't do that. It doesn't matter. None of the rest of the other stuff matters because it would just be a terrible game and it'd be, you know, like you said, though, man, they'll focus on the negative but mm -hmm. not look at the positive. So that's why mm -hmm. we're here to look at the positive. Aldo is saying, please rate the play of Justin Fields. Did he help convince you that he should be retained or traded? I'll start was... with that because I've been looking, you know, I, to, to me, he, he's the guy we keep. And I won't even say it's based on this that last game it's the body of work going back from the D D denver game on uh through the injury through the adversity and it, and it seems to me he that sitting on the bench for those four weeks i really think helped him I, I said this before the game even i said i hope i hope the four weeks on the bench has made him forget a bunch of things that happened and a bunch of bunch of the things with the coaches and a bunch of the games that he played i don't know if i'm right but to me, it appears that that he did because sometimes not focusing or for or just putting off to the side the negatives and refocus your efforts on your positives and try to get better at things, uh, it's going to carry you through. So I, it, it might have been a little blessing in disguise. Not that I wanted the guy injured or out or hurting, but it gave him time to sit there and refocus. And Eric Kramer mentioned it. You can learn things by watching. Matter of fact, my dad used to tell me this when I was a little kid, man. He goes, sometimes people aren't going to give you knowledge, son, so you have to steal as much knowledge as you can with your own eyes. I've remembered that since I was 10 years old, man. 
because we're coming up in the trades. Nobody wanted to share their secrets because they were afraid you were going to take their job. So I, I'd be doing stuff and I'd be looking, oh man, that's how you do that. So you, you can always learn something if you pay attention and then make sure that you, you, you hear what people are saying. You're not just listening to the noise coming out of your, their mouth because there might be one word or one sentence in there that can help you. I have a question for you, Aldo. Did, did, did he help you to retain, to want you to retain him or trade him? Yeah. I apologize. I missed the show the other night. You probably said it on Tuesday. Um, <laughs> but he I'm did, curious. But he, doesn't, you, he doesn't remember because he had a couple. I'm, I'm just curious to know what you think too, Aldo. Uh, I mean, I, I would say, yeah, those two, those two fumbles scared me too. And it seems to be um, something that's, been happening a lot lately the uh, more more so his whole career i should say right the fumbles are kind of an issue so uh, i'm saying that right now as we stand from the body of work that we've seen and I'm, i'm agreeing with you guys and i love the show that you did on sunday when i was in new orleans because i was watching it and i was working and you guys were kind of saying the same thing that I was thinking watching the game was like, just like you said, Foster, like, damn, he came out that game and lit it up. He didn't throw for a shitload of passing yards, but the he was he was moving the ball well. It was coming out quick. Even his short passes that I complained about in the beginning of the season, they were coming out quick. And um, I was very, very impressed with him that game. And the rushing obviously helps. You know, when you go from Tyson Bajant to him, you definitely see the difference in arm strength. You see the, the ability to move around in the pocket better because he's so much quicker. Uh, he can take a long gain. He can get you a first down more than not. So, I mean, I would say that we definitely have to just stay the course with him. I think the question comes down to, do we stay the course with with the head coach? Because it's, it's kind of coming down to, at this point, Fluce's defense is getting better. My, my buddy today, he went on a huge rant about, oh, well, they, you know, he, he looks at, at things very analytically and just complaining about how they they beat a, a fourth string, you know, quarterback with four, you know, four turnovers, and they should have scored a lot more points in that game. So to say that the defense played that great against, um, I guess what he was saying was that the defense has been playing great against shitty teams or shitty offenses. In this case, a third, fourth string quarterback. So a guy that they had to trade for. I mean, in, in the same vein, you are seeing improvement under this team from him calling the plays. And I guess the question for me is, do we do we just dump the continuity at the end of the season and start over again? And have to build continuity back to uh, all together again with the new coaching staff? Or do we like, try to stay like the course doing it for a decade plus? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah. Sorry, like we've been doing for a decade. We want to do this for another decade or what? Right. Is is, is there some point that you kind of give in and say, let's give this guy a chance and not, let's not pull the trigger so quick? Is there enough improvement in certain areas that you could say that? To me, yes. I mean, these guys never even answered uh, his question that we were talking about to begin with. So I did. Please, did. I would say I yes. I would. I would retain him. 
I know your answer, Patriot. Yeah, I would. I would uh, definitely say. I think uh, after talking, like yeah, (laughs) yeah, I would. I would retain him. And Walt would uh, trade him and start Bajan, right? Absolutely not. (laughs) 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 Uh, I was kind of hoping for Walt to be there. Those damn producers, Dan. I'm telling you, the producers just, you know. Those producers not nowadays, you know. No, like I said, I was hoping PJ yeah. would elaborate a little yeah, more. I, I know he wants to keep them. Well, that's but... yeah. Well, I think that's that we um... were expecting. Well, I was waiting for, it, but he didn't do it. So do it, Peach. I, I was thinking that um, after talking with Jason uh, UK, he brought up a very good point. He said. Um, we're expecting Fields to be this perfect quarterback right now. And the reality is, basically, he still has some things to grow on. And I think he's showing that he's growing and he's he's improving. So he's not a finished product yet. But I have seen improvement, and I think he can continue to go that route. The problem is too many people want instant results as opposed to wanting to go through the process. Yeah, he had some hiccups with the uh, fumbles, with holding on to the ball too long, but it's something he's working on, and I can see improvement because he's improving in other aspects of his game. Certain things you can't coach, though. You can't teach a person how to be a leader. He's already a leader. You can't teach a person how to have a work ethic. He has that because that's what he brings. So certain intangibles he's already bringing that – I'm not sure that these other quarterbacks that we could possibly draft have already. So the things that he may be lacking, it can be coachable. But the things that are not coachable, he already has. Especially like a Caleb Williams, when you talk about the character, I think they're night and day between the two of them. You don't want a a diva on your team that's going to cause problems. Where you can clearly see that this team is behind him when you watch the postgame, when he was telling the team, you know, sorry about my interceptions, guys. And we just got all this. Everyone was like backing him. They were behind him. This yeah, team yeah. was behind him. Like Aldo's saying, though, instant results like CJ Stroud, Pat Mahomes, or should yeah, we so wait? How many times does that happen, man? Well, it's seemingly, it seems like it's been happening a lot in the last 10 years where some quarterback just, it's almost like, for a, a, a stretch there, it was like there was another quarterback that just blew up every year. It was like Lamar Jackson. It was Patrick Mahomes. It was, you know, uh, Andrew Luck. It was blah, blah, blah. And they always started to – it seemed like they always had record-breaking seasons. And here we are waiting for uh, the Bears to have this with Justin Fields. I mean, I thought he was an MVP candidate going into this season. And then now you have, like Aldo saying, C.J. Stroud just – 570 yards and five touchdowns in a game. I mean, we're all sitting here waiting for Justin to do that, and we see his successor at Ohio State doing it. That's more. That's team more has to do with quarterback. That's more to do with coaching than to do with the player. Exactly. Because I, because I guarantee you, if you put CJ CJ Stroud on the bear. Chicago underneath Getzy, he won't have those numbers. Shitstorm. And if you yeah. put Justin well, over there in Houston with that coaching staff. He would, he would have those yards and probably even more. So yeah. Eric Kramer said something about that himself. 
So I just think that what if, what if yeah, there's a drastic numbers difference, but you have to look at the coaching staff. And our coaching staff is not doing any favor, especially when you're throwing 21 screen passes or however many it was. You're not going to have those numbers. Exactly. I'm going to throw it in a different route. Instead of moving the quarterbacks, let's swap coaching staffs. You know, bring if, if, if we had the, the, the guys that are in Houston and we brought them to Chicago and vice versa, because this way you're changing all the personnel. Justin's still going to have the same personnel that he has today. He's not going to Houston. We're bringing their coaching staff in here, say, so how would they have developed this? Do you think they would have coached? to Justin's strengths, unlike what we see Getsy doing? Because I do, because that's that's what they're doing with CJ. They're coaching to Absolutely. all his strengths of his game. Let's minimize his weak let's 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 make him do the things that he's weakest at as little as possible. And and I don't see that going on here, man. There it's again, it's it's like we did this before with Mitch. And, and Mitch wasn't the guy. He, to me, he was never the guy. But they're they're making him do these things, all these bubble screens, staying in the pocket. That 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 uh, before they let him loose, man, they had him in that shoebox where he was only going in a certain range on the field. If you go back and watch the film, they weren't letting him break out. So you got to. We've talked about it a hundred times, man. You got to coach to your. This is your key guy, so you have to bring out and emphasize all the strengths that he has to make him better and the people around him better. So Laz, Laz wholeheartedly disagrees with our assessment. I don't know if you caught that. Yeah, I, I caught that. I'm just wondering, what, what is up, Laz? Thanks for joining us. What do you disagree with? Just just want to know. Aldo, Aldo is respectfully disagreeing, too. Getsy and Stroud would be a great combo. They have the same styles, quick passing. I do agree with you that Getsy and Fields are like my first marriage. <laughs> Not compatible. <laughs> Not compatible. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you give Luke Etsy Joe Montana, he would still fail at this point. He's just proven he has he can do the job at this level in terms of a, a high level NFL player or even a low level NFL play caller. Yeah. No. Yeah. We saw them with Justin. We saw it with Tyson Bajan. I know how many more times we need to see it. And yeah. I know Aldo was bringing up guys like Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes. They thought Lamar Jackson was going to be a bust. Did we just forget that happened? Because I didn't. Right. Yeah, that's why he fell all the way down to the what? Yeah. Late last second. Round. Yeah. Well, even even coming out of his first year. Well, then, then too, even with Mahomes, Walt, a lot of people were like, this guy's going to need a lot of work. He's not ready to jump into the NFL. I mean, that was the assessment, if you go back and remember properly. He was one of those guys, yeah, that's why he got drafted down the line, is, is we – we, he looks great. I mean, he's got the physical abilities, blah, blah, blah. But is he going to be able to develop into the player that we can use? And apparently, yeah, I, mean, I just he, read he, some he, stuff in the last couple days here where, uh, what's his name, the player personnel director in Kansas City literally said, okay, this is the guy that we're going to make our next quarterback. But how many people had the foresight to see that and go in and, and do the deep dive as deep as he did or whatever he did to make that assessment? So. There's so many aspects to it. There's just too many things that you can get into with it. Um, I, I mean, just see, I just see the it's, development. It's different teams, Foster. I see you the know. Future. Yeah, yeah, absolutely correct. You know, the the Kansas City team. Patrick yeah, organization's been, it, is the organization's been horrible for so long. We we finally have the chance with Poles and Company, whatever, 
because I still trust completely in Poles, man. I love what he's doing. People were complaining again about, oh, man, every all these picks that these players, all they focus, they do, do what you're talking about, Pete. All, all people have been focusing on with me anyways that we've been discussing is like Claypool. And who was, who was the guy we signed who we never got? They keep bringing Ogunjobi. And I'm like, what does that have to do with today? It's done. Take, let's 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 put them all on the table. Let's list every one of them. Every move that Poles has made, and we'll go through them one by one. And I think you'll see, at least in my opinion, that, that there's a positive check on more of them than there's not. So we let it roll no, with true. fields, definitely, is my opinion on this. Yeah, I mean, we have yeah, to remember. Yeah, you, you missed Kramer. You got to go back and watch the first. 50 40 minutes. minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was you saying, Walt? I didn't hear you, man. No, I was just going to continue what I was talking about. And, you know, we, we got onto the subject of Brock Purdy, even when Tyson Bajan was coming in. We all got to remember that, you know, Brock Purdy walked into an anomaly of a situation. He had a team that is pretty much on the cusp of winning a Super Bowl. Most right. quarterbacks don't walk into that, especially rookie quarterbacks. Now, usually if you're getting decent, you're pretty bad if you're changing over quarterbacks. So, I mean, you're walking into guys like Debo Samuels. Uh, who's the other wide receiver they have? Uh, I forget his name. You have Christian McCaffrey. You have Trent Williams at your left tackle. You know, even on your defense, you have guys that can make up for that slack with Nick Bosa and now Chase Young. Yeah. So it, it's just a tale of two cities. And even Kyle Shanahan. I mean, I, if Luce is okay, I, I like the guy and all, but he's, he's not Kyle Shanahan. And I, I disagree with some moves that Shanahan makes, but I mean the results are there. Yeah, I mean Getsy Getsy come up with a good play call like two or three times a game. Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta be able to do it consistently across an entire game. I mean, last time I checked, football is in three quarters. It's four. You play good for three and not good for one. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, and even going into Sunday's game, you know, I, I know we didn't score a touchdown, Big Wolf. We still won the game. We would have won by even more if uh, mm-hmm. Santos didn't miss that field goal, but that's besides the point. Right. You know, but like you said, PJ, when you're throwing 21 screen passes, you're generally starting your wide receiver two to three yards behind the line of scrimmage. Right. So even if you have to get eight, you have to get, what, 11, 12 yards in, in retrospect? Exactly. Exactly. So you're, you're throwing the ball, praying that your skills guys are going to get there. Sometimes they do. But nine times, most times they don't. And it's not consistent. We and, can't win that way on a consistent basis. You know? And, and to Aldo's point, um, he may not trust Fields because that's why he threw the 21 screens or whatever it was. But there's other ways of beating a blitz-heavy team than throwing – uh, screen passes out to the left or right. You can run the ball. You can stack the box because one thing I did notice when uh, Fields went under center, uh, uh, what's his name? Flores. He uh, he brought his guys out of that blitz package. When Fields go under center, he brought his guys out of it, and it's like, okay, you can run through that. If you can run through that. Then you start setting up the run. You start running them a little bit. Then you can do the play action. But we was in shotgun, what, 95% of the time. And he, in a lot of that shotgun, then we was in empty sets. Yes, Flores are going to blitz you. I mean, I would even be tempted to blitz you if you have no running back back there. So, yeah, let me go ahead and put six men coming at you. 
because you only got five to block. So that's play calling. And to my point, I don't think that Getze is always placing fields in the best position to succeed with simple play calls like that. No, he's not. And like you were saying, PJ, you can do other things, but you have to know how to do these other things to begin with. True. I don't think he does. Yeah. He's very one track mind, and we've seen this on a lot of things. I would have liked to have seen some slants on that over the middle because if you look, when they they were all in the box, man, and they were blitzing, there was Mm -hmm. nobody in the middle of the field, man. The middle of that field was open so many times, and I just sitting here going, why aren't we doing anything in the middle? They're giving it to us. And we're and we're throwing bubble screens out to, to either sideline. I will say when this. The middle's wide open because there's seven, eight guys. Lance Briggs brought this up, so I can't still I can't say this is my idea, but he brought up a very valid point. When you're when you're crowding that and faking that or uh have that blitz look, because sometimes Flores dropped them out. So if you run a slant. And they so happen to drop out. They dropping right in that pass lane, and that's how uh, BJ Raji got that interception in, against us in that playoff games against Green Bay. I think uh, back in the championship game, that one time when he got that interception. So when you drop out like that, they can then be able to pick off a slant. So I can understand not necessarily going with the slants, but like I said, you can do the running, you can do the play action because again. There's other ways of doing it. I mean, they don't necessarily have to be the slant, but there was other plays that could have been done. I, I, I agree, think the most but I, I'll out of say that, this. Uh... So, so you line up in the position that where there's going to be a slant on either side, wherever you want it from. That doesn't mean mm-hmm. you have to go to it, but that could be your first look. You could also do play action with that, and if they back out, then you run up the middle. If they don't back out, you can look at the slant first and maybe have a go route on either side of the field. I mean, there's just if there was too many options to throw 23 screen passes in one game. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you're a coach Absolutely. who knows how to run an offense. Absolutely. And then, then there was something Absolutely. else because like, we asked Laz, we asked Laz a question and he put something up there. And I and I we're not paying fields $23 million next year. That would be the fifth-year option at $20 million, to my understanding. Uh, can anybody yeah. find the Laz quest, the Laz answer? Because we asked Laz. I forgot what you asked him, Dan, but he put an answer up there somewhere. There you go. Laz said, first off, $23 million next season, and his best attribute is his legs, and being likable by his teammates, his passing qualities are iffy at best. But I'll skip the passing qualities if the best. First off, is he getting twenty three million next year? I don't think so. He's not. Isn't that the twenty twenty five fifth year option for twenty million? If I'm correct. Yeah, it is. His cap number in twenty twenty four is five million one hundred forty six thousand eight hundred ninety six. So there you go. That's a pretty so, far off. So number first off, last, what, what he, I, I believe he's going to get twenty million. If we signed the fifth year option in May. So so first off, 23 million next season is now 25 million for two seasons. And you're not going to get a quarterback for 23 million unless you're drafting somebody and you're going to start the process all over. That's that's going to oh, oh. answer that question. So, sorry, Foster. Uh, his his legs are an excellent at 
Go ahead. It's it's only six million four four thousand seven hundred and twenty uh, twelve next year. Okay, so 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 instead of instead of twenty three million for next season, let's say it's twenty seven million for two seasons. We, you know, if you're going to sign a quarterback off the street, or if you're going to sign up, sign, go out after a big name, you're not going to get that. You're going to be paying forty million next year and fifty million the year after. And I'm you know I'm making up numbers, but. We know it could be somewhere in that range if you go sign a big-name free agent, if there is even one. Um, his legs are definitely a valuable asset. But but the other thing that they took away from him in that game completely, and I understand it because of the blitzing, uh, you gotta you got to throw down the field two or three times a half. And and what's his best attitude? He's one of the greatest deep ball passers in the game, and we didn't do it. Yes, he, he is. still got to try to do it. It, it opens the defense up. It'll pull those guys out of the box. And we didn't do anything to help relieve some of that pressure in the box. So that's my answer to those questions, Laz. And I, I get everything you're saying, Laz. I get it. But I still believe, and somebody also mentioned this, and I think it was King Buka, who said, gee, they're giving uh, Dak Prescott four to seven seconds to throw, and nobody's bitching about it in Dallas. And that's the game tonight, to my understanding. Right. So, <clears throat> Dallas is losing that game, aren't they? I think all those said they're losing. I don't it, have it on tonight because otherwise I'll, I'll I'll ignore you guys. It's a, it, it goes to show you like what this fan base um, really – I guess it goes to show you what Justin Fields really is because he is splitting this fan base, like I said before, like Trump-Biden in a way. It's like it's turning into a split. It's like it's turning into Cubs versus Sox in a way. I wouldn't say it's that Fields that's splitting it. Well, no, I wouldn't say it. E it is either, but it's becoming a split between whether or not people can think people think that it's Fields' uh, fault or the coaching staff's fault. Right at this point. Well, then I guess I think you have to question the um, intellectual level of the people uh, saying what they're saying. You know. Or their um, lack thereof, or overdoing of uh, looking at numbers. I got speaking of numbers, Dan. So there was a poll this morning, and it was like thirty-five hundred people, and they asked, "Keep Fields, draft Caleb Williams, or draft Drake May." This was a poll this morning on on Twitter, and it was sixty percent to keep Fields. And the other 40% percent was split between those two quarterbacks. And that's that's only – it's a small sample size, 3,500, but 60% of those people are for keeping field. So is it is it really that split or is it is it the media that divides this? Because you've got, you've got all this stuff coming out and all this stuff in the last two days on Twitter being said about Caleb Williams, and it's from the extreme top. To like, no, the guy's not worth it. He's not going to be a star. So again, you're, you're right. Well, you you have to check out what these people are looking at and and how they're coming to their conclusions. Later on, you you stay safe, man. We'll see you. See you later, Aldo. Thanks for hanging out, Aldo. Go, go get her done. <laughs> uh, you know, the other thing too is to point out that. <laughs> Justin Justin Fields is 24 years old. <laughs> what, what did he say? Aldo said, uh, what, what did Aldo say? Where did that go? 
gotta run my wife wants to get frisky good job gents <laughs> Get her done, Aldo. Get her done. <laughs> he doesn't. Um, he doesn't get frisky too much, so he's got to get right on that. I'm joking around. Yeah. <laughs> go, 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 pop a, uh, a Viagra and go, go take care of that, my friend. <laughs> I went. I, mean, I went to the doctor to get a Viagra pill. Now I'm like a loaded gun with nobody to kill. No, that's enough of that poetry for the night, dear. What was you saying? I won't with my dick in my hand. I did such a thing as to bring myself to climax at the top of the morning. <laughs> no, with my hand in a sling. What was you saying, uh, Walt? I mean, because uh, uh, I don't know, I don't know oh, what those guys are talking about. Yeah, I'm not really sure. You know, we were talking about the media here, and you got to remember these guys are going for you know clicks and all that that shit. So I, I can't take anything half these talking heads are even putting out there in the world because half it is just pure nonsense. Yeah, well, I agree with that. You know, because <laughs> even even with the Seattle game on here, we had it going for the show. And they brought up the numbers of Geno Smith last week. You know, it was 18 for 27 with 180 yards, no touchdowns, interception, sacks six times. Now, if that happened in Chicago, they'd be lighting the Sears Tower on fire. You mean the Willis Tower? Willis Tower, Sears Tower, whatever you want to call it. I'll never forget that. When we were driving into the city and and, uh, Chris Potts is like, oh, is that the Willis Tower? And I go, I look at him like, no, it's the fucking Sears Tower, Chris. He's like, I mean, damn, Dan. Dude, the line from the announcer was that, well, they have to learn how to protect Geno Smith. No, we've been saying this for months, that they have to learn to protect Justin Fields, but no, 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 no. It's Justin Fields' fault. He got sacked five times in a game, four times in a game, however many it was. Yeah. And I even know you, you, Dan, you were talking about the fumble issue earlier. Let's not forget who has the most fumbles in a game, and that's Trevor Lawrence. No, he's got 28 his entire career right now. I know Justin has 30 with 35. You know, so it's it's not a huge differential between the two. It's just not talked about. Oh no, no, no. I, I think J- Justin is highly scrutinized. And uh, here's the thing: the thing that I think a lot of people are overlooking. We just signed Sweat to a four-year contract. Tevin Jenkins is coming up. Um, we just got TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. Hmm. We go get a new quarterback. We resetting this whole thing over again. So we get a new quarterback. We're going to get a new coach, new offensive coordinator. And who's to say that the the new coach is going to want these guys that we currently have. They're going to like, they're going to want their guys to fit their system. So you're doing a whole lot. And I don't think Justin is that far off. I mean, again, he's not perfect. He needs improvement in certain areas. But to do a reset and then to look for the right players, for the right scheme and all this other stuff, we're going to go, we're going to be treading our wheels all over again. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's no such thing as a perfect quarterback. You know, True. That's, that's a fact that you know that's just a fantasy for people every quarterback is something they need to work on yeah. you know and 
I don't know. But to uh, Truth's uh, point here, you know, I think he's probably talking about the Keyshawn Johnson interview with um, was it Skip Bayless? I think's his name. Where he went okay. over. It, it's good if you can find it. It's actually, um, no, a pretty good interview. And it, even with um, going back to the fumbles really quick, so I can just finish up on that. Uh, there was a comment on the Shannon Sharp show. He had Chad Ochocinco on there, and they were discussing the fumbles. And uh, Chad went, you know, the first fumble he kind of had, he did protect the ball, but Daniil Hunter was just that good. When you I watch him come up, you have two co- points of contact on the ball already. Yeah. So given the situation he was running, and you can't really do a whole lot more. So you can protect the ball to an extent. You know, eventually there's always a break point where there's only so much that you can do as a player. And that goes for any quarterback, not just Justin Fields. True. Yeah. You know? yeah. I, I noticed and this, though, because I looked at those fumbles. And the way he holds the ball, I I don't know if you guys know this, but there, so when Walter Payton came into the league, he, was, he had some problems fumbling in 1975. I don't know if you remember, Pete. And and Hallis pulled him aside. He pulled Peyton aside alone. I don't. I wish I had a football in my hands, because he's holding the ball like this. Mm-hmm. Well, Hallis pulled him aside and he said, "Here, man, you hold the ball like this." And he put the knob of the ball in between these two fingers. And you know, after that, Peyton was one of the lowest fumble rate running backs in the NFL history, just by changing the way he carried the ball with one arm. And and Justin doesn't carry the ball like that. I, I think that's something that needs to be looked at. With every every player on the Bears need to go back and look at at, at the proper way to hold the ball, to get the least to, to have the least amount of difficulty of fumbling the ball from a hit. Well, you got to understand too, though, that Justin, as any other quarterback, can't hold the ball like a regular running back because right. they ready to they they have their fingers on the legs that's ready to throw it. So when you're trying to escape somebody uh arm and you're trying to move it or whatever, you're like, you know, you're moving it, but you still got your hand in that throwing position. So I don't get too hung up on fumbles because of the nature of what we're asking them to do. I mean, we're we're asking them to throw the ball at you know at a certain point in time so you got to be ready to throw it yeah it's something he can work on but i'm not again i'm not giving a lot of things to it giving better protection to where the guy's not close to him to where you got to worry about hitting the ball anyway there you go that would that would solve a lot of things wouldn't it yeah (laughs) i mean because i've seen a few of our players or a couple of our players for sure get flat out beaten and i'm like whoa i mean uh What's his name? Um, the center, Patrick. He Patrick. got straight, straight whipped. And then even uh, Rashawn, Rashawn Johnson, he got beat on a, uh, a play or two. And I'm like, it's, you know, you get happen. these guys up in your face. I mean, I'm again, I'm not asking my protectors to be perfect, but it's not just on a quarterback when some of these things happen. So mm-hmm. a lot of these things we're going through, it's growing pains. It's growing pains. And yeah. I... I, I I truly believe it's something that can get get improved. I really believe that. That that was one of the big things they were been talking about. And, and actually, I was at a meeting last night, and there's a big conversation of, of everybody talking about 
man, the line stinks. They got to really fix the line. And I stopped, right? I stopped 20 people in the middle of that conversation. I said, you guys really need to go back and look at the line because in my opinion and all the film I've watched and everybody that I've watched over the last week, we've, we've got three of the better offensive linemen in the league, at least statistically. And then when you watch them on, on film, it shows up. Tevin Jenkins, man, that one play where he basically – he hit the guy Braxton was blocking, and then he took out two guys and Roshan Johnson in one play. I don't know if you remember the yeah, play. Yeah, I remember seeing that one, but I heard about it. That was amazing play. You got to go back and catch that one. So Braxton Jones and and uh, Tevin Jenkins and Wright, those guys are all keepers. They're they're going to be top ten offensive linemen in my opinion, man. I don't. What do you think? You think I'm wrong with that, Walt or Peach? Those three guys, I'm just bringing up those three guys right there. We'll start with them three. Because this has been well, a big you, conversation all week. You know my opinion on Tevin Jenkins. I'm Yes, I do. Foremost, you know, gonna, I'm, uh, I'll be the conductor on the hype train for Tevin Jenkins if I have to be. <laughs> you know, I definitely think he needs to be uh, resigned long term. Health, yep. you know, people think there's a bit of an issue. But when you really look at it, it's not as bad as people, you know, make it out to be. Yeah. Um, you know, but the thing is, we can't put the entire offensive line on Tevin Jenkins' back, right? So, and, can, we just, can we just clone him? <laughs> that would be nice if we had four <laughs> of them and one of them played center. Five. <laughs> Go ahead, Walt. Know, sorry, Braxton Jones has definitely taken a big step forward this year. Uh, you know, I think he just needed that time in the weight room and just getting used to the game. And you know, a lot of people are ragging on him. I know his penalties haven't been that great, but you can clean those up. You know, he, you know, he's been better against the bull rush. His, his past defense has been really good the last couple of weeks. It's coming back. And Darnell One's... Wright, I mean, I, I know I got on him for kicking the the ball into the end zone for the safety, but you know, you got you can't do that first off. But he, you know, he hasn't been too bad. And we're gonna have to take some lumps, especially you know, having him start from day one. You know, especially long term. So, and he had the shoulder injury. And whatnot, so that was definitely you know hampering him a little bit. So, yeah, I think as we move along, we'll definitely see you know uh, a, a bigger jump, and then going into next season, he'll probably start to come into his own a lot more than he is now, which really isn't that bad right now. So, right, <laughs> I agree with uh, King King Booker World, who says uh, once the center position gets sewn up, this line will be top top eight. And I agree with that. Uh, I think you know we're we're on the way uh, with the key pieces like uh, Foster mentioned, especially the the main three main guys. Because even Davis, he's not bad. I mean, me personally, I would love to see Tevin as a right guard because I think him and a uh, right next to each other would be awesome. Yes, please. But, but Nate Davis, I mean, he's doing fine. He's doing a good. He's doing a good job. So right. uh, I can't complain. I, I just left him out because he is an experienced veteran and. And I expect him to even get better as we come into this next game. I expect that unit to be one step better than it was in the past two weeks. Because yeah. now they've played two games together. Two. That's it. Yeah. This will be this will be game three. I still, man, I still would love to see Dieter Eisland in the middle of that line playing center. I just it 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 makes me wonder what they would look like because he was kind of a Tevin type of player, man. He was a Tevin type of guy where he's just a mauler. I agree with you. I, I hate Not the fact that we we uh, wanted to put him on a practice squad as opposed to putting him on our regular roster. I think I think he would have played a lot better than what Lucas Patrick is playing. 
I really believe that too. We got a lot of talk here about center being an issue. Is this, um, I mean, um, who was it? Uh, it was Curtis, uh, Cliff's friend, who was bringing it up to me in chat and uh, text about uh, he would like to see, um, I think he said Marvin Harrison with the first pick and then a center with the second. I forgot what the third was. And I said, I was like, no, you, I mean, uh, unless did the Bears have a. Did, did he mean second as in the second first? The round? second pick, yeah. The se like yeah, the Bears' so actual pick. That was my point to him back was not only that, but how often do you ever see a center get taken that high in the draft? There, I mean, you see a lot of great centers coming out of the third round constantly. So I was just proposing in chat here, you know, a, th a third round center. And uh, Brian Gilmore said uh, Adam Current in the third, in the third round. Because we have I no second. I don't either, but I'm I'm assuming he does. Right. <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna go third round center, you gotta look at guys like Cedric Van Pran out of Georgia. You have Jackson Powers, uh, yeah. Johnson out of Oregon. Uh, is it Drake Nugent? I think out of Michigan. Bryce Foster, yeah. Texas A&M. Bryce Foster. And I think Zach Frazier out of West Virginia too is another one. There's a guy out of Arkansas, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not too high on him. I don't know yeah, if Van Fram will last the third, though. The guy out of Georgia? That's the, that's the big question. I don't know. I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't think he will. Depends I mean, on, yeah. you know, what other teams Here, we're You're going to get a lot of answers. We got, the, we got all these bowls coming up. The Senior Bowl, the East uh -huh. Coast Bowl, Shrine Bowl. So things are going to change real quick here with the assessment value. Uh, oh. You know, assessments of players, man. A we thousand go through this every year. That's that's why I don't I don't like to do a draft till I usually do my first draft the day after Christmas, and I did one earlier this year and it's really not complete. But hey, should we all try to get tickets to the Senior Bowl this year, guys? Where is it? I thought about I've been thinking about that since last year because I really wanted to go, man. Or is it the East West Shrine? What what's in Mobile or Mobile, Alabama? Is that the East West or is that the Senior Bowl? Is that the Senior Bowl? Let's double check that. It was where Aldo was last year. Well, if all those there were not, if all those there were not going, yeah, South <laughs> Alabama, Hancock Whitney Stadium. Okay, that's the Senior Bowl. <laughs> that was last year. Um, let me see if they have twenty twenty four. I I looked up. I, uh, I don't know if it changes. No, it's the same place. February third, twenty twenty four. I hear people in the chat talking about Cushionberry. I mean, I think Cushionberry probably be an interesting get. I mean, I'm just. Curious to know how much money is he going to be trying to seek? Yeah. Oh, Cushionberry is that the uh, center from the Broncos? I believe the Broncos. I believe that's where he's at. Okay. Yeah, didn't he get nailed a bunch of penalties last game too? Like three I or four. Don't... I think so. Dude. I think so, Walt. Anyone with the name Cush and Barry in his last name, I'll take. <laughs> I'm, I'm shocked to hear him say that usually it's like would be penis and berry or something but oh well now i'm going there i think i gotta just crap that's a terrible thing i don't raging stock and then we should look into a three tech with one of those two first round picks but i i think we kind of have one or two even with the guys we got this year that's the that's where i'm at because i'm i'm thinking like I'm hearing people talking about, yeah, we need a three technique. We need a three technique. But when I look at Jervon, 
And yeah. then I'm looking at uh, uh, Walker. Seems like we got our three technique. Even if it's not in one person, we got a combination. And even Zach can play some three technique. So I don't think we need to necessarily go spend a high draft pick on one because I don't see one worth taking in the first, first of all. And then second of all, uh, what the with the cheap options we already have on staff or on the team, I'm I'm kind of good with that. You know what nobody's talking about is Zach. Zach Pickens? Yeah. Because he's they, they got him to me, I think they got him playing out of position. They got him playing more of the one technique. Right. And I think he's more of a three technique, just like Javon Dexter is. I think they both three techniques, but they just got Zach playing more of the one. I, 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 I want to agree, PhD. He, he, yeah, what I, I would like. What I'd like, sorry, Dan, give me one second. I'll shut up. What I what I'd like to see, and I brought this up, is is move those guys around a little bit. Put put Billings in there and put Pickens next to him. Throw Dexter on the outside with Sweat on the other side. Just, and I'm not saying yeah. to keep it that way. I never stated to keep it that way. Just just see what you got in different positions because you never know what you're going to come up with until you try. If you don't even attempt it. You'll never have an idea of what's there, and I'm not saying to play him that way. Like, like those are that's the lineup, but let's see what we got. Let's let's use these six games to see what our guys are capable of. What happens if both two interior linemen get get uh, hurt, and we're 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 doing good next season, and all of a sudden Billings and Pickens go down, or Billings and Jones, you know, whoever it is, they go down. So what do you do now? Because that's going to be our next issue. Is we're starting to get some talent. But I think we're having a problem with depth again because, you know, that was a huge issue last year. And it's something that I hate to see. I'm, I'm tired of seeing that. Oh, crap. We're done because uh, who he's uh, – Akeem Hicks is down. We're done. There's nobody to cover his ass. I, I don't want to have that problem anymore either because we've had that problem for a decade. Oh, yeah, we'll just get some guy off the street for depth. Pray nobody gets hurt. That's not a way to do things. And Paul's ain't going to do it that way. So – I'm sorry for cutting you off, Walt. I, I got to shut up, man. I've been babbling. That was me you cut off. It's okay. Yeah, it Dan. <laughs> I wanted to. I just wanted to get to a, a question here. I started, though. King Book is saying, do you think if the guys – do you guys think if they do get Harbaugh for head coach, he would want to start with a rookie QB? And I've I've kind of said this all along. I, I think that the reason why I want Harbaugh as the coach is because I think he would want – specifically want Justin Fields. That is, and this is where the misunderstanding came in between you and I, Walt, on that show with Lynn, where I was saying that, look what he got out of Colin Kaepernick, and that is half the talent of Justin Fields. He's, I think he would salivate to have all these picks and have Justin Fields as his talent to work with and this offensive line. He would just scheme up things and and just come up with ways to just make his talent shine like a like a golden orb you know dan, what i mean dan he, he already knows fields pretty well just from being in the big 10 man he's aware of what the guy's capable of right i mean you know i mean you he had he had to scout him intensely he had to scout him intensely for for those uh for the seasons sure for two seasons there so yep Skylark brought something up about the draft picks too, man, because I, I mentioned this too. If, you know, if we're not going to be able to get Marvin Harrison, 
what's wrong with taking Malik neighbors, man, and piling more picks for the future in this season? I'm, I'm not saying that that's who I want to get. This one right here? But if it comes – yeah, read that. Read that. If not Marvin Harrison, Harris, Harrison Jr. pick for the Bears, what about Malik Neighbors, wide receiver LSU? Xavier – is it Leggett? Leggett. Leggett, wide receiver South Carolina. Johnny Wilson, wide receiver Florida State. I mean, I think uh, my personal opinion is without knowing much about those other guys and only knowing about Marvin Harrison that I can't see anyone being more of a transcendent talent than him, than Marvin Harrison. Agreed. So, I mean, he's like – it's amazing to me that uh, I remember my buddy telling me when, uh, uh, Jesus, what's his name from the, he was drafted by the Randy Moss. He's like, Oh, you're going to love this kid coming into college. I've watched all of his high school tape and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was watching him at Marshall. Like, man, this is, I can't believe all these teams passed on him. Like if, if that draft happened, happened over again, you could easily say that Randy Moss could have gone number one in that draft. Right. Should we pull it up and see what that draft was? Other, I mean, I can pretty much say that either he's one or two, right? He's in the top three. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so let's pull pretty up sure. that draft. I'm going to look for it. What was that? Pretty 19 sure. uh, Randy yeah. Moss draft. I was just going to say, Dan, uh, I, I know you don't know as much, but if if you're not going to get Marvin Harrison Jr., go watch some tape on the weak neighbors, dude. Go watch some film on that, dude. Okay, I'm I will. I will he's Marvin that. Harrison, but – there's probably three, four really good wide receivers in this class at the top of that draft. Okay, and so they I they just don't get any they don't get any any uh, promotion because of how great uh, Marvin Harrison. Go look at the guy. I mean, he's a fucking amazing, amazing. Right. So you, that's that's one of the reasons you're not hearing about these guys. If Marvin Harrison wasn't in the draft, there's there's three other guys right now that they you'd be getting billing on all three of them. I wonder, I wonder if some of the uh, affection or attraction for Marvin Harrison is also the fact that him and Fields probably played what a year together, yeah. uh, so they probably have some chemistry that people are wanting. I mean, that's not in my mind. But let me uh, let me stand corrected on this real quick. Nineteen ninety eight was the Randy Moss draft. That was Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf. Um, it went in this order: one to four, one to five. I'll go one to five. Uh, Peyton Manning, Ryan Leaf, Andre Wadsworth, Charles Woodson, Curtis Enos. Curtis Randy Enos. Moss was 21. Curtis Enos. Curtis Enos. Unapologetic, unapologetic truth. Neighbors is a monster. Yeah. I mean, nobody's aware, I, nobody's aware of him just because of Marvin Harrison. I'm serious. Well, that's what's not. I mean, you know, well, we're, plenty we're, of people we're, are aware of him, Foster. People, it's, you're, it's you're the right. second wide receiver not the casual fans. They're just not, man. They're, well, you're right. You're right. Because they are aware of neighbors. They're probably not aware as aware of the other guys. Because when, when I watch all this stuff and I get on Twitter, it's always Marvin Harrison, Marvison Harrison. And then and then you have underneath uh, neighbors. And who's the other guy? Well, the third guy that fits in there. It depends. Do you want to put it as Leggett or do you want um... – Adunzo, I think, out of Washington. Adunzo, I think, is the one that's got gotten more talk as the third guy in my what I'm seeing. I just couldn't remember his name. Well, I think once Skylark's got a bunch of stuff on here about all these receivers. If you want a little bit on them, once the, the chat. once the uh, pro days comes about, 
I think you're going to start hearing more about these other receivers. And that may, that may lessen uh, Marvin Harrison's uh, demand. So we probably could get him a little bit later. So we probably can get him at like maybe the fifth pick because other players are being uh, risen up. So uh, me personally, like I said, I, I think the, the factuation with uh, Marvin Harrison is over him and Justin perhaps playing together before. Uh, but bottom line is we do need another receiver, be it a big one. We don't need we don't need a uh, six foot or under guy. We uh, we need a taller guy to be on the opposite side of uh, DJ. Well, then you want, you want this, you want this guy, Pete, Johnny Wilson, six, seven, four, four, two. <laughs> That's tall. Right He's a little Johnny bigger Wilson's than that. Out of Florida, but damn. Yeah. The problem with him and, you know, guys like that is they, they don't have the separation skills that a Marvin yeah. Harrison Jr. does. Yeah. You're kind of getting the total package with him. Even neighbors like PJ, you said, we don't need a guy who's six feet, you know, 192 nothing. We already kind of have that with DJ Moore. We need that big body receiver who can go up and like, right. like Chase Claypool should have been. Right. Yeah. Correct. Correct. That that was the idea. You know? And the, the, the other concern with neighbors is a lot of people are saying he's got motor issues. And is he gonna last across a 16 game season? Well, we don't need another uh Claypool if he has motor issues. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're not bad. They're not bad receivers, but I mean, Marvin Harris doesn't make it into the fifth pick. That just isn't happening. Yeah. Either he gets stacked up at two by the Cardinals, or we take him at one if we have the number one, you know, draft pick. Wouldn't be bad there. But I mean, you're, you you got to hope that maybe Arizona trades back for somebody that yeah. needs a quarterback, and then you have the luxury of maybe going to three and yes. getting uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. there, but. I don't know. And even Anapalaj brings up this other wide receiver, uh, Abuka from um, Ohio State. Marvin Harris just put all those numbers he did this year with this man on his flank on the other side. Yeah. Yep. So it's it's not it's not like teams where he was the only one option. They had two, and, and you know a good running back to go to. So to put up that kind of production with all those other weapons on Ohio and in, in Ohio State, and I know people say, well, it's just the Ohio State uh, hype factory. Like, no, it's not. This kid's the real deal. Yeah. yeah, and even even LSU has got like they got like four receivers on that team. I think somebody even brought that up in the chat. There, it's not just Malik Neighbors on that either. It, it, again, that's why it's a team game, right? I mean, there's no doubt. There's no doubt when you look at it on film that Marvin Harrison Jr. is is the elite of this draft class. He's stood. There's He's no stud. doubt. He definitely is stood. But he said, I mean. Generational, right? I mean, it's he's a Randy Moss type. You're not, you're not going to find many of of those. Barring injury, he's a Hall of Famer. It looks to be right now. Of course, you know people thought the same thing about Ryan Leaf, but he didn't have the same, you know, pedigree and family and all that. So, I mean, I think he's a surefire hit if there ever was one. I think we all agree on that, right? Well, yes, good pedigree. And he's uh yeah. he has good numbers, uh so he he seems like a surefire can't miss guy. Yeah, and that's even said he did it with an average quarterback this year. Yeah, yeah. right. Yep. Absolutely, guys. So I mean, I think that I heard you say it the the Sunday when I was in New Orleans. Yeah, if he's 
if Marvin's there and you're at one, take him. We did. Because we did. now you've left quarterbacks on the board. Like somebody else might, you know, it could be, uh, depending on the order, there could be a tackle that goes somewhere in there, you know. See, oh, no, so well, to us and we can actually trade down again for a quarterback. Who knows? See, see, that's where I differ from Walt. I mean, I, I appreciate Walt's conviction of mm -hmm. wanting to just take him at one. I'm not on that boat. I'm not gonna lie. I, I'm I'm greedy. I would rather try to trade back and get more draft capital, and then try to hopefully get him at three or something like that. But I understand Walt's point, though. I mean, you know, Walt says if you see him, grab him. So I get it. I, I do, but I just don't agree with that philosophy. I I think that's exactly what Poles is gonna do, Pete, because he because he, he want he wants to turn this over again and have two first rounders next year, man. <laughs> yeah, it's why not? Why not? It's, it's going to come to a oh, point, well. though, guys, where, where you have to start taking these high-end players because you're not going to get another chance at them. You could have three, four first-round picks, and and not yeah. see you know another guy like this ever again. You you are now having you have a luxury going into next year of two first-round draft picks, one being one being extremely high, the other one right now we we don't know where it's going to fall, so. You know, we'll have to see where that goes. You know, it's going to become a, a big proponent is if they win this week or the next time they play, because that'll be the first time. So uh, the first time that they actually beat a NFC North opponent. And then if they win again after the bye against the Lions, it'll be not only two NFC North opponents in a row, but it'll be two games in a row. The, the, the two games in, the, in a row thing is the thing that I want to see. We're sitting here talking about all this and that, but they can't even win two games in a row. If they can this next game, that'll kind of that'll be flipping this conversation a lot, won't it? You know? Oh yeah, if they win next week, uh our second pick probably be around the what tenth, something like that. I mean, it'd be that's why I told you guys, I'm not I won't be too upset about us losing because I'm looking at draft capital because I know. We don't have a shot of winning a Super Bowl this year. So whether we finish twelfth uh, or first in losses, doesn't really – I mean, the, the only thing matters is trying to get the higher draft pick because I just don't see us making the playoffs. So if we're not going to make the playoffs. I'd rather get the number one draft pick or the one and two draft pick. That's where I'm at. I mean, I, I understand we need wins for – keep fields around possibly and all these other things, but in a long, in a grand scheme of things, getting more draft capital to get more, more talented players here. That's where I'm at. Well, I mean, to your credit, that does make sense logically, BJ. It does. But let's look at another team that had a ton of draft capital and that's the Cleveland Browns. What have they done? Now, can I say this to, to answer that question for you, Walt? I think I, I can add to that the Lions too. They had that string of you know five, think, four what, wide three wide receivers in a row. Just go I ahead. trust polls more than I trust their GMs, and I trust polls enough to get us the talent we need. And I want to trust polls to get us the right coach, if it's not Ebert Flus, to take us into the promised land. So I'm, I I have more faith in what polls can do with that draft capital than what those other teams do with theirs. Okay. Solid answer. And, and last, last throws in there. Hey, if they happen to beat Detroit, 
they may win out. Look at that schedule. Very, very possible. Very possible. It changes the draft completely for us. Oh, I agree. Because Browns, I heard, may be without Miles Garrett. You know, Cardinals are the Cardinals. Falcons, they're, they're no, nothing to scare about. Packers may be an issue based on the fact that that mental psychology thing we got going That's against That's a them. loss. <laughs> Shut up, Dan. But the Browns <laughs> game, remember when we did the thing, Peach, at the beginning when we did this, our prediction, we all, oh, the Browns, the Browns. Well, there's no Deshaun Watson. If Miles Garrett is out. Right. I mean, we don't even know who's quarterback in that because it, it could be yeah. – uh, who did they just bring in? They just brought uh, – what's his name? Joe Flacco, of, isn't it? Yeah, they brought Flacco out of mothballs. So, but, <laughs> but, but DTR – I, I thought he was the quarterback's coach. <laughs> DTR, DTR. I heard him talking about it. I was like – I wasn't watching the game. I just heard them talking about Flacco. I was like, okay, Flacco must be their one of their coaches. <laughs> well, they, they, they actually – there's footage of him in practice now, and they're yeah. running through the plays with him. So he might be quarterback in that game against us. That would be bad for them because he's a Statue of Liberty back there with our well, pass rush now. I'm pretty impressed. But look at, <laughs> look at what, what DTRs – I mean, they're not they – were, they were a team that could have taken that division, especially with what's happened to Cincinnati. Or not taken the division, but been there because that's such a tough division. If you look, I think all those teams are like 500 or above. And, I just and without what? Go ahead. Keep going. I was just saying without without uh Watson, you look at all the games, like they they barely they they managed to beat Frisco. I think they won three games on late minute field goals. And that's because the defense is their defense is going to be our issue. Are we going to be able to score points against that defense? So right. but that is now a winnable game as is as, as, as if you remember when we did the consensus. I don't. I think that was all five of us agreed that that was a lose, a loss. The Browns. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Before the season, when we looked at it, we got to that game, and everybody just went, "Oh, that's a loss." Yeah. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, and now I look at that game going, uh, if our offense has improved even a little more over over the over the, you know, you look at the Lions game, the Vikings game, the Lions game coming up, and and if we can continue to progress and not those minor set, I hope. I hope we don't run 32 bubble screens in the Browns game because they're the quick defense. Honestly, oh, they're wait, they're wait, not going to do it with seven guys in the box. They're going to do it with four guys and maybe a blitz here. Look at this actual record here. Look at this, guys. We The only thing we were really actually wrong on was the first four games. We had – we predicted win, win, loss, win, and it was loss, 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 loss. But then we predicted a win against the Commanders. We predicted a um, a win against the Vikings that was a loss. We predicted a win against the Raiders that was a win. We, uh, Chargers was a loss. Yep. Win on the Panthers, loss on the Lions. Uh, we predicted a, a loss on this Vikings game, and we won it. So we made up one of those other losses, right? Well, now, now look at the rest of the season. We had win, loss, and then win out. So right. if you can win out, like you're saying, that's that's was Laz Laz was saying that I just brought up this point, and I'm, and I'm agreeing with it. But you go back, we we could have won the Bucks game, we could have won the Broncos game. Oh, so we should have won the Bucks game. We, we could have won, won the Saints. We could have beat the Saints. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, could have, should have, would have, but 
it's it's for the most part though we were uh, we're on schedule here pretty much well, except for those first four games yeah and, and dan's just kidding himself because we lost those games sorry dan yeah, well, we only lost three of them out of four. <laughs> but this, this, this was like last season, though. When we were would talk about last season, there was what seven or eight games we could have won. Yeah, with with nowhere near the talent that is on the team a year later. I mean, there's right. much better talent. So, can I can I uh, address what uh, I think it was Mark Hazak what he had to say? Uh, he said, um, PJ. No, he said, no, he said, uh, PJ, the city needs the Bears to win out. Now, I agree with you, Mark. Uh, I'm just saying I wouldn't be mad if we did lose out for the higher draft pick. But I think, yeah, for people to remain sane, yes, we, we have to we have to win out and uh, we have to have a better record. But if we're really wanting to get talent on this team, the best option is to lose out. But I get it. Trust me. I I, I get what you're saying. That's all I wanted to say. Thanks, guys. Uh, all right. I, well, I got you and I, thank you for I joining us, Pete. Have a good night. So, uh, <laughs> but you don't want to lose, man. We just don't want to lose. We're not. This isn't last year. We need we need to build this winning chemistry, and and this is the this was the year we were supposed to do that. So, and I get what you're saying, mm-hmm. but the, I, I, we just point, we just want, we would just want Carolina to lose out. That's the big, yeah. um, <laughs> it is, man. You want, we want them to lose out. Who can no, disagree with me? That's a Bears fan. Nobody. Not on that one. I'm laughing at what Curtis is saying here. This is, this is Cliff's buddy. Hey, Dan, the man. Cliff was telling me that you were telling everybody that Curtis said to pick a center in this with the second pick. That isn't what I said. I said sign the free agent center from Miami. <laughs> no. That's close. <laughs> no, that was after I told you that no, we're not going to draft a pick a center with the second pick in this draft if it's that high. I said you would typically want to get a if you're going to draft a center, it'd be like in the third round or something like that, second to third round. And then you said that, and I said, yeah, that's a good idea. I can pull up the text right now, buddy. I, I I can put the text on the air if you want, my friend. Hey, Curtis, I got this covered, dude. Don't sweat it. <laughs> I got Just get rid of Dan, you. man. Uh, to address the uh, second pick of the uh, first round for me, I'm all in on trying to draft a uh, defensive end as well as still signing a defensive end. I want, I want three solid defensive ends. That's what I really want. But just Absolutely in case, agree. just in case one of them goes down with injury or whatever, or wh- wh- whatever the case may be, good rotation. But I want three solid defensive ends. Somebody, somebody gets tired because they've been in there for twenty plays in a row. There's multiple. Well, I know he are, if we was to keep Flus, Flus has a good rotation with his guys anyway. That's what I'm saying. Give me three, basically three first round draft uh, picks at three defensive ends. Let's say, for example, we, we you know we, we have a uh, sweat. Give me Chase Young; he's a first rounder, and give me a, a draft of first rounder. So we got three first rounders as defensive ends. That's a good rotation. No matter who the fourth defensive end may be, we'll be solid in our pass rush throughout the whole game. I, I was every time Dan tried to come in, he I, I was watching him on the little screen. He'd go to hit to get in, and, and I hit. <laughs> 
As soon as he hit it, I tapped him out. I didn't let him come in like four times in a row. <laughs> I think that was actually Walt doing that, and you were doing that. Because then the, the, oh. the fifth time was when I did it, and you kicked me out. Oh, I thought it was I weird. was sitting back here trying to read Curtis's text so I can prove him wrong, but he actually, we're kind of both even. I'm, 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 I'm telling him right now. Go ahead. Go on. I'm, I'm typing this to Curtis. Curtis. Curtis is awesome, man. Oh, I'll, I'll just say, what the fuck? Why am I typing it? Curtis said, um, I thought I might, uh, I think we, sh I think we need four things to change this team. Number one, draft Harrison. Number two, draft or pick up an awesome center. That's where we both, it's, it's a wash. I thought you said draft a center. You also did say, or pick up, but then you went on to say, when I said, we're not really going to draft a center with the second pick, if it's the fifth or seventh pick in the draft. Then you said My, the Miami Dolphins have a good center. Has a good center that's going to be a free agent. So, what are you trying to throw up fucking uh, 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 crap here, Cliff? What's going on? <laughs> oh, no, it's Curtis. No, Cliff oh, texted Curtis, Curtis yeah. and told Curtis this to get Curtis on here to start this crap. Yeah. Where is Cliff now? I don't see him in the chat anymore either. Yeah, where is Cliff? He's he's on his phone texting Curtis right now. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's laughing at the whole thing, the bastard. He might be making a meatloaf. I was just going to say that, PJ. You may be doing, making a meatloaf. It is, it is 11.05 down there in Florida. It's about that time. It's you know well, it was Before actually he... it was exactly 12.05. Eastern right. time when he said I'm putting it. So he's like, yeah, he's he's getting it ready right now. He's getting it per. He's getting it prepped because at twelve oh five he's got to go out and back in the lawn. It's been kind of dewy in Florida. <laughs> I think that um, as far as center position, that's that's going to again my philosophy on what we should do in trading trading back. So if we trade back, we can hopefully in that hole be able to pick up a second rounder. That's where I pick up that guy from Georgia uh, because I don't think it lasts to the third. Uh, that Van, Van Fram or whatever his name is, Van pick him up as our center in the uh, second. Cliff, Cliff, Cliff just answered. He made uh, he made Gaeta sausage and peppers tonight, so he's already done. A little bit early to be finished already, Cliff. Man, you you know what the hell, man? You guys ever have bo uh, boudin? Boudin or Boudin sausage? I, I picked... Oh, man. Oh, God. God. Guys, I haven't told you this story. I have to tell you this story. I've been meaning to tell you this. So, in New Orleans... Wait. Uh, is there a penis involved? Pictures of a dick or anything? It's a Packer fan. Close enough. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> I want to hear you laugh. What are you talking <laughs> Okay. Okay. So it's our second night there. We're, we're, we got there on Saturday before Thanksgiving. It's our second night. We were in New Orleans. We came back. We're at our, we were camping there. We're at our campsite. Uh, we find a, a Mexican restaurant. So we drive there like a block, two blocks away. We order some food. They're like, okay, it'll be 20 minutes. We're like, oh, okay. There's a bar right next door. So we just like, let's just go in and get a drink while we wait for our food. So we go in there we walk in, there's literally two people in there. And as soon as I walk in, this dude turns around from the bar and he's like, oh, I can't get away from you fucking guys. You fucking Bears fans. Because I was wearing my Bears hat. I can't get away from you Bears fans. You're fucking everywhere. And I'm like, 
are you fucking kidding me? Like, I can't get away from you fuckers. Everywhere I go, you fucking Packer fans are here. I take off my hat. I slam it down on the floor. And he's like, fuck you. I'm like, fuck you. And then we both were like, hey, what's up, man? It's nice to meet you. <laughs> you, guys, you guys drinking at all? <laughs> he was about to leave. Him and his wife were about to leave the bar. They had been drinking all night. And we were down. We were in New Orleans all night and had an Uber ride home. And we were just like two blocks away to order food. Hold on, PJ. I'll get, I know where you're, I know where you're, I know where you're going. Hold on. Just give me, let me finish the story. So we were just waiting for food. And so we were, we were, we were, he was hammered. We were like in a good spot. So he's like, I'm going to get this guy. I'm going to buy them a drink. So he buys us a drink. And we ended up sitting there hanging out with the Packer fan for like, from Milwaukee for like 40 minutes when our food was going to be ready in 20. And it was a free drink on him. And, and that's why I, as much as we hate Packer, the Packers, and we, we hate to say the word hate, but as much as we dislike the Packers and dislike Packers fans, we have the same love for our team in common, and we are very close to each other uh, geographically. So it's like, it, it's, I don't know, it's, it's like a love-hate relationship in a way. I worked with a Packer fan for years. We went to many games together and it was a love hate relationship. And that was just a, the perfect example that night. Sorry. I wanted to tell you that I wanted to tell you guys this story because it was so funny just the way that like in a new Orleans bar with nobody in there, but the four of us, the bartenders are just like watching this going, what in the hell is going on right now? I like take off my hat. I slam it on the floor. Like you guys, I can't escape you guys. And, Anyway, the this, the point of this story was this sausage. It's a New Orleans sausage, I think, called Boudin sausage. It's a rice sausage. You guys are talking about sausage. That's why I got into that. Oh my goodness, delicious! Look it up. I just want to oh, know one fucking story for that, but just <laughs> I just want to know when you guys was in the midst of doing your uh, loving there. Did one, did you one of y'all break break out a banjo? That's all I want to know. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had the banjo in my truck, so I pulled it out and we played the banjo. And the... Yeah, I kind of figured that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And not not to be an ass or anything. Well, I guess I am. But how is how is the truck? Oh, uh, it's in the shop. Still in the shop? No, that, no. Oh no, I didn't tell you that story. So. The, uh, the, the truck got in the shop on the 6th of this month of November, and uh, they've had it since then. And so then they gave me a rental for my insurance, and I needed a truck to pull my camper to New Orleans for this week, right? So I rent, I rent a truck. I tell them specifically that I need this to pull my camper to go to New Orleans. So I need this exact truck because my tow package is hooked up. It's, it's calibrated to this vehicle. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, okay. Go to pick up the car. The, the truck, they're like, oh, no, we, you, you can't rent a truck here that you can tow a vehicle with or tow anything with. We were like, wait, what? They're like, no, you have to go to uh, Enterprise Truck Rental. <laughs> like, are you fucking kidding me? So I had to get like a 3,500 diesel with a big stick around the doors that said Enterprise Rented Truck <laughs> and pull my camper to freaking new orleans and back <laughs> looking like dude this thing had a had a, a an eight foot bed on it too you know yeah. four door eight foot bed this thing was massive and 
I'm driving around downtown in New Orleans on these one-way roads that are meant for horses. You know, it was like what? Jeez. Was, it was rough. But uh, got back home safe, returned the truck, and uh, I'm just waiting for my truck to get fixed in the shop. Probably, you know, sometime in the next eight months. Yeah. You'll have it in time for uh, for when he comes up next year for that Bears game when Chris comes in. Yeah. <laughs> We I'm supposed to go to Dan. I'm supposed to go to Florida for in the you know in like three weeks for the next three months, uh, but uh, the truck won't be ready, so yeah, it's going to be a problem. If only there, uh, there's worse things that could happen. I guess if only if only Wacker if only Lower Wacker didn't exist. <laughs> 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 you guys, my wife's like, I'm like, what is he doing on Lower Wacker? Like, he, he shouldn't be done. Like, why didn't you fucking say something to everyone in chat? You were in chat. Say, get out of Lower Wacker. How about just texting you on the phone? Hey, Dan, don't drive down there. Even better. Yeah. I digress. Raging I Oracle digress. said, PJ, Raging Oracle said, we are not fine at three three tech yet. We are hanging the kids. We're hoping the kids get better, but there is not a Pro Bowl level player on the interior. Now, uh, to 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 respond to that, I agree. There's not a Pro Bowler yet. However, if we go out and get a three tech, you're going to stunt the growth of Jerron Dexter as well as stunt the growth of Zach Pickens, and then you're going to have very limited use of what you're going to do with uh, Walker. So that's what I'm saying. Instead of trying to go out and grab another piece like that, we can then use, I mean, use our draft capital in other areas. Because even the kid from Illinois, I think, I mean, I know Foster disagrees with, with me on this, but I thought, I think if if Eberflus was interested in a three technique like that, we would have got the guy from uh, Northwestern last year. So that guy didn't go to the fourth round. So Ibra flew fast only multiple times. So he's not interested. In it. He won a long or a tall three technique. That's why he got Javon Dexter. So I don't just see us being able to grab one like that. I mean, the only one I can think of to come to mind is Chris Jones and Buckner for Indianapolis Colts. And I don't want neither one of them because of their age, because – Again, we're building this thing, and I don't want to have no mature guy already. By the time the other guys catch up, they'll be on their decline. And yeah, and they've got another they've got another six games to grow. Correct, These guys that we've got, man. And let let them play. Let them play as much as they physically can. Yeah, let them learn. Yeah. Now, I love Tommy Harris. I mean, Tommy Harris my is my favorite Bears of all time. He is my favorite Bears player of all time. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Yes, Tommy Harris. I actually of all met time? Him. I actually met him, talked to him. So yes, he's my favorite bear player of all time. So I love the guy, but I don't think Eberflus would take a Tommy Harris type player because he's not tall enough for the scheme he wants to run out of the three technique. Man, I'd love to have a clone. The two clones I want are Tommy Harris and Peanut Tillman. Give me those two of those two guys, man. They I mean, I I can't fault you for that, but of all time, I mean, he, he should have been a Hall of Famer without injury, but of all time? Well, it's because of my personal interaction with him. Mm -hmm. So, uh, 
So that's why, I mean, I, I've, I've met a few Bears players. I mean, I, I like Walter. I, I love Gail Sayers and Dick Buckters growing up. I mean, those yeah. was my heroes growing up. Yeah. But there was people that I've never met to actually meet Tommy Harris and talk to him. I'm like, man, okay, this dude is wait, a really wait, good wait, dude. Wait, 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 wait. So you're saying that Eric Kramer is now not your, fa your favorite Bear of all time? I've never met him. You just met him tonight? Not in person. You just talked to him for... Not in person. Well, actually, I didn't do the talk when you guys did. Oh! <laughs> you got me wrong. You got me wrong. You got me wrong. I, I, I didn't say anything because I knew that was all coming. I just let PJ go right into it. I knew it was coming, man. I knew it. Yep. Yep. Oh. Hey, PJ. PJ, don't, don't be too proud because it's only Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like you're catching big fish. It's just <laughs> <laughs> you got to put it into perspective, my friend. Put it into perspective. <laughs> uh, he shoots. He scores. <laughs> if I let you start asking questions at the beginning. I, I, we, he would have never have come back. He'd have been on there for three hours. He, he would have been wanting to join the show. Yeah, we'd have been like, I was supposed to be out of here on a hard forty minutes. It's been three hours. And he would be like, you know what, guys? I just he, want to be a part of you team every week. What? What's it? What was you? He would have been like, I want to be a part of you guys' team every week. I mean, PJ make me feel so at home. I just want to be here all the time. <laughs> He'll be back. Eric will be back. Well, then he can actually get into his real, true interrogation. Absolutely. Well, I, only, I actually only had one question for him, like I told you. That was, uh, what, do you, what do you feel about Justin Fields? I mean, other, everything else, we already know pretty much about Eric. I mean, he's a good guy. He's, yeah. I mean, he's a good dude, so. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just laughing at Cliff here. Four hours ago to set the record. <laughs> <laughs> Go cook some more, Cliff. He's like, I just put the meatloaf in. I gotta get the mashed potatoes ready. Come on, guys, four hours. Let's go. Man, I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> but no, I mean, so that, that's where I'm at with the three techniques. I mean, it's the engine that makes this defense run. But with what we're doing with the the two guys, especially Javon Dexter and uh, Walker, they're doing a good job at three technique. I mean, and then Sweat. Sweat's the multiplier, like people have been talking about. But he's, I mean, to to Foster's credit, once again, you know, Foster talked him up way before I did, so I give Foster his credit. He's a, he's a, he's been a player for us. He has really been a player for us, and I still would love to see him opposite Chase Young. I, I would love to see those two guys, and man, see what this could defense can really do. Could not disagree with Billings in the middle, and then. Let's just say Dexter there at the three man. We, we, might, oh, man. we might have something insane. Exactly. Absolutely. It could, it could be flashback to seasons of gone seasons long ago, man. With those, I agree. Agreed. I totally agree with that. Now, now, Pete. Now I'm in your corner. I, we can get Chase Young if it's doable and the deal's right. Yeah. Then we don't have to even worry about. We we, we still draft another three tackle. Well, I'm gonna draft a three tech after I draft another defensive. I mean, end. no, I mean we, uh, we draft another defensive end because you, we got two of the, two of the guys that he could learn stuff from. 
Exactly. And then, then you're prepping for the day when, when sweat's not here anymore. Yep. You know, I, I just pulls, pulls has got all this stuff in his own mind. I know it. I know. I got to make a phone call tonight. I want to let him know. What <laughs> he's he's going to finally, wait, he hasn't phone. talked to polls. He hasn't by my watch and I'm not wearing one. He hasn't talked to polls in and, months. You know, months. they've only he, been texting. No, no conversations. So, so what's going on there, Pete? PJ's holding out, man. He was the the actual 850th subscriber to his own channel, and wow. he's got Ryan Poles in his phone. Well, yeah, you can but just see, get on that, and he. But the problem is, you're failing. Him had, Come on, him and I had a disagreement over Chase uh, Claypool. Uh, I told him, I told him not to get him, and he did it anyway. So you know, him and I had a falling out about that. So you know. Well, that's what I told him. I, I said, I, I told Poles, and I just sent, I, I actually sent this through McCaskey. I was like, dude, just just take the chance. People are going to pitch if it goes wrong. But if it goes right, he, he's the perfect mold for that position. And then I said, if something happens, dude, just make him a tight end. But they wouldn't even listen to me. Now Miami's got that idea. But whatever. You know, whatever. That's it. Really? I've had it. I'm fucking, man, you guys. I'm, now I'm really upset. <laughs> the only guy I know be taking himself out. <laughs> I, I just I don't know why I'm upset. I'm not. I'm joking around. We can tell your beard is turning purple. Uh oh, <laughs> this thing is becoming a pain, man. And here's here's the worst part. Look at this shit. <laughs> I, I, I got I I got a real I got a real. He really problem, is Santa. <laughs> He really is Santa. <laughs> I've got, I've got about five little kids that I've been talking to on the phone, and don't go there, PJ. <laughs> they, they, they believe that. Well, it's it's friends, their their grandkids that I'm talking to because they they're like, oh look, I got a special guest, I got a surprise for you, Joey. Come here, I have Santa Claus on the phone. Santa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I've literally been doing this with kids. And I've got like five kids who really believe I'm Santa Claus because they're going, well, do you know what we did today in school? And I'm like, yeah, you decorated your, your classroom for Christmas. And she's going. <laughs> I said, I said, are you guys done with decorating for Christmas? Yeah, we're done. I said, no, you're not. There's, there, you're going to have some surprises coming up. And she's sitting there going. <laughs> well, my, my teacher did say my teacher did say we have one more thing coming up because I know they were going to put the the twenty five day calendar up in schools. They used to do it every Christmas. So I'm I'm waiting to talk to this to my friends my friend's granddaughter next week because I'm hoping they put the calendar up so I could just say it because I've been I've been guessing on stuff with these kids for like a week now, and and the the miracles happen because I've been right, you know. And I'm just I'm just going off of what I remember from fifty years ago. Anybody got a pa package of uh, M and M's? I'm waiting for I'm waiting for somebody to say he really does exist. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool is like that you, you're like the parents you know that you're friends with are, that are doing this with you are, are you know they're giving you the information so that it makes it seem real to them. That's going to be so cool. Then when you are actually Santa Claus to them and you can actually relay that same information to them, that's going to be so fun. You know what? I'm going to have to remember because I've gotten no information. It, it's just been guessing, and I've guessed right. Oh shit! So, so I'm going to. I'm going to. Now, now I got to call them in advance because 
you shouldn't have said this because now I'm going to call everybody up Sunday and try and get information from them. There goes there goes three hours of my Sunday. Well, hey. the Bears aren't on, so at least the Bears not playing, so you'll be fine. Oh yeah. goodness! Yeah. But seriously, that would be if you're not doing that. That's a great idea. Then you have those you know kids thinking that you like are really Santa Claus that you actually know this information about them and then you do you play Santa Claus for them? Two of these, two of them, I'm really scared because it's gone so far with, and they're like five and six years old, and I'm like, oh man, I'm gonna mess these kids up. <laughs> That's what they see you smoking, huh? No, 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 no. I, 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 I was, I did not do that when I was on uh, the, you know, FaceTiming the kids. Oh, okay. I didn't All smoke right. in front of them. So. All right, cool. Of course not. Right. I even I even was trying not to smoke while Eric. I mean, not in front of Eric tonight. Just to, I don't even remember seeing you smoke a cigarette at all tonight. Well, when you hate been paying attention. <laughs> I think it was Did the last show. There was a show or two ago where I, I noticed you hadn't smoked for like so long. I was like, "Did he quit?" And then you lit one up. I was like, "Nope." <laughs> I've I've been monitoring my smoking intake because it's becoming a problem i've got to get rid of it i've got to get rid of it by the end of this year i'm going to get rid of it so. but I, i'll tell you what i did again i filled up every ashtray that i had and i i packed them full when i was smoking when i when i decided i was going to quit and then i filled every one of those ashtrays full of water and i yeah, put one everywhere cool. in my house i put one on my coffee table my kitchen table my you know, my island, my bedroom, everywhere. And anytime that I wanted a cigarette, I would just go and turn and smell that water-filled ashtray of cigarette butts. And I'd be like, God, it was so fucking disgusting. And then I would just move on. And I then I would smoke. I, I haven't smoked in my house in 15 years. I don't smoke in my house. This is like the only room I smoke because I've got it divided from the rest of this house. Well, that's where all the dead bodies are, so it helps to smell. Right, right. He yeah. just got to yep. He just going yep. I concur. Yeah. yeah. You don't even have to say it. I saw it by the hand movement. Hey. Okay. And Walt's just going, man. Would you guys shut the fuck up? I want to talk some more bears. <laughs> you're not. You're not kidding, Cliff. You're not kidding, man. Chew gum. It worked for me, too. Like cigarettes, they, they just keep adding shit to make cigarettes more addictive. They've been doing it for decades. Yeah. I know there's a reason why I've I never started. Gum, I've done candy. I've done toothpicks. I've been hypnotized. I did acupuncture. And I just I come out of all that being a little messed up, and then I go have a cigarette. Have you ever had those anal beads? Anal bead therapy? Oh my gosh! It's time to go. He said anal beads. What in the world is going on? You pulled the wrong guy. <laughs> I didn't pull anybody. I didn't pull nobody. <laughs> this dude said anal beads. What? He said anal beads. I just is it, when 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 he said anal beads, I just assumed the show was over and I left. Because I'm not on Ooh. that show. I'm not on that show, Dan. Sorry. Jeez. Is that a new show you started? Is that well, you, you tried everything. Now? I was just wondering if you tried the anal bead therapy. 
So, guys, our future guests looking at this show going, What do they be talking about? Yeah, yeah. Eric's gonna go back and watch this and say, Oh, I guess I'm never going on that show again now, <laughs> right? Like, what in the world are you talking about? Wait, I was on that show. Oh my god, remind me, hon. Matter of fact, put them on the blacklist. I'm never going back on BCP ever again. <laughs> These guys are disgusting, man. This guy's got a smoke all over his beard. The other guy's talking about anal beef. Then they're talking about sausages. What the hell? <laughs> are you done? Are you done with the anal beef shit? Well, we'll pull him back off. He don't need to be here yet. Oh, my goodness. Even, Sky even Skylark said to get rid of you, Dan. Kick him off. He's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh man i love a good laugh yeah uh, uh, scarlet i'm, with, I'm, I'm with mark kazak man i hate yeah. the freaking cowboys too what did they oh, come back I, yeah. I hate did using the word hate but i do hate the packers and i i think i hate the cowboys it might just be very much disliked, but I definitely hate the Packers. I hate using the word hate. Me too, but I hate the Packers. I'm just saying I that's just what you like, say. Yeah. I just like the Cowboys and I can't stand the Packers. How's that, dude? Did I clean it up for you? Hey, you can hate what you hate. I mean, I'm not mad at you hate, but I just well, find I, it kind of funny that Dan said I hate using the word hate. <laughs> <laughs> I, very, I very much just like using the word hate, but I hate the Packers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just sum it up with Cliff's words. Fuck Green Bay. That's what he said. Yeah. That way, Fuck there's no hate. It's just what it is. Scarlet saying he's saying I'm on a doobie high. No. No. I don't smoke and doobies. And the realization of depression sets in. No. Right. Man. Just bongs, not doobies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't smoke that. I smoke bongs. Yeah, there's no, there's no doobies here, man. Doobie is too much. It's too much uh, product in there. You know, a bong is much less. I strongly dislike the Cowboys and the Packers. Thank you, Mark. Yes, Mark is the man. The mayhem. I I will always hate the Packers. <laughs> I do. I hate the Packers. I hate the Packers. Not their fans. I hate the Packers. And some of their fans. <laughs> That's not my opinion. And some of their fans, yes, but for, for the most part, I got, I got it. I, I was, I was on a, actually on a podcast that the guy's a Packers fan, and we weren't even talking Packers. We were talking bas basketball, and they were talking about how basketball is so much better today than it was back in the '90s, and it's a tougher oh, game. What? It's a tougher game, and all this stuff is what they're saying. Okay. And these guys, these guys now are better than those guys in the, in the '80s and the '90s, and I. And I voiced my opinion, and all I got was, you're a liar, you're full of shit, you don't know what you're talking about. Go out on a basketball court today and play some basketball, and you'll see that today's game is much better. So I just said, I'm not going to sit here and take abuse. I, I'm unsubscribing, and I'm just not coming back here. And they still, still, I, I kind of clicked on by accident three days later, and they were still talking about me. Yeah, that old white guy from fucking wherever. You don't fucking know what uh palace podcast like it's a green bay packers and a, a basketball podcast but we were talking oh, so basketball. you should have told them that you 
just you should have just said, yeah, I just did yesterday. <laughs> I almost did, but I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time. So I just, I'm done. I'm done. But I, I just felt, I was like, so, so you guys, you're supposed to be open to hearing all these opinions from everybody. But the minute I give you my opinion, now I'm a liar and I'm full of crap. And I just kept saying, well, you can think what you want and you can call me a liar, but I'm not lying. And, and then I said, I'm like, but you guys don't even show your faces either. So that's another reason that I don't think I need to be talking to you on this podcast. Cause you don't even want to, you could, you could talk all this crap, but you're afraid to even show your face. I got, I tried to go on. I tried to go on five times and I got on once, showed my face, and I never got to talk. So I just left. Oh, that's another we one of those talk, podcasts. We talking basketball. This was all basketball, Pete. That's another one of those podcasts where the hosts don't show their faces. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a former ba former basketball player, so I'm inclined to know about basketball. But I just don't too much care about it now. Although I do have two grandsons playing for high, high school basketball. So. So, so guys, I, I don't know if you guys know this. I wanted to bring this up. It was just brought to my attention that uh, I guess Tevin Jenkins won the NFL's Week 12 Way to Play Award today. Nice. I did not know that either. Did that Great. just come out? Know. Was it out earlier? Uh, nine hours ago. I oh, wow. On Twitter? No, it was on the Bears page. Huh. I still should have caught that. Wow. Well, congratulations, Tevin Jenkins. Well, and, and I'm telling you, if you go back and you watch just that one play, that one play alone should have got him that award. Because yeah, not only did Tev he take out put it on his um his personal Instagram first, because not only well, did he take out which play I'm thinking of three Foster. <laughs> no, there's, a, there's one play where he takes out Braxton Jones guy. Then he takes out his guy, and he takes out Patrick's guy, and also takes out Roshan Johnson. He took out four guys, including Roshan, in one play, in like in like a second. The like, commanders like game? No, in the in the the, the, the last game? game. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Have, have you guys watched the All Twenty Two yet? No. Okay, so no. you'll see it if you look at it that. I think. Uh, well, seeing that we are giving out. Congratulations. Let me uh, give a congratulations out to my grandson. He uh, made honorable mention for the local newspaper all area team last week. Mm. And then this week, today, he made the defensive uh, all defensive team for the local news reporter uh, take on news. So Yes, congratulations to uh, Patrick Jordan III. You, sir, are my hero. And you're the third. Is that, is that on a local Peoria newscast? Jim Matson. You can okay. look it up. His name is I Jim Matson. I can find it. I can, right, yeah. I can stream that interview if it's on there. Excellent. Cool. All right, go where to, are we at? We're gonna get I, wanted to go to what, I wanted to go to what Raging said here. Aaron Rodgers' new book, Bear, Bear Daddy tells how he paid Getsy under the table to call three straight wide receiver screens for three weeks in a row. You know, I used to I, I used to think it was just a joke with Getsy and uh, being I'm a sorry. former Packer guy, but I'm really beginning to think they must got something working to because well, his play calls, man, is pretty bad. It's pretty that's, bad. That's, 
Peach. That's why he changed it up at the end. He only he only <laughs> called those last plays at the end to help the damn Packers. Oh man, I'm telling you, it's like because the Bears had to win this to help the Packers. <laughs> Bear Daddy, I got to read that book, right? Oh, uh, it's hilarious. I will burn it shortly thereafter if he wrote it. Man, Mark's asking you a good question. You see, he's on the 21 day window to come back already. That's amazing. That's yeah. really amazing. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Well, I'm telling that's amazing. The, the, the hallucinogenics must be fooling him. <laughs> Something's working because, man. But uh, thank yeah. you, uh, Cliff, and thank you, uh, Mark Hazak. Appreciate that, man. I'm very proud of my boys, man. They 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 doing well this year at uh in high school. So thank you. Yeah, congratulations, PJ. Seriously, I appreciate it. I mean, you guys, what what did uh, Peoria ended up? Uh, Peoria or we Joliet lost, South? What did they lost to Joliet Center? Joliet Central. Yeah. But what did uh, Joliet ended up doing? They got second place. Oh, okay. Yeah, they got second I mean, place. You know, you they lost, lost to the team we lost to last year. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, impressive that you got there to play them, and oh, you, yeah. you were you had a chance there in, the, in most of the game, like you said. Oh yeah, it was it was a game we should have won, but you know, lesson learned. Hopefully for them moving forward. But I was like I told my uh, grandson, I said, "Hey, you left, you left an impression on the people you played and the people you played with." Mm -hmm. I mean, he was out there in tears in his eyes, knowing that it was his last game for high school, but he was giving it to him. Yeah. He was giving it to him. So I'm very proud of him. As, as you should be, sir. That's a oh, absolutely. Team. Great achievement. When I said when I saw him rocking those boys, I was like, man, that's what I'm talking about. Straight rocking them. Man, that's what it's about, dude. Yep. You know, I want to get to this Mark uh, Kazak question. Does anyone think that Fields would take a hometown discount? No. No. This isn't this isn't his hometown, but. I don't know. Well, I, I just think that <laughs> I don't see no quarterback taking a discount. I, I I just don't. I mean, because because like I told you guys before, I'm I'm of the belief that no one player should get more than ten percent of the salary cap. But yeah, the way the way these salaries are going, I don't see nobody take. I mean, if you take a discount, he probably could what forty five million as opposed to fifty. I yeah. mean, it's like oh. Man. Or by the, by the time he gets to it, the discount will be fifty million. Yeah, that's so that's what I, yeah, I don't see it, man. 26? I mean, unfortunately, it, it, to me, it's ridiculous, man. I, I, I it don't make no sense to me, but that's the way it's going. And then you, you, your running back who gets creamed every play, he gets six. He gets six or seven million a season. He gets yeah. creamed every play. Right. And the other guy makes you know forty four million dollars more a season. So I'm telling you. I mean, I'm real curious to see moving forward how many teams will be winning Super Bowls with their quarterbacks on these outside of their rookie contracts because you can't pay nobody else once you start paying these quarterbacks. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I know. That's that's why everybody tries to get get the the, the uh, yeah. win in in the four seasons because they've only they've got a it limits your team so much. Really We've got to do this in four years, or we're done. Because we got to start over in four years. Right. That's yeah. why there there has to be some strong consideration, especially if they fire Flus. Right. 
that feels. But I don't see. I don't see either. I mean, I don't see Caleb Williams or Mark or May, whatever his name is, uh, being guys that can get you there in three years. I mean, and for one, I don't think we have the coaching staff that can help them get there. And that's part of the problem. We don't have the right coaching staff to get these guys there. So, yeah, to me, man, you have to really invest. If I was an owner, I would say, look, we're going to develop a plan to help these rookies out. We're going to give them uh, a connection to where they don't have to worry about trying trying to find the right housing. We can help them assist them in that. We're going to give them around-the-clock coaching, whether it's through uh, videos or whatever we got to do. I'm going to truly invest in this guy to help him be successful, especially if you're, you're, you're building your whole franchise in the hopes that this guy's the guy. I'm going to make sure I can do everything for him to be the guy because I don't think that's what the Bears are doing for Fields. I really don't. I, 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 and I, I see what Houston is doing for uh, Stroud and impressive, truly yeah. impressive. Yeah. But I don't think other, team, other teams are doing that. And if you're going to invest all that money to hope in getting a Super Bowl, that's what you need to do. Better, I want to ask you this, both of you guys, and you first, Pete. Who, who, give me like two surprise teams this year that you're surprised to where they're at. Houston is one. Two, I say two because I know Houston's going to be one. Yeah, Houston is one, and the other one would be. Um, uh, My other one is the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts. Especially, yeah, yeah, they, they're there, um, but. I was kind of thinking of kind of Lamar because with the Baltimore Ravens because people kind of wrote them off last year. And for him to come back this year, it's like without their his number one tight end. So well, I'm like they're only missing him for two games, but I, I, I never wrote them off because Lamar's Lamar, dude. But go ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I would say those two is the first two to come to the top of my my head right off. Mine, my, and I'm going to ask you the same thing, Dan, but give me a second. Mine is Indianapolis because when I spent two days there and I was talking to all the Colts fans and they're like, man, we're going to be you guys last year. We're going to get three wins. This is what all the fans were telling me. Right. They're like, this is a year where we're kind of just stuck with what, you know, all the issues are at quarterback and everything. And, and they've been a pleasant surprise to their fans. So yeah. those are my yeah. two. And, and Dan, I'm sure you got Houston too for for one of them, right? No, for me it's actually uh, Miami and uh, the Cowboys. Really? I didn't think the Cowboys would be nine and three right now, and I didn't think Miami would be eight and three. I thought Miami would be. Uh, I figured with the concussions that uh, Tua took last year, it would it would be it would cause an effect on them this year. Because they talked about him retiring last year because of the concussions, yeah. uh, yeah. and the epic numbers they put up so far. Oh so, yeah, that's my biggest surprise. Um, I guess second, I I didn't expect Dallas to be nine and three, but right now, to be honest, <clears throat> I think you know I think Dan Quinn's a good coach, you know their defense coordinator. So uh, that doesn't necessarily surprise me what Dallas is doing, but I think if I'm not mistaken, this year. Is one of the few times that a losing Super Bowl team 
has doing is performing so well for the for the uh, Eagles to be ten and one after losing the Super Bowl. That's a rarity. They, they, there's, there's a lot of them end up missing the playoffs altogether. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know that they're two point underdogs right now against who? Uh, 49ers. Oh, really? Wow. Where are they playing it? Who is? I, I got to go back and check that because I heard this on. I, I was shocked when I heard this. This was on the score on the way when I was driving over here. Uh, but it, it sounded to me like they said, if you want to get on something, get on the, the Eagles right now because I don't know if it's this week or next week. But they got I'm them as a two point dog with the Eagles, game, man. In that Eagles game. Are- and they said, yeah, but once the games are played, blah, 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 that could flop to a two or three point favorite for Philly. So. Eagles just, is, it was a bad a betting thing on the score. They're deep. They were like, man, jump on that if you can, because the line's going to probably change to where they're a two or three point favorite. Yeah, so I, I need to double check that. But I mean, that was literally on the radio when I was driving from my house to the studio over here. Yeah, Eagles are very deep, man. And and to my to my knowledge, I don't think Nolan Smith is even playing this year. Well, they're but the thing is they're they're a plus sixty-four on points, whereas the 49ers with a worse record are like a plus hundred and twenty-one. So that's, yeah, that's the reason for the line, but I'm just like that doesn't mean nothing. They still won all those games, man. They're ten and one. Yeah, yeah. Eagles are a handful. Eagles are a handful, man. I ain't gonna lie yeah. to you, they're a handful. I mean, goodness gracious, they're they're, they're so deep. Like I said, they're number one. Well, they had Carter in the first round as well as Nolan Smith in the first round. Yeah. And Nolan Smith, to my knowledge, I don't think he's even playing. He must be injured or something, but he's in the you know, he's in the wings waiting. I, I think it's more of a, a depth issue. They they're so talented that they can bring him along slower. I'm telling you, man, they're the Eagles, Eagles is a team. And I didn't think that the, the, the coach that they have, I didn't think he was going to be all that good, if I'm being honest. Yeah. I was, I, I was especially now that he lost his two uh, coordinators to uh, yeah. this last year, and he's still 10 and 1. Yeah. Man, he, he got this side looking like a head coaching candidate. No See, shit, right? <laughs> nobody's, nobody's, nobody's bitching when they win by a field goal at the end of the game. Man. <laughs> right? Right, the, Bear, the Bears you. do it against the Vikings, and oh, the Bears suck. We, I mean, we know, you know, whatever. I'm just saying, it's true when they win those close games. You know why? Because they're a winning team, and they're gonna win those close games most of the time. And the Bears aren't. Man, I mean, uh, Jalen Carter, that was the best team he yeah. could have gone to. Yeah, was the absolutely bar none. I, I wonder what he would have, what he would have done with. The Lions. Mm. That would have been another team, possibly. Too. Oh, I, I don't. I don't want to wonder Ooh. about that. I did. Yeah. Reason why I'm saying that because if I'm not mistaken, didn't the Lions take Jack Campbell really early? Early. Yes. Yes. So instead of taking Jack Campbell, they would have take taken Jalen Carter, because Jack Campbell, I don't think has been doing anything so far this year. I don't even think he's starting right now. Well, wait. So when it, did the Lions have their first round pick? I thought it was in the team in the uh like between six and ten or six and eight. Between yeah, six and eight, I thought they had the first one. And then they I got the other one. I have to go back and look at that. Because the other pick was Gibbs, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. For them to take Jack Campbell instead of Jalen Carter, 
I was I found that kind of surprising, I guess. Let's see uh, who went. What what were you just asking? <laughs> when, when did uh, Detroit have their first first pick? Detroit's first pick in the first round. Uh, the uh, the twelfth the twelfth pick. Oh, he was already going. Got him. Yeah, but they yeah. still took him. They still everybody even said it. They're like you could have got him a you could have traded back and probably got the guy, but uh, they are a winning team. Yeah, and, and uh, they said fuck it, and they took. You know, they're the, they're the team that would have taken Marvin Harrison Jr. with the first pick, like we were cool. talking about, right? Yeah, Lions, yeah. right? By taking well, Jamar Gibbs at twelve. From from what I'm talking, because I talked to Steve a lot. You remember Steve that was on the show from mm -hmm. Detroit, Steve three one three. He is progressing very nicely in that defense. So, you know, maybe it's it's what what they need. They knew they needed to to get over the hump defensively. I mean, they still got the issues in the. Who's progressing nicely in that defense? Campbell. He's on the bench. No, I thought he's been playing. They've been subbing him in a lot lately from what I, Steve was talking about. Because when Steve was on the show, he said that uh, he's he's coming oh, along you're right. Slowly. You're right. Yeah, he's coming right. along maybe, we're talking about, maybe I'm talking about – maybe it was Gibbs. Maybe, I got to go back and look at my – Now, Gibbs is I coming along nice. I talked yeah, to Gibbs him. Gibbs is coming along nice. I talked to, to Steve this morning. Because I was letting them know they're doing a show right now at the same time we are, because he wanted to pop on and catch some of Eric Kramer, but he couldn't because they're doing a show at the same time we are. What a nice, what a nice guy. He's super, man. Yeah. I love Steve. We're, yeah. they, they, we're, they asked us about doing the show on Wednesday, December thirteenth, with them. Just so you know, yeah. I know that yeah. you and I are in Foster, but I don't know if we've talked to you guys about that, Walt and PJ, if you wanted to join us. Wednesday, December 13th. It was the 13th of December. And we were on the Lions podcast called the 313 Sports Network. We was down in, we was down in the dirty. Um, so it was before the next Lions game when we had him at the, on, the, on the rope the previous game. <laughs> It's going down in a deal. So, and, and you know what? Because I'm going to forget this, so I'm going to do it while we're – I know we're on the air. But so Steve sent me this, and he goes, oh, the guy that does the ESPN Chicago, he said he's cool with coming on your show in a couple of weeks. Naki from ESPN yeah. Chicago? Yes, he is. Naki. Yes, he is um, the ESPN Chicago – um, he like writes all the jingles and he does a lot of, oh, yeah, so it's not, not the guy from the podcast, Pat something, uh, I forgot his name, Pat something, but he be, he's on ESPN. No, Chicago. it's, it's, uh, Naki, the beat man, something Foster. No, oh, wow. Okay. I feel like an asshole right now. Naki, I, I, the I don't know. I'll talk to Steve later. Cause he, he's, I just gotta, you know, I, like I, I, the, the guy, we end up talking, I, he, just a good guy, man. I really, he's just a good guy, man. Steve. Pat the designer. Thanks, Raging Oracle. Yeah, Pat the designer. Okay. That's where I, hey, so Pat the designer. So I, I'm, I flicked to his show. Right. And he says, and we'll discuss the offer that the, the, remember when I told you that the Bears tendered him an offer, the guy in, uh, that the Colts just released? Oh, Leonard. Yeah, yeah. She, she killed Jack him. Leonard, right. Yeah. 
that's where I saw it was on Pat the Designer. He goes, we'll be right back with this, this, and this. Oh. And the, the offer that the Bears tendered Shaq Leonard. And I went, what? Wow. Okay. For the, the waiver the waiver pickup. He said they picked him up on waivers. And then I went back to look for it. Right. And the show was gone. Couldn't find uh, it. Because I think he's, so, he's signing with Dallas, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. I, now, I, I've seen I something on – um. I think it could have been on Facebook. Uh, something like the Panthers are interested in trying to get Belichick. They're going to try to trade or whatever they got to do to get Belichick. Really? Get out of here. This is the guy we're talking about. Naki, the beat man more. Yes. He's a, a Grammy voted member, voting member, record producer, DJ creative imaging producer at uh, ESPN Chicago. He also does like a lot of most of, I, I think all of their like music and all their beats and everything for ESPN Chicago, uh, Naki the beat man. So yeah, we'll be on uh, the three thirteen sports with, with them on December 13th on their, on their show. Like they were so gracious to come here and he'll be uh, one of the guests on there with us. So what you're saying Foster is he would like to come on with us uh yes. individually and hang out with to us that'd, my, be, that'd be fun to my understanding yes steve that's what steve reiterated he pretty cool he, man he, he's cool with coming on our show in like two weeks cool cool so well you're the media relations manager i'm gonna forget it. that's why i'm telling you now because i'm gonna forget it I'm i think glenn, glenn morgan was in the uh, chat tonight yeah. so yeah. we gotta yeah. get him on yeah i i'm i, I I was talking with Glenn last night and that's, I gave him the information and we were just talking about some things in life and, and uh, I mentioned it to him. So is he doing yeah, better? Man, I, I even sent him a, a DM while we're, when he, when I didn't see him in the chat anymore, I just said, dude, hope you're good. I'll talk yeah. to you soon. Uh, yeah. Find a Thursday night. That is good for you that you can come back on the air. So I hope, I hope he's you know, a- I left it all up to him because he, He's got some things going on. He needs to take care of. Then, uh, said, I I said it was under the weather or something. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Our yeah. media relations manager. Yes. We ever, we ever hear anything else from uh, Greg Braggs? Um, no. I that was, was working that before. That was me. Oh, okay. Oh, that was me. Yeah, I've, been, I've, been, I've been messing with you. Saw it, Dan, where I told you guys when he was couldn't because Braggs is always up at three in the morning going. It's it's Packer week. I can't sleep. It's, <laughs> Bears just won. I can't sleep. He does it every night. So I'm like, I said, dude, try betting on tennis. That'll put you to sleep. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just throw in my normal dumb comments, man. So then I guess Shorty got involved in one of them. The last one you were on, I think I think you were involved in the tennis comment I made because you yes. were up to it. Yes, I was laughing my ass off at that. Yes. Like, like two or three in the morning and these guys are on there. I can't sleep. The Bears won. And I'm like, yeah. I couldn't Frank, sleep either. Frank, go to sleep. Go go try betting on tennis or something. That'll put you to sleep. Raging Oracle, let us know when you want to come on, man. We ain't gonna forget about the little people, as you say, because we all we all part of the chat. So man, when you let us know when we you want to come on, people. man. We're all just people too, man. That's that's, that's the one what... thing I, I keep reiterating. Look how personable and what kind of guy Eric Kramer is. Yeah, I mean he, I, I... He, you guys, you guys in the chat didn't see this, so he comes on and and the first thing he does is starts joking immediately before before we even introduced ourselves. The guy was already joking. Yeah, 
because he's just a he's just a good person. Yeah. And that's that was that's, awesome. That's that's what most people are, just good people trying to get through their days. That's raging most of this planet. Raging, it's you are not little people, you are what makes BCP go round, man. Yeah. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't be doing this. So it'd be two knuckleheads and a cop talking. If you want to see that, you could probably walk down half the streets in Chicago and run into that. We need to put your hands up there, Foster. <laughs> Foster, turn around and put your hands on the vehicle. Please. Nope. No, no sudden I movements. Haven't, I haven't. Nobody said that to me in over 15 years, man. <laughs> I wonder why. That's good to know. That's good to know. At least it's right. been 15 years. Right. Yeah, I know. Thanks for sharing. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. If I lived in Peoria, I'm sure we would have run into each other. <laughs> back away from the vehicle, sir. Just back yeah. away from the vehicle. I'm going to need you to put those tools down that's climbing up on my roof. Back away. <laughs> but hold on. What did uh, Scott? What did Skylark say about the three techniques? Hold on. I want to get this really quick. Oh. Cliff says, Kramer was a great interview. Sure, you handled it well. All you guys did. Thank you, Cliff. Thank you very much. Thank you, Cliff, for uh, boosting up uh, Shorty's ego there. You, he uh -huh. needed that, so yeah. thank uh, you. No, well, no, thank you for boosting my ego first and then their ego second. That's all that matters. You don't have, you don't have to boost mine, but quit, Cliff, quit fucking sucking up and go cook something again, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so he says the three techniques is, uh, well, he's nose, nose tackle in the drive. Uh, yeah, no, come on. We're, there's people listening to this on audio stream. Read it as you read it. PJ. Three techniques slash nose tackle in draft. Demonte Capehart, de defensive tackle Clemson, weight 305 pounds, height 6'5, 44.75, shuttle 4.62. Dwayne Carter, defensive tackle, height 6'5, weight 305, 44.75, shuttle 4.62. My question is are they better than what Javon Dexter is? Because I don't know these guys. I, I don't watch any college football, if I'm being so, honest. Yeah, we're like totally college football ignorant people here. Those those guys are <laughs> not gonna lie. Those guys are identical. They're identical in every aspect. Look at the weight, height, 40 times oh, he said, the time, all the time. He, he says Dwayne Carter is 6'3, 305 with 4495. No. Demonte K. Park, 305.65. His 40 time is 4.75. Shuttle is 4.62. Dwayne Carter, defensive tackle Duke. Height, 6'5. Weight, 305. His 40 time, 4.75. And his shuttle time, 4.62. That's why I just said maybe check that again because they're identical. The numbers were identical. There we go. It, I, I, was, I was right. I didn't think they were the same numbers. That's what I was trying to tell you, that he said he meant that Dwayne Carter, defensive car, tackle Duke, is 6'3", 305, 44.95. Well, I did the norm, PJ. I cut you off and didn't listen. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we are good at what we're good at. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the same and say I'm going to go to uh, Mr. Mayhem right now saying Kenneth Davis would be a good guest, too. I'm just going to cut the whole conversation off. And say that Kenneth Davis is hard to get a hold of, so that's it it, that's going to take a little bit of finagling that we're working on. So thank you, Mayhem. 
That's a. I, I want Raging Oracle as our guest. Yeah, me too. Yeah. We've always yeah. wanted Raging Oracle as our guest. Anyone as yeah. our guest. Come on, guys. Get your asses yeah. on here with us. Yes. Email Podcast at gmail.com. That's if you can stand being interrogated by me, though. Yeah. That's, well, you're going to have that's a good the whole reason. That's the whole reason he hasn't accepted, Pete. Well, yeah. you know. It's going to be a whole uh, 15 minutes of interrogation, but you'll be fine. You'll get through it, guys. Yeah, I mean, you know, there won't be no strip searches or anything. <laughs> Are you sure? Uh, turn around, pull on your pants, and bend over. Spread your cheeks. Just want to make sure there's no bags hanging out. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not in the army no more. No. <laughs> I never quite understood that one either. Turn around. Cook County Jail. Right. Bend, bend over, turn around, and uh, cough. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's down there on the ticker, guys. Come on, please join us to come on. Email Bears Country Podcast at Gmail. Come on and talk bears with us, man. You know, you Raging want to. Oracle saying, he's asking you if you promise there's no strip searches, Pete. There's no, no, no cavity searches. No promises. <laughs> no promises. All right, PJ's out of here officially for the first time of the show. It took him a while, but he finally made it happen. Foster, it's always it's it's his breakthrough moment. <laughs> <laughs> Raging, we will see. All right, man. Joe well, Trevisan, come we, on, shoot an email. Hopefully, Skylark. hopefully, Raging, we will see you on this show. Mark Kazak has joined us. Mark Kazak's a stud. Yes. Yeah, he is. He is yep. the man. Cliff Victoria even joined us. I things are, like I hope things Cliff. are on the up. I'm hoping things are on the up, Mark. I haven't talked in a bit, but we'll talk soon, my friend. Yeah, no, Doug Van Dorn was on here earlier. He, he well, no, did, did you see what Doug said? He he's like uh, he was he was sick. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. He said, "I really wish I could watch yeah. the show tonight, that's, that's but I'm not feeling well. I have to go lay down." Yeah, awesome. and so. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't see that. I hope you feel better there, Doug. Hope you get a yeah. chance to look, listen, and look, watch this show later. <clears throat> For sure. Joe Treviso was saying Marvin Harrison, and first, absolutely, first pick, absolutely. first pick, the absolute first pick, yeah, Joe. I wouldn't nope, do that nope, though. Nope, it says uh, first. We know that. Yeah. Sure, but I don't. Dude, that that I could be the missing com component for Justin Fields, though, PJ. Not if not if you got Gatsy not run plays for the guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, That's I mean because, because the, look at this for a minute, Shorty. Check this out. For, for and I, and I don't know if it's Gatsy or if it's Fields, but Mooney was pretty good a couple of years ago with Fields. Where is he at now? So is that a Fields problem or is that a Gatsy problem? Because right. I'm wondering, can he devise plays where he can get both DJ involved as well as Mooney involved? Yep. That's my question yeah. in my head. Well said. Yeah. I, that's why I like yeah. to say Getsy equals no Getsy. Getsy, get out no of get. here. How about that? Getsy, no Getsy. Getsy equals no Getsy. No Getsy. Getsy, get to going. I'm just wondering Getsy, if they get took get. Walt's advice and left him in Minnesota. Yeah. 
get see uh get see your ass out of Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, so I, I just wonder. I mean, I just, I mean, th there's some truth to having continuity, but if I'm being truly honest, I think in order for us to move forward next year. Yeah, you probably have to bring back Era Flues to keep cer certain continuity, but Getsy, bro, you got to go. And I, I don't like talking on people's jobs like that. But you, you, you would have to bring in somebody else who's who's running a similar scheme, though. Exactly. You don't want to learn a whole new scheme. So there was somebody that Pat Designer mentioned. Uh, I think it was some coordinator that's in college. I forgot what college it was but that runs the same similar system and he actually calls plays. So, but it's somebody that we have to, would have to do because I can't really? see bringing, I mean, I, I think it was Mr. Mayhem earlier. Uh, he mentioned um, the guy from uh, 49ers and then the uh, Baltimore Ravens uh, coordinator um, when they had Kaepernick and then what is his name? The one coordinator, oh shucks. I don't help know. me out, chat. Um from from he, where? He was he was the uh, coordinator Roman. for for the Ravens. Greg Roman. Greg Roman. He Greg mentioned Roman. Greg Roman as well as thank you, uh, Mr. Mahan. Greg Roman Greg Roman and um Chucks, I'm really blanking today. Uh Pat Hamilton. Yeah. As much as I would want them because I agree with you, Mr. Mayhem, I think bringing them in though, you changed the whole system. And there's going to be a learning slowdown in order before they can catch up. So if we're trying to really progress this thing, I think you would have to bring in someone already running a similar system that we already have, but is a better play caller than what Getsy is. You're, you're scaring me, Steve. Why, why would we finally bring in an a offensive guy who actually played call? Because we haven't done it. I'm just saying. Who got the call of plays? Nagy. They never got the call play. I'm joking around, though. You know what I'm saying. Right. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, because you see, I mean, right. if we're being honest, uh, Iberflus has done, done a great job of calling plays. And no that's way in the world, no way in the world would he ever accept being reduced yeah. to a uh, right. defense coordinator. Right. I mean, it'd be like you and your job, uh, Shorty, talking about something. Oh, you know what, Shorty? We, we, we like the job you're doing, but we – we don't want you to be the team leader no more. We're going to demote you, but we still want you here. You're going to be like, uh, no. Right. So, yeah, I don't see him. Yeah, he ain't going to say he, he, he wouldn't get reduced like that. So in order to keep that continuity with the defense we got going and not having to draft all new players to fit a new system that Harbaugh, because I want Harbaugh as well, but Harbaugh comes in, he's going to want his own guys. So yeah. you're going to change up everything. So. To That's keep this thing thing. going, you would have to bring in somebody familiar, running a familiar system with what Getz is doing and being a better play caller at it. But is that the system for, for Justin is the question? Shouldn't he be in more I of think, a Roman-style offense? What I, what I heard, what I heard uh, Cam Newton say was sometimes it's all it. about how you communicate what you want done. Yeah. And if it's I mean, it's not necessarily the play call itself or the plays. It's how you're communicating it because you can make things really simple to where 
I mean, not that he's in the, he's unintelligent because I think uh, Fields is very intelligent, but it may be you're giving him too much information that he shouldn't have to be worried about right now. It's like, dude, just call the play and let's go from there because he wants the ball. So he wants the ball. You don't want to have to give him all these check this, check that, and check this, or check this. Forget all that. Just ball, man. So make it simple. Or as they used to say in the Army, kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. Yep. <laughs> yep. That's, that's that's a big that's a big saying from from that's the group awesome. that I'm involved with. You're trying to pull that's, acronyms out of your ass now. I'm just telling you, Army, Army is big on acronyms. Trust me. Okay. Yep. They're yep. big on those. That's that's a that's a big one, and I'm just gonna say it. That's a big one in AA for because we're complicated people that. Yeah. Well, no. We're simple people who complicate the crap out of stuff. So we have to be reminded. And KISS is a huge one in our organization because shut up and keep it simple, you stupid fuck. I mean, literally, that's what they'll tell people when they walk in the door. Wait, is it, is it KISS or dude. KISS? KISS. KISS. <laughs> it's not stupid fuck. <laughs> uh, but, but people that know me always threw that in there to start with. So. <laughs> but to Skylark's point, you know, he says that... uh I agree, PJ, but you want a head coach, offense coordinator to adjust to field style of play like JF did in college. I agree, but if you're trying to teach a whole new offensive system to fields as well as the receivers and the blockers, that's going to take some while to figure that out. So how far would that set us back? And then, you know, because people are already claiming for field's job. So you set him back to where he's learning a new system, then they're really going to be like, you know what, it's time to get rid of it. And they're not going to take in consideration that would be his first year in that system. So that's why I say keep the system, modify it some to fields, but get a better play caller. Well, wouldn't that just be kind of like what some of the uh, – they've, they've been saying in chat tonight, just fire – I think it was mayhem – fire – uh, Getsy and I said, who would replace him? And he said, Andrew Janako. So if you just gave Andrew Janako the same playbook and let him try to figure out with Justin what are the best plays for Justin. You mean for the rest of the year? Yeah. Wouldn't that be like a, a solution to just getting us all to shut the fuck up about Nogetsy? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, that, that that that's a solution. I mean, people, a lot of people. Just to, to just a side note, a lot of people say he's never called plays before, but neither is Getsy. So, or I should say, no Getsy. So no go way. ahead. I think if you look at Getsy, if I'm going to be completely honest, his scripted plays are pretty good. In our in our first, you know, that first 15 plays of the game, yep. we are doing really well with those. It's once he get off that script. That's when he started having having those issues. And I'm like, uh, so I don't know what Janoko has, because I know Walt said this previously, you can't do no worse than uh, what Getz is doing. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to lean that way. But to Getz's point, his first first script that plays are really good. From now on, we have to all uh, conglomerate and get it in our heads to start calling him no Getzy. <laughs> no getsy. So every time no getsy calls a fucking screen, we're like, oh, no getsy doesn't get it. Huh? You with me, guys? Yeah. Huh? 
Nogetsi. 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 I I owe that all to Lynn Hayden, by the way. It's not that's not my thought. <laughs> well, we knew it wasn't you. <laughs> Dan, Dan hasn't that. had an original. Dan hasn't had an original thought since 1997. Oh. If we can look at uh, Joe Tri Trevisio. Thanks for the credit. It was actually 1994. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Trevisio uh, comment. He says, uh, "I agree with Aldo." It would be nice to see what Fields could do the rest of the year with a different OC to judge him. Now, when you say a different OC to judge him, so if you're talking about bringing Janoko or promoting Janoko to the offensive coordinator, he has no experience, to my knowledge, being an offensive coordinator. So what is he truly judging? I mean, I would rather have a experienced offensive coordinator judge him but we don't have one on staff so that's what i mean so one 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 part of that problem i i can see where you're coming from but because it's janoko who's never called plays what is he truly judging well and, and you're stuck in the same system so you're, you're still got to work within the parameters of the system because you're not going to change the system with when you've got 10 days till game Oh no, you can't! Yo, know, you can't change a whole new system. You need a whole off season right. to do that. You know, it's it's just we're we're stuck with what we're stuck with right here. That's why that's why nobody's gotten fired yet. Yeah, we're just we're where we're at. So we we want to just see good progression with within the system because we're stuck in the system. Man. So let me ask you guys this question: each of you, let me ask each of you guys this question. What do you if Everflu stays next year? What do you do for defensive coordinator? Starting with you, uh, Foster. We go to Foster, Walton, and uh, Shorty. I, I, you know, we just discussed this, and and it's, I need to find somebody who is familiar with what gets uh, Flutes is running, and maybe to expand on those parameters a little bit within that same defense. So I don't have a name. Matter of fact, somebody even said bring back Fangio. And I went, that's great, but it's not going to work because we don't have the personnel to run the 3 4. We've just spent two years switching this defense back over to a 4 3 and obtaining the personnel to run it. So it, it would have to be somebody who's run this 4 3 or very similar that could expand the parameters of the way Fluce uh, is running it. Or if we change the system, they. They've got to just implement it, and, and everybody's got to be on on page with whatever the system is by the first game. So, okay. so you got to replace the system, whatever defensive system you're going to change from, to, to the new one, and you have to learn it like immediately because you're limited in, in the amount of time you you have to do it. So, I I would go back to looking for somebody who understands this system and can tweak it and get the best out of it because it's. It's not, it's, you know, we've discussed it before. This this defense is from 15, 20 years ago, and the NFL is not the same. So there's changes that need to be made there. I mean, they're doing, they're doing a great job with a bunch of young guys. That's the, other, that's the only benefit. 
Yeah. We've got a bunch of young guys and first year and second year, third year players in this defense that could be taught a new system quick because they haven't been in it forever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's yeah. about the best I can for putting me on the spot like that, please. <laughs> I'm still waiting. I'm still trying to figure out my answer, waiting for Walt to talk. <laughs> no, I mean, if he takes credit, you probably want to keep it within the same, you know, 4 3 setting. But uh, you can find, yeah. there's, yeah. I'm sure you can find plenty of people that still run it. Nor do you have to keep it in there 100%. You can mix up the packages a little bit. Right. You know, it, it, it's more so finding a mind that can adapt on the fly. And who, who that is well, at this moment, I don't know. <laughs> Skylark's asking, who would you want right now, guys, for love? Uh, Shorty. Uh-uh. Shorty, Dan's, Dan's uh -uh. avoiding answering no, the question. Exactly. Exactly. Uh-uh. Uh-uh, Shorty. Uh-uh. <laughs> We're waiting, brother. Then you can read, you can read Skylark later, but come on with your answer. All right. All right. I've got my answer for you. I've got it. Who do I want as my defensive coordinator next year? If if Eva Flus is staying, who do you want as your defense coordinator? Oh, if Eva Hey, Dan, you could just answer Eberflus. I was going to say Eberflus. That was my yeah, answer. Liar. Liar. My, no, my answer was Eberflus. Like, let's just say he, let's say, let's say he gets fired, right? There's no way it's happening, but I would rather him come back to be the defensive coordinator next year. He's doing a, a good job with what he has. Hey, this is not, this is not Alice in Wonderland, man. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. Uh, okay, so who do I so uh Fluce is fired? Fluce is staying. Fluce is staying. Who do you want as your defensive coordinator? Uh definitely not Lovey Smith. I see a lot of that in chat. No, 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 please listen, guys. Hey, 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 hey. It's who you want, Shorty. But I'm just trying to like quell the chat right now. Lovey no, you're struggling. You're struggling. Listen, I'm trying to around the books, Pete. Yes. I don't have an answer. I, I'm coming to it while I talk, guys. Lovey is not the answer. He's he's old. He's crusty. He's he's gray. He's he's where he's been since the Bears. Uh, my defensive coordinator for next year is I have no fucking idea. I mean, who who runs a a four three? <laughs> he told himself. Who runs me, a four three? I mean, I'm give you. I want to give you my answer. Give me a good four three defensive. I want to give you my answer. Plug in next year. My answer is this. Hire a experienced offensive coordinator to run the system that we have on offense. Eberflus then don't have to worry about the offense as much and can concentrate on his defense and kind of like be the head coach but in charge of the defense and let the offensive guy be in charge of the offense. Kind of like, like what Mike McDaniel was doing in opposite. Miami in reverse. Yeah. Right, where like Nagy did with the Bears, you know, where he was running the offense and had right. Well, so, he's, so he'd be doing it in the reverse. So I would keep him with the way he's doing things. That's kind of where I was going in my mindset, and I was thinking even if he got fired, I would try to bring him back. Yeah, I didn't want to say that because that's that doesn't seem logical to expect the head coach to run the defense again next year, does it? Man, you just made that up, man. Stop playing. Well, like. <laughs> We we see a lot of it with offensive coordinators, right? Head coaches that are that were offensive coordinators, they're they're running the offense. But like how many how many defensive coordinators turned head coaches do we see that run the defense in the NFL? Well, it was Belichick one year, I think. 
Belichick did it one year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can give you that. So Ron Rivera. Oh, I, oh, that's my answer. Thank you, Raging. Thank you. Ron Rivera. I'm just a big Ron Rivera fan, man. Come on. Please fire Ron Rivera, please. I, I wanted him for the damn coach, but he was already in Washington. I'm serious. Yes. Thank you, Raging, uh, for pulling a, an answer out of my out of the hat for my ass. <laughs> Do you think that Ron Ron did he, Rivera wait, did he have the love of the game? The, the beads first or what? I'm just calling myself for that one, dude. I wonder, does he still have the love for the, for the game, though? Rivera? Yeah, because when I see him on the sideline, he looked like he's just there. Oh, but could you imagine him coming back to Chicago? Yeah, I, I I think he does. I, I he he is just so unhappy with what's going on in Washington. This well, is nowhere near what he wanted. I will say this, as far as Ron Rivera, he's appealing to me because maybe Chase Young will want to come back and play with him. And you can have <laughs> Chase Young and uh and uh sweat again. But well, it comes back I, to Chase Young, man. <laughs> I, well, I'm just saying. I just wonder though whether or not he has that love. And that's what, because I really like what Eberflus is doing with our defense. I mean, he is really making a difference. Our defense, our defense is balling out right now. I mean, that last game, they really balled out. So I'm really impressed with that. And I want to keep that momentum going. And I'm worried bringing in somebody else going to, is that going to mess that up? And then if that new guy will be pounding the table talking about, well, I need this and I need that. And, See, that's why that's what I'm most worried about losing that type of, of that 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 stance where the new guy always wants his guy. Mm-hmm. And and just so Cliff knows, Cliff, this is this is if Eberflus is staying as head coach, who would be the defensive coordinator, not the if, head coach? Well, if Ron I Rivera gets got fired. a bad record, but he's always put together good defensive teams. If if, if Ron Rivera. If Rivera gets fired after this season for whatever reason and Flus is the head coach next year, yes, please bring in Ron Rivera as the defensive coordinator. If there's no chance at Harbaugh and he gets fired, I would still even be highly considering Ron Rivera as the head coach because, yes, somebody said in here that uh, – uh, what did they say? Uh, he. Uh, you're smoking. Rivera, uh, Rivera doesn't have a good record. Cliff said, "Yeah, Rivera took the Panthers with a similar quarterback to the Super Bowl, dude." Are we are we going to say this, or let me just say this: Is Rivera not John Fox two point oh? Yes. I mean, and and, and, I, and I'm and I mean this honestly because John Fox was good in Carolina. He was decent in uh Denver. He got here and he was like, "Look, I'm just looking for a paycheck." Would Would Rivera on his third team feel the same way? That's what I'm saying. That's why I'm wondering. That's why Briggs posed the question: Does he still have that love? Uh, in what position, defensive coordinator or head coach? Either position. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just I'm I'm really wondering if, where his love is right now. If you had a chance to go back to the Bears, as you're, you know that that's his love, right? And uh, Rivera. Maybe I would think that that'd be his love. That's a team that drafted him, or he maybe have a bad taste in his mouth the way he uh got or he wouldn't fire because of management, right? Yeah, that was one of my questions for Eric Kramer tonight that we didn't get to was about management and ownership and how do how do you think it 
what was your experience with it and how does it pertain to it like you think today because that's a good question to bring up if trying to bring back someone like even like a lovey or a ron rivera i mean who wanted to get rid of ron rivera was it was lovey so would would the bad taste be in his mouth or would the good taste still be in his mouth because he knew it wasn't management and is his love is the bears but can i ask you this question about rivera and lovey real quick if i remember correctly and y'all correct me if i'm wrong which i'm sure you will um rivera was wrong you are wrong Rivera was out of contract. Lovey just didn't bring him back because he didn't bring him back because he's like, he's ready to be a head coach. So why am I going to try to hire him only to turn around and lose him again? Who? Because Rivera, Rivera was on, on on a contract with the Bears. It ended while he was with Lovey. When it ended, he went to San Diego to be their coordinator. Lovey didn't hire him back. He didn't fire him. He just didn't rehire him. Because he was afraid that he was going to leave anyway for a head coaching job. I need yeah, these facts well, checked. It's possible. I I, I thought I, it was the, fired. No, he was The scuttlebutt is he didn't renew his contract or resign him to a contract because he didn't he renew it. That, that he was going to take his job. That's the uh-huh. scuttlebutt. I don't know. Oh, okay. That's, well, that's, that's what I mean. I just know he didn't resign. That's been reiterated, resign. you know, many times over because Rivera was close to be, like Pete says. He was going to be in line at some point soon, very, very soon, soon. for it's a coaching like- job. And I'd also like to tell Bearski Films, Paulie, because he's saying put uh, Rivera in the old folks' home. So are you going to put me and Peach there too? Because we're not far behind him in age, you bastard. And I'm joking oh, around. Oh, definitely. <laughs> easy, <laughs> easy. I thought, but- I thought PJ was. PJ has the old folks' home background. You don't. Ooh, 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 <laughs> PJ's ooh. got uh, – He's got, he's got, hey, Pete, I'll, I'll pick ooh. you up on the way to Florida when we go beat the crap out of this guy. Man, I'm trying to tell you. I don't know. He, he, I'll, man. Ooh. I'll let you handle him first because I'm a little decrepit. And then after you beat him, I get to him. It ain't going to be nothing left when I get done with him. I'm trying to tell you. Uh, ooh, ooh. He, he, ooh. Hey, Walt. Where's my pistol? What's going on, man? Did you did you go finish that game because we're babbling too much? Or I'm just saying, where, where, where's my pistol? I ain't shot nobody. Yeah. Like shot nobody. Where's my pistol? Where's my pistol at? Is it, is it a revolver? <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, oh roll. I hope they stay in the in the in the machine. They don't don't get ejected, so they can't find you. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a derringer. <laughs> hey, check, PJ, check check this out now. He's he's trying to like. Zabersky says, "Listen, Ron has accomplished a ton. So have you both guys. But at some point, though, well, this ain't the fucking point. We ain't reached that year yet." <laughs> hey. How can we pull somebody from the chat? That's all I want to know. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's just time to know. It takes takes many years to become a good host on your own show, and you ain't reached that year yet. Uh, but you know what, though? I mean, I'm saying that's not true, Foster. I'm just I, 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 I totally I'm trying know. over here. Look at <laughs> this. You're awesome. You're awesome. Remember, that's why remember this. Here. Remember this for John Fox. 
when John Fox came, Foster. he brought he brought in uh Gates with him, Adam Gates. And the thing we feared was Gates was gonna be here one year and gone. And what happened? Gates was here one year and he left. So yeah. that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what Lubby didn't want to happen by retaining or bringing back Rivera. Said, "Hey, I'm gonna give you another contract because he knew he was about to get a head coaching guy." Well, everybody knew it. Sorry ass excuse. Yeah. yeah. Huh? <laughs> that's a sorry ass excuse. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, isn't that when he hired the? Uh, my man, um, his but no, not your man, his man, his buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, defensive line coach, the linebackers coach. I thought it was his, I thought he hired the uh, the guy who's retired now. Well, no, he after after Rivera, he he hired his buddy, the linebackers coach. Uh, it wasn't um, what's the guy's name? Dang, I'm I'm having a senior moment tonight. Uh, you are, my friend. You're causing your your moment is so senior. It's giving me a senior moment. I'm trying to tell you the guy. I won 16 uh, Lions. Oh come on, what's his name? Marinelli. Mar- Bob, Marinelli. Bob Babich. Marinelli. Marinelli. Oh, Bob Babich. Oh, he hired Bob Babich. Okay. Thank you, Bearski. Jeez. Thanks, Paulie. Take somebody and, in there to help us out here. Where are you? Where are you at, Walt? Maybe you're listening to you guys. Maybe maybe Paulie's right, Gage. But he did. He did cover because he did happen to say, "Listen, guys, Pete Carroll is something else." So he did cover us a little bit because Pete Carroll's what seventy. Yeah. So you know, thanks, thanks, Polly. Even though you may be right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, mean, I mean, by, I, by the way, by the way, PJ and I can't remember anything. You might be right. We might be ready. Man. <laughs> he don't even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm just sitting there trying to find the burn in that Pete Carroll thing. There's not. It was a con- he, he brought us back. Where he brought us back from going to the old folks' home. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Because okay. Pete Carroll's like 70, and he's still doing it. So he gave us a little hope. Me and PJ, me. Instead of instead yeah, of putting us out in the pasture and shooting us. Because you're 770. Ooh, man. And PJ is just easy. going up 500. Easy, easy, easy. <laughs> PJ is much it's, younger than you, buddy. He's just going on 500. <laughs> it's not like a big deal or anything. Walt's about to turn 27 next week. and Where's my knife? <laughs> now he's like a first knife. Where's my knife? Where's, where's my machete? It's really good. He can't find his gun. He can't find his knife. That's man, called, that's on, called that's seniority, my friend. Videos, man. I'm just saying, man. I mean... Hey, hey, our people do that to you, my buddy. The disrespect is heavy tonight. I'm just trying to figure out what my life what happens when cops go senile. Why? <laughs> Here's my gun. I had a knife. Think I could use this? <laughs> can I use this to cut somebody? This is terrible, but I'm going to say it anyways. PJ went to commit suicide. But his electric razor wouldn't turn on. <laughs> wow. True story. Somebody actually tried to do suicide like that before. Uh, I kid you not. I kid you not. Uh, oh, I got the call. I just looked at him. I'm like, Dude, we got to do a show. PJ's t- ex t- tales of past copper. I can't tell you. I can't tell you the stories, but oh my gosh. Oh, I looked at that call. I was like, 
Huh? Because his mom called. Uh, man. My son, my son trying to commit suicide. So I get there. Like, how's he trying to do it? She'll be electric razor. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> he was going to shave himself to death. Boy, we I just really feel terrible because we went from one side to the other on this with the issue. I was like, considering the subject earlier from the show, that's kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm. so that's that's all I'm gonna say about that one because I don't want to go go into too much detail. But my it was, I caught him in the tub with an electric razor trying to shave his his trying to shave his wrists. <laughs> mm. Okay. Oh my goodness! I was like, okay. Yeah, it's getting dark in here. Raging great. It's getting dark. In here. Uh, it is. Uh, we're cutting the lights. It's uh, we love to laugh on the show. I know that much. One of them working. So you guys are just hilarious. Half in the dark tonight. Yeah, saying, Ron Rivera is not the answer, and I, I mean, I think, I think essentially you're right. He's not. Yeah. He's not. Unless unless was. they kept Fluce and he got fired, bring him back as a defensive coordinator, maybe. I, I just he's not the answer for anything. All right. Well that's where's my rolling pin? <laughs> rolling pin. Now now he's gonna go bake something. No, I'm gonna go beat Dane over the head. He's talking about some unless Eva Fluce get fired and bring him back as a yeah. Keep as a coordinator. No, I mean if unless uh, unless yeah. Fluke gets retained. Sorry. No, you're really you're really like beating at the death. Talking about I said it wrong. Uh, unless Fluke gets retained, mm -hmm. if you want if you want a defensive coordinator so that he doesn't have to defensive coordinate next year, then I think Rivera, if he got fired, would be a good call. You think they can coexist? Mm. I don't know if they have any connections at all. They, I don't think they can be. The four three. It's not every four three is the same. Bro. The four the four three Montez Sweat and signed Chase Young. Well, that's why you pose such a difficult Same question. Connection. Who who do you who's going to run his four three? But my first thought is like I told you, is him doing it himself, right? Or is the guy as a senior analyst or senior advisor, Bill Snow? Yeah, would he do it? No, he's like seventy five years old himself. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I just I, that's why I posed the question because he he he's so old he could be like your youngest son, PJ. <laughs> what are you saying? He could be like one of my grandchildren. Where's my arrow at? <laughs> I know I had my arrow around here somewhere. Hold on. That's the same. That's the same one he used in the 1830s. <laughs> oh, false! I know you didn't. Where did I put my cleaver? I did. I did. I had to. You set me up, dude. You Man. set me up. When you're talking bow and arrow. I just you set me up, dude. You know, I got a cannon in my driveway. <laughs> Where's my cannon at? A cannon. I could have said 1630s, but I was Jeez. nice. Oh man. Man. Where, how about your uh, clip saying? How about your bazooka? Where's my bazooka at? <laughs> Cliff's asking the uh, the money question of the night tonight. Uh, another big question is: Does Flus get fired? Nope. <laughs> I think that's. Nope. Not. I think we've been over that. 
Yeah, that's, that, nope. that's kind of the point. Yeah. It's kind of been I, the entire conversation. The way this defense is playing, nope. I don't think so. I don't. It, I'm kind of getting worried that he doesn't. Yeah, at this rate, even if we don't win another game, as long as the defense is still still playing well, he's not going to work. They'll they'll make him they'll make him get a new offensive coordinator, but he. Ain't mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think you're right. Man, I'm telling you, it's like. Yeah, he's done enough to save his job, at least. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, if you really look at it from a management standpoint, I got a top five defense right now, and I'm going to get rid of the guy who's calling that defense. Yeah, he's a head coach, but he's calling that defense. I'm not getting rid of that because now all I got to really do is concentrate on fixing one side of the ball as opposed to bringing in a whole new system for two. Right. That's my fear, yes. They're not it's looking nice. at the unless they're looking at the analytics of the of the teams that they've beaten with that defense, you know, that haven't been um they've been shitty teams or at the time they've been shitty teams when they beat them. Unless they're taking all that into account and throwing it out the window and just going, Hey, this defense got better and we won twice as many games as last year, considering he wins two more games. That would be doubling his output from last year. Yep. So uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to say that they would, if the defense keeps progressing and they keep beating uh, mediocre teams with great stats. Pete, you notice how you you did all the talking, and as soon as you were done, Dan went, "Yeah, that's my theory." <laughs> since, since you told. Since you told us Dan's theory, do you have one of your own, Pete? I'm just wondering. No, I, wanted, I wanted to bring this up because Paulie's making a lot of good points here in the chat, and we haven't gotten to him, and I, I get it. So it's, I asked everybody this. So why why can't the next guy have a top five defense? It's not amazing play calling. It's the talent on the field. Well, I think it's a combination of young, rising, and proving talent and play calling. You, but you got a dope is- system whether you're young or old, you've got to know the system to be able to use it to its effectiveness. So, but it's also the guys who they, that flus you know, had polls to bring in, you know, that's, that's the thing, you know, flus wanted these guys. So he bringing the guys now, you know, he's showing the fruits of his labor. So now new guy, it's inevitable. They want to want their own guys. So what are we going to do with the guys? We're having the contract and just draft. We're going to try to trade them, get rid of them, uh, all these things. And it's like, because I can see it now, the guy doesn't have success immediately. Well, I don't have my guys. I need my guys in here. And here we go all over again. That's I, I'm just so afraid of con- just continuing the pattern that we've established for 15 fucking seasons. We just need- <laughs> Wrench, wash, repeat. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, and, and Peach, how long have – Realistically, our lifetime. How long have we seen this? Because it's been well, most of our entire lives. Well, your lifetime is a lot longer than mine, so I'm not going to go there. Um, but me, you since already the said, you already said that Buckus and Sayers were your favorite. And look at I they said, got no. I no, he didn't. He said Barry was his favorite. They had two of the best players in the NFL, and they didn't build any talent around them. And that's George Hales' fault. It is. It right. Is. 
Right. So I just, I do, I just don't want to keep seeing this. I'm getting tired. I'm, I'm going to die before they do anything again. But see, that's what I was telling you guys. I mean, I have a, I have a faith in polls that he's on the right track. We just got to give him, you know, give him time to get there because he said it's going to, you know, it's not going to be no quick rebuild. So right, right. So what I see out of Eberflus in this defense, we're on the right track. Getsy, no. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm sorry, Getsy. Sorry about your job, bro, but no, no. Thanks, thanks for giving voicing my opinion, PJ. Now, what's yours? <laughs> <laughs> what do you got to say, Walt? Because you're looking there, going, ah, these fucking guys. I mean, like I said, I'm of the opinion right now. You know, Fluce is kind of safe. You know, yep. I, I don't see them moving away. Yep. The defense has been playing too good. There's too much of a turnaround from what it was exactly. prior to Fluce taking over to be like, hey, you know, you're still doing something right. Exactly. You're showing me that you can adapt, mm-hmm. which is what I've been asking for from every coach. Yep. Show me something that gets me excited to see you here. You know, I don't care if you lose the game if you play your heart out. No. And you're making progress. Yeah. It's all about progress. What is, what is it? Adapt and overcome? Man, that's it. But that's that's more like the uh Marines, man. So well that's I'm not a Marine. Yeah, I got I got a yeah, lot yeah. of Mariners in the family yeah, yeah. too. Mariners and Army. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I, I just I to, to reemphasize, I think Iberflus will get replaced. Hopefully so. The, 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 the biggest question for Iberflus will become who will he hire to replace him? Yeah. Do you bring in a whole new system, which is going to set your offense back? Or yeah. do you bring somebody in who's familiar with the, who runs a similar system, but is more experienced at it? That to me is the million dollar question. That's the one that we're it's the talk of the town, man. Because well, that's we, what the, that's what Lovey had a problem with, remember? Lovey yeah. had a problem getting finding the right officer coordinator. Flues may fall into that same problem. Never did. Exactly. So I don't know, man. I don't know. That's what I was saying. I mean, jeez. I don't know who to get. Um, hold on a second, because I'm over here burning the house down. <laughs> All you got to do is chop up the uh, uh, wood paneling back there, man. That's how you can keep your house warm. You don't have to burn down the whole house. Cliff Victoria says, I had a friend who was a Marine. He was so different when he got out for better or worse well it does change you i mean a lot of times you know depending on when a guy goes if you go in as a uh, 18 year old you know you're in those formative years so it will change uh so that's what it that's what it's meant to be it's meant to teach you how to be independent and be a man actually or an adult i should say i guess for the women to join 
There was a joke in there. Right I didn't want to jump. This 1976 on. carpet just went. <laughs> it's made it's made to start fire for some reason, man. <laughs> I remember those 70 carpets too. That was they, they were bad. Dude, it's orange. Orange oh. and yellow. <laughs> That's bad. That's bad. I'm stuck in a time warp. To answer Mr. Mayhem, he says uh maybe Jim Carwell. Should be the next Bears OC, different system, and I don't see them. I mean, again, I wouldn't go with a different system just for the learning curve. Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. Enough. No, I, I try to keep it the same. Bears keep it, but at the same time, who do you want to give the credit to for the Carolina win? I mean, he does deserve some of it. I don't think he was taking all of it in the sense. He was so over the top, like giddy, like a little schoolgirl after that Panthers win. And then like the last win against the Vikings, he was totally stoic. Totally different guy. It was very weird. Did you see Flus uh with his armor on the ref at the game? Like, hey, what's up, buddy? Oh yeah. After yeah, after the uh uh referee says something, then he went to the like line judge and Hug him and say something to him. Yeah. <laughs> but what you're saying here, basically, is that's a different matter entirely. We're just talking about this one incident. Which one? What did I miss? Well, we're talking about the, the Carolina and then pointing the finger at the players. I mean, I don't mm. agree with him pointing the finger at the players, you know? He has to take some accountability for himself. Two-way street, though. I mean... He can't. If he has to take accountability for that, he can take accountability for the wins too. Play the video I emailed. Did you email us a video again? Let's see here. Where are we at here? I mean, that's just how, it's, how it works, man. The guy at the top is going to get the credit. It, it works that way throughout life in any setting. You know, sometimes the, the, the big boss takes the credit and you just have to, you know, eat it. Unfortunately, mm -hmm. it is what it is. Now, to Cliff's point, Cliff says Carolina just fired their best offensive coaches. If I'm not mistaken, the general manager fired the head coach named Chris Tabor as the interim head coach. Chris Tabor then fires Deuce Staley and Cade McNow. So I'm thinking that Tabor must have had some type of personal issue with Deuce Staley and uh, Cade McNow because you would think him being a special teams coach, he would keep those guys being the offensive coaches. But he was the one who fired them after he became the uh, defense, I mean, the uh, head coach, interim head coach. Wait, what'd you say? I'm I'm trying to download. Uh... He very well could have had some sort of issue. I mean, that whole team seems to be a dumpster fire, right? You know, what I said was the uh, the GM fired Wright Frank Wright and named uh, Tabor to be the head coach, interim head coach. Once mm -hmm. he got the head coach spot, he then fired Kay McNown and 
Deuce Staley, who was the running back coach, I believe. Hmm. So I'm saying that was more, I think, was some type of personal issue between them or something, because why would you fire your offensive coaches after losing your head coach, who was the offensive coordinator anyway? So, <laughs> All right. yeah, I, uh, yeah, but you never know. I mean, maybe Chris Staber can yeah. do what Antonio Pierce did for the Raiders, inspire them to win a couple of games. I, I hope know. not. I hope not, but you never know. Hold on, I'm gonna I'm loading up this video. It's gonna play really quick before I have to mute it. Hold on. It was a good call by the by the whoever this coordinator was. That was that would be me. Oops. <laughs> All right, let me let me restart this. This is this is the video from this is the video from Hold on. Let me start over. Here we go. It was a good call by the, by the whoever this coordinator was. That was that would be me. <laughs> did you did you hear that? Well, let me just replay that really quickly. Let me just replay. It's a good call by the by the whoever this coordinator was. That was that would be me. <laughs> you stood up there all year and pointed a finger at the players on the execution. In the beginning of the year, I, I was with that. I was saying yes, the players need to execute better. It seems like this guy. Uh, is happier about having a good week of practice than the result of a, a game. And then to, to sit there and credit yourself like that. I mean, <laughs> to whoever that coordinator was, by the way, that would be me. You, you got to be kidding yeah. me. When I, my jaw dropped, like, dude, you need to go. If you think that any of these players are going to play as hard as they did for you this last week after that coaching collapse at the end of that game, you're not going to get that kind of performance again all season from them. You're just not. <laughs> well done, Bearski. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good, Bearski. That was good. That was funny. <laughs> that was well done. I yeah, mean, according, according to Greg Gabriel, to Cliff Victoria's point, uh, Deuce Staley is supposed to be a great coach for uh, Gay, Gay, Greg Gabriel. Seeing as though we fired our running backs co coach during the year. Why not bring in Deuce State? Mm -hmm. and, or, Josh, or Josh McCown. I've said this before, right? Oh, well, yeah, you did. But uh, I would prefer <laughs> Pat Hamilton as my quarterback coach. I know he's probably looking for an offensive coordinator job or higher. But if we're trying to run the same system, I know he doesn't run that this system that we have. But I think he's a good quarterback coach. I mean, he's done it with luck. He's done it with Davis Mills when he was a rookie. He's done it with uh, uh, what's the guy out there in um, San Diego, if I'm not mistaken, his first year. He was there with him, uh, Herbert. So I think he's a good uh, quarterback coach. Jay Cutler may not think so, but I think so. Wait, wait, what? I think he had problems with Jay Cutler oh, when no. he was here. Oh, you think so? No, they were like really good friends from what I remember. Uh, I think Jay Cutler said some disparaging words about him. Really? Because I thought they were good friends. Mm, I don't know about that. Ah, uh, fuck Jay Cutler anyway. <laughs> Smoking Jay. <laughs> I'll t I, I take Josh McCown over Jay Cutler any day as a as a coach. You want to have Josh McCown's baby, don't you? Tell you. I have been ovulating. <laughs> 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 perfect comeback perfect comeback 
<laughs> Drop the mic. Thank you, my friend. <laughs> Kitty, Kitty, where are you? <laughs> Bearski saying, "All right, guys, almost midnight. Good night. Talk to you next time. Thanks for joining us, Bearski. We have to wrap Later, this up. Paul. Anyways, it's going on four yeah. hours. Yeah, it was a good show, though. You guys are what keeps us going, though, in chat here. Skylark, Bearski, Mayhem, Cliff. You guys are awesome. I mean, hanging out with us to the end. We love you guys, man. Seriously. Hey, we appreciate you guys. Foster. You guys are what to make the show. And more of you guys in the chat, you guys need to come on and be our guests, man, for real. Yeah, we have to have Bearski back on again. Bearski and I had a huge misunderstanding, and we both laughed about it. And uh, I'd love to have him back on the show. I know you guys would too. Vil, we have to have Vil back on the show. Um, yeah, yeah. Lot, guys, Glenn Morgan. Yeah. Got to get Cliff and Tori. I know he's still ain't working on that yeah. Panay, is he? Or no, Lemony? That, what is no, it? going to take him the next thirty years. <laughs> well, well, now he's getting another house to put a Lemay in, so he's got like another <laughs> six months of excuses. Come on, Cliff. <laughs> I've seen all your shows that, saw all the shows that you did with Shorty before why won't you come up is it like me PJ and Walt is there a problem with us yeah well, he doesn't like you guys. Oh, with Shorty. that's what it is oh. that's what that's, it is okay it, yeah. yeah talking about some sometime no it ain't no sometime it's now bring your butt in here now I, I, he's, I can just picture him saying it right now I, I'm, I am busy I'll, I will come on sometime when it's just me and Shorty because I don't like PJ and Walt Foster. <laughs> you guys want to talk about it's, my meatloaf? <laughs> Cliff, I still want the picture of me, you, and McCaskey, dude. Never got it. Somebody, nobody sent me. Sent me it. Oh. I don't have it. Let me do it right now for crying out loud. Yeah. It's the research and cleaning my office up. What research? Talk about research on how to clean your office. Talk about having a vacuum as lawn. Jeez. <laughs> Always got an excuse. I just deleted that picture. Yeah. So I, I had a picture of a lady vacuuming the lawn. I have to. No, I still I have got to get the that. picture. I still got the picture. To... It was eight thirty in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning. My buddy's driving down the street, and he looks over, and there's a dude vacuuming the lawn. But it was hornets, but. <laughs> it's still, I kept it. I just kept it because it's going to remind me of Cliff till I drop that. <laughs> Joe Treviso, Joe Treviso stopped in. He did. Yeah, Cliff says he can't make. Yeah, Cliff saying we we can make mistakes. He can't. Yeah. <laughs> Is he not human? Okay. <laughs> You're not human, Cliff. I mean, what's up, man? Yeah, he's he's not definitely somebody. He's subhuman. <laughs> mm. What was you and uh, Shorty doing at a hotel room there? Mm. I was passed out. I don't know. Whatever whatever mm. he did to me, I wasn't involved. Mm. <laughs> Curtis, Curtis, my man, stopped in here tonight. Curtis. Oh, great to well, see you in here in chat tonight, Curtis. All right. I'm sending you that picture right now, buddy. Mm -hmm. Lynn Morgan, Aldo Gandia. I really want to thank Eric Kramer for coming on tonight. That was yes, cool. Eric. That first hour was awesome. If you if you make it to watching rewatching oh, this so show, Eric, all the way to the end, 
I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I, I'm sure we probably lost you a long time ago with some of our jokes, but if you stay, I just want to say thank you for uh, coming on our show tonight. You guys are true uh, BC peers for hanging out with us this long. You guys know who you are. Cliff, Mayhem, Mo Beerman, Mark Kazak, yep. Unapologetic Truth. DVD would have been here. Skylark. DVD would have been here if he wasn't sick tonight. Love all you guys, man. You guys are what makes this go around. Seriously. We do this for you guys, man. Yep. 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 Seriously. If we were doing this for one person, we might still do it, but zero people? No, we wouldn't. <laughs> Is Cliff saying he's getting a foot massage right now? Probably while he's waiting for his meatloaf. <laughs> he's getting his meatloaf to cook. He's getting the, the pre-lawn vacuuming foot massage. Because those feet got to be nimble to go out there and vacuum at midnight. <laughs> oh, twinkle toes. Got to make sure they're in shape. We love you too, Cliff. We love you too, man. Keep going. Keep going. Skylark 99, you got to come on too, brother. Raging Oracle hanging Maybe. out with us tonight. Joe Treviso. Linda Foster. Yep. Vernon, Vernon in the chat. Uh-huh. Aldo Gandia hanging out with us tonight. The Podfather himself watching oh. his uh yeah. watching his his um proteges go to work. Thank you, Aldo. That one's going as far as Brian saying Reeves, Reeves, Brian Gilmore. <laughs> Brian Gilmore, Brian Reberg. Seriously, love all you guys, man. Mr. Mayhem, me and you on the same page a lot, man. I appreciate you, man. Because I, I, I like your Greg Roman and uh, Pep Hamilton take. So I yeah. do like the Greg Roman is a good choice. I like that as a choice for sure. He, he's done good things yeah, with yeah. the Ravens offense. And, you know, it, why, why aren't we plucking uh, coaches from the Ravens and the Steelers, by the way? Those, those are perennial playoff teams. They're perennial. Because they, they do not have firehouse. Offenses, that's why. Uh, King Buka World, thanks for joining us tonight. I still want their head coach. Destroyer, I'll take their head coach. 1320. How bad do you want him, Foster? Just get a room, will you? Just get a room. What, how bad do you <laughs> want him, Foster? I was going to say, get a room. Just get a room. Shit. Get some condoms. Not that bad. <laughs> Did y'all see that thing with uh, Shannon Sharp where he said uh, he was talking about yeah. he, was on a, he was on a date <laughs> and uh, the, the, the the woman asked him, "I wonder what goes with a uh, lobster." He said, "Condoms." <laughs> God. <laughs> I said, "No, he didn't. No, he didn't." Either because if you order that lobster. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't that crab? <laughs> I feel, oh man, that was pretty good. A little BD, little BD on the side, some crabs. <laughs> hey, want to Swifty and, and Robbie? We're stopping in tonight, Swifty and yes. Robbie, and uh, Lads for hanging out with us. Thanks for joining us, Lads. And of yeah. course, King Luca, like I said, 
Love all you guys. Iceberg Slim was hanging out with us again. Yeah, he was. Iceberg. Iceberg Iceberg Slim looks like Slim. Uh, he looks like Snoop Dogg, doesn't he? No. No? No. If, if that's him, I, I got... It's funny because I got a buddy and his name... We, we always call him Slim. And he looks kind of like Iceberg, except he would always wear this brim and walk around with an umbrella. But, I mean, that, that's almost... If you take off the, the, the bottom of the beard, that's my buddy Slim. So, and I know it's <laughs> not him. him. Uh, Slim's a lot older, but... He kind of reminds me of... Uh, it's very he, similar. Do you guys know Nipsey Russell who passed away? No. Oh, Nipsey Russell. That's that's uh, that was my that was my Viagra joke. That was really Nipsey Russell. I went to I went to the doctor to get a Viagra pill. Now I'm standing not in the old, gun and not the old kill. Nipsey Russell, not the not the old guy, the guy who uh, was shot in California about five years ago or something like that. That's what I'm talking about. That's who uh, Iceberg Slim looks like. Oh, if I... you you can look him up as uh, his name is Nipsey Russell. All I all I'm finding is the actor. Nipsey Russell, a comedian? No, yeah. no, he was the. Uh, yeah, he's a comedian. He was actor. like a rapper. Okay. He was a rapper slash activist. There's yeah, a Nipsey not, Russell I'm and not, Nipsey Hussle. I'm not familiar, Pete. Nipsey, Nipsey Hussle. Russell was one of the greatest, one of the greatest rhymers of the '70s and '80s. He was hilarious. I remember who he. I know. I remember who he was. Look up Nipsey. I got Hussle. it. I got yeah, it. Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. I got it. Hold on. Nipsey Hustle. I now I yeah. I've heard that. I've heard the name. Yeah. yeah. See, that's who uh, Iceberg Slim reminds me of. Well, I can see that. I guess. He looks more like Snoop Dogg to me, though. Let's go, Snoop Dogg. Put chisel, dizzle. Let's go to images. Put chisel, dizzle, my nizzle. Could you hear that? I had a picture of my buddy. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. Uh, where's a, a good picture? Little gin and juice, baby. Little gin and juice. Oh, look at you now. Trying to find a good picture of that. Yeah, Skylark. That's kind. Of, that's kind of like iceberg. Either way, it's a compliment. Either way. <laughs> Appreciate you. Iceberg Slim for hanging out with us, man. Skylark ninety nine said he looks like Scotty Pippen with a beard. I guess, yeah, kind of. I can see that. No, Cliff. Very familiar face. I think Snoop was doing something else. It was. It wasn't. He wasn't smoking weed no more. He's doing something else. Oh yeah, what it was. Right. Yeah, some type of skit. New breed hopping in. What's, What's up, up, Steve? Steve. Steve What's Earl. up? Coming in at twelve oh one. Look at you. He had, he was, they were doing a show. They were live yeah. on the air. Dude, thanks for joining us, man. No, he never, no. I never got over there, Steve. No, mayhem. That was not. That was a joke. It was a ploy. He said that he quit yeah. smoking, and it had something to do with like food or something. It was a total barbecuing. Yeah, it was like a clickbait thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. He did not quit smoking. Hell he didn't no. quit smoking weed, man. No, he did. Go, go look it up because he 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 starts off really serious and then transitions yeah. right away. So yeah, it's a good promo because it sucked everybody in, man. 
Yeah. <laughs> Snoop Dogg quit smoking weed. What? Oh, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> uh, uh, New Breed saying, Steve saying, no, we didn't have a show tonight. We had to cancel it uh, to a different oh, day. Oh, man. Oh. And where, where you been, buddy? <laughs> Wait, why aren't you hanging out with these, you, you Lions fan? <laughs> right. <laughs> no, seriously, we're going to be on... We're gonna be joining him on uh, December thirteenth on uh, Wednesday, December thirteenth. Wiki, 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 wiki. Can't wait uh, to join you on your show for that uh, uh, Lions Bears preview, Steve. That'll I, be fun. I just want to say that Shorty, uh, Cliff Victoria said Shorty had a hard on in that room. I'm not asking too many questions. The whole point of the picture was that it wasn't a hard on. It was just my natural bliss. <laughs> he just had to get that in there. You know what I'm saying? I, he just had to get that in there. Well, the story goes that uh, Curtis was saying that he was so impressed with me, he had to take a picture. <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully that wasn't uh it was if it was a hey. You're Steve. Gone. Oh, wait, Steve back. says that he was at a basketball game, though. It was a good call by the yeah, by the, well, the coordinator was. That was that would be me. Pulled in the wrong I just thought he was on a... <laughs> I thought he had a show he was doing, that's all. <laughs> Color I, hilarious. I, I, put a, I put a promo promo, I put something on there like that. Dude, I'm here too freaking early. What where are you guys at? <laughs> no, you are awesome, uh, Steve. Seriously, uh, it's nice to have um, fellow podcasters from different teams that we can all have fun together and hang out and have a good time. And uh, you are definitely the model of that. So thank you. We can't wait to come Agreed. on your show, agree, um, and join you on your podcast. It'll be a lot of fun. You're a class act, Steve. You're a class and act. Your ears were ringing while you were at the game, is because we were saying good things about you earlier in the show, dude. True. Foster Very wasn't. True. Foster wasn't. <laughs> no, Foster, Foster wasn't. wasn't. All of us, Walt and PJ and I were. Everybody yeah. but me, Steve. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm now I'm texting him. I'm telling on all you guys. Uh -oh. <laughs> oh, King Pookie <laughs> Nation's Steve, hopping Steve. in. Oh, King's guys are full of shit. Don't listen. Always to get, always get him and a King Book of World mixed up. Well, King Pookie yeah, is all—he's he, all fired up and pissed off about uh, Ryan Poles and his coaching staff. He thinks the whole thing just needs to get thrown into this, just launched into the sun, right? He wants—he wants—he wants Poles and everybody gone, everybody. <laughs> so who does he want instead? We, we what is what, what? Hey, uh, King Pookie Nation. Yeah, King Pookie Nation. What is your uh, solution? For the Bears, if you want everybody gone, what is your solution? That's the question for you. What is your I had solution? A feeling if you were at a game, it was the G League game, Steve. Uh, absolutely. For anybody that missed the first 45, 50 minutes of the show, go back and watch it because Eric Kramer is he's the real deal, guys. I mean, I mean, even. Uh, even you, new uh, new breed, Steve. Like, uh, you know, he's uh, Eric Kramer started off with the Lions. In fact, I asked him a question. I said, uh, "Do you consider yourself a bear or a lion?" And he said both, which is kind of cool because I, I would have yeah. said the same thing if I was him. You know, 
the Lions <laughs> gave him his real first start, and the Bears gave him his big contract. And yeah, it was awesome. it was a great interview with Eric, and we we certainly hope he will come back on. And if he if he does, we cannot wait until he does come back. Ish Shorty did a real good interview with him. I must admit, that's that's a first too. Another first for BPC. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Absolutely, thank though, you, Dan. Bro. Dan, really. Absolutely, Dan, you did. Thank hey, you, man. Uh, here's your answer, PJ, from King Pookie and Nation. Why are you guys stuck in 85? <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't an answer. I want to know what is this, what is this solution? No, King Pookie, I'm more stuck in, in 2006 than I am 85. I, I 85 team, I'm, I'm yeah, they're fun to talk about. We all love them, but I, I would, I wish we could all just move on from the '85 team, dude. Seriously, that's why I want Harbaugh so bad. You bring in Harbaugh, he wins a couple of championships. All of a sudden, Dicka, Dicka is going to be, you know, retiring, you know, from life at sometime soon. It would be nice if if Harbaugh was head coach and he takes the reins from him while that happens and then boom everyone's talking about harbaugh for the next 30 years instead of ditka because you, that's you lost me you lost me at retiring from life <laughs> i was trying to be nice it just got away from me <laughs> hey, pookie pookie what what about ryan poles what i want you to do pookie is i want you to go back and write down every guy that Ryan Bowles has brought to Ryan Poles has brought to this team, and then grade them A B C D E A B C D F. Because I think yeah. I think you're not seeing the what he's done for this team in a year and a half. And it's just my opinion, dude. It, it doesn't mean I'm right, but uh, go back and look because I I hear you keep saying Poles stinks, and all you've given me is Claypool. Ogunjobi and uh, who else you can't fault him for Ogunjobi though. You cannot fight. No, I can't. No, I'm just saying this. He didn't sign him. This Pookie Nation. This is stuff no, no. that was coming up today, this morning on Twitter and YouTube about. I'm not talking about you, Foster. I'm not talking about you, Foster. I'm talking about no, I know. Pookie Nation. I, like, I know, but I brought him, it up yeah. because this is what keeps peach. This is what keeps coming up. This was up this morning. They were talking about. Yeah, he, everything he does stinks. He brought us Claypool. That sucked. Uh, he never got. He did. He messed up that deal with Okajobi. He. There's one other thing they kept saying. I can't remember what it. Oh, Vallis Jones is terrible. Terrible draft pick. And I said, but you're only giving me those three things. I want you to go over every guy that he brought here and grade him, because you're yeah. going to find in the long run when it weighs out that what he did is way greater than what he didn't or what he made. Agreed. I agree with that. I agree with that. So because I think that's all. even with Bezos, even with, I'm not I'm I'm not saying that Bay. I mean Bezos was a third round pick, right? So come on, I mean, geez, you still don't. He's on the roster. There, you still we still don't really. Okay, we know what we've seen, but what if there's more to him in the next five weeks that we? And I'm just saying, I don't know. I've seen him we a couple of times in the camp. training camp making some nice catches. So I, I, I can't say he's a bust in a, being a third rounder. I just can't. I mean, it, is it he great? It doesn't look no. good, Peach. It doesn't look good, but it ain't over. I mean, like I said, it ain't great, so, but it ain't no bust by no means. Right. And I, and I, you know, here, you're going to make, you can't 
hit a hundred percent on every guy you bring in. It's impossible. Nobody's sure. ever done it and nobody will unless right. AI comes in and does all the, Oh wait, well, I'll jump up when I said that. <laughs> I was muted the whole time. <laughs> Who do you want then King Pookie? He says, he says, I want to move forward. Who do you want? Right. What, what, what is your plan? King Pookie. Break it down for us. We all get your, we all want get to your butt on the show. King Pookie. Yeah, there you go. Come on, come on, Pookie. Come on, send us an email. We'll set it up. You come on and you tell us, because I'd be interested to hear it. And it's no no pressure, no nothing, man. We just right. hang out and talk like we're talking to. Just like when I come on, whenever I pop in by you, and we bullshit on your show. So you see the banner down there, King Pookie. Email and get. We'll get you on the show. We want to hear your thoughts. I, I, we don't. It doesn't make sense to us. Repay, repay. If you just replace polls and before you even did anything else, you've already moved us backwards two or three years. Agreed? Mm -hmm. Agreed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, three of us, four of us say that. Do you all? Mm -hmm. We dump polls right now. And he's Wouldn't that be a setback? To the point where I need to fire him. Yeah, right. There you go. That's it. Like Skylark saying that. The whole coaching staff are rookies. Another reason why they can't fire Eberflus, eh, I wouldn't say and Getzi, but who can replace them from the staff? Yes, in-season, correct. There's nobody to well, replace so even, them. See, the problem is with in-season moves, like nine times out of ten, those guys don't end up as the head coach the net or whatever position they were given the interim to next year anyway, so who cares? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just a, just a stand-in for the rest of the games that are played. Like, like, like where's Jeff Saturday right now? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I meant to bring him up, but I keep forgetting to bring him up because that was amazing. What just have Jeff Saturday coach the rest of the year because it doesn't fucking matter who coach him. Yeah, so did you see where uh, Greg Olson said he wants to be a coach? I did not see that. Yeah, Greg Olson said he wants to be. A a coach. Yeah. Well, I think he would be very good at it. His yeah. demeanor is very it's different. I'm 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 curious to see whether or not that rumor about Carolina wanting Belichick take takes flight or not. I'm just that's kind of interesting to me. I wonder can he really rebuild a team at 71? Can Wait, he who? really rebuild can who Belichick? There's oh. a rumor that the uh, Carolina owner wants him as uh, his next head coach. Hey, Pete, do you remember when when Bud? You remember when Bud Grant retired? Yeah. PJ. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you remember? I, re I, remember. They brought, I forgot who they brought in, but they brought the guy in for two years, and he kind of messed that team up. And they and they brought Bud Grant back. And he immediately turned the team around in the first season back. And this is after his retirement at like, he was like 70 years old. So yeah, he was a military possible. guy. But yep. Grant's a military guy. He yep. enforced that uh, strict I mean, discipline. He, man, he was, he, yeah. he, that team, you know, look at, look at, they, they were, they were just so solid for 15 fucking years. It used to piss me off because it didn't matter what, didn't matter who was even playing. They always would win. Well, I remember that Fran uh, He's out. We're gonna we're, we're gonna bring the kid in, Tommy Kramer, because Fran Tarkington's down this week. And I'm like, oh, we got a chance. 
Kramer back to pass, touchdown. Man. I'm telling you. Yeah. Uh, but Grant he, was a good He coach. literally came out of retirement because this guy ruined the team. He was a good, and yeah, he was a good coach. His first year back, I, 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 I think they had a winning season and, and might have made the playoffs that year. They made, they made the playoffs every year. That's yeah, another reason I hate it. A few, they were a the Vikings Super Bowl. were the Packers of the late '60s and '70s into the early '80s because they were always in the damn playoffs, man. They were always they were always losing to Roger Staubach or the Cowboys. That, you know that seemed to be like yearly, man. It was always the Vikings and the Cowboys in the NFC, and then you had the Steelers and the Raiders in the AFC. Denver, yeah. Denver would pop their head in there, but that was about it, man. I think they lost in the Super Bowl. Did they lose in the Super Bowl to the? Uh... Chiefs and the uh, Steelers. The Vikings. I think they made two Super Bowls. They lost four Super Bowls. They were in four of them, and they lost four. all of them. Oh wow, four of them. They okay. did lose to the. They lost to the. I think the Colts, the Chiefs, the Raiders. Okay, I'm missing one, but I they were and, in four Super Bowls. Maybe. And Bud Grant was the uh, coach of all those four Super Bowls, right? Every time, every time. Yeah. The, the problem was. Back then, they didn't have the money to buy some of the talent that the Cowboys or the Steelers or right. the Raiders had. Like one yeah. of the lowest cost teams in the NFL, but they were there in the playoffs every damn year from like 68 to 78. I think they made the playoffs every year. So, yeah, Vikings was good. Coaching, 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 because it was all about coaching, man. He put that unit together and they stayed together. Some of those guys were there 20 years, man. Alan Page. Uh, who's the guy that intercepted the pass and ran it the wrong way? Jim Marshall scored, scored, scored a touchdown for the other team <laughs> unknowingly. Jim Marshall turned around on the interception. He's running yeah. the wrong. Jim Marshall's running the wrong way, and he gets in. He goes like this. <laughs> Carl Eller. I don't know where, where, where I'm going. No. Yeah. Carl Eller. He uh. Carl he, uh yeah, Carl Eller. He was a defensive tackle too with uh, Alan Page. He's Alan Page finishes three with us. The people purple eaters. Man, it yeah. was brutal defense, dude. Those front that front four might have been they might have been the bus because they were together. I think they played together literally for 13 or 14 seasons. The same guys game in, game out. You'll yeah, never they, see that again. I don't think purple people leaders. So uh we should cut it because now I'm exhausted. We definitely have to cut this. This is this is over four hours. So holy crap. Yeah. I want to say uh, a, a huge thank you to everyone in chat right now. And uh, a, a, a huge thank you to Eric Kramer for joining us tonight. That was um, incredible. And uh, we, we hope to have him back on again because we have an, only like 20,000 more questions for him. So yeah. hopefully we can uh, balance those out over the course of a few shows. That'd be wonderful. But he was a great guest. Um, Yes, he was. And if anyone hasn't, um, you know, missed the first of the first half, the first quarter of the show, like this is like this book, pick it up and read it yourself. It is amazing. The Ultimate Comeback by Eric Kramer, available on Amazon. Leave a review. I read the whole thing. It's an amazing read. Um, it's very easy read too. I don't read books. It's only like my sixth book I've ever read. So. They even have pretty it's pictures. It's got a lot of pictures too. Yeah, and uh, it's you, seriously, it's a it's a great story. So check it out. 
Um, what, guys, where, where can you get it again, real quick? You can I'll, get on get on Amazon. Amazon. The yeah, ultimate yeah. comeback, Eric. It's just called the ultimate comeback. The link, Foster. Yeah. The description of this show, the link to Amazon okay. is up there to buy it. So for anyone who would like to purchase that book, the link to Amazon to purchase that is in the description of this show. Please go check it out. Absolutely. Everybody's encouraged to because it's, I mean, I only, I only got to read the first four pages, man, because they had it on, somebody had it on a link, the yeah. first four pages of the book. And I was like, it's, man, it's a, I got to get it. Seriously, yeah, yeah, I, on Amazon. It drew me in and I was just sucked into it, just reading it, reading it. I, I, I finished it last night. It was like 2.30 in the morning. I was like, damn, I want to start another book now. I'm, I'm, I was like wired up. And I laid in bed for like an hour just thinking about, it's like about 3 o'clock in the morning, thinking about today and the interview with him and our show with him. And um, it was it, it was just a, a great book. So check it out for yourselves. Do you have a read to a... Do you have Pookie, a read to write that stuff down and I'll, I'll contact you, Pookie. And I want you to write that stuff down and I'll contact you. And then we'll we'll make it... We'll make some of the stuff you're asking and saying part of the show. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Keith. Shorty, do hey, you have Dylan, a how you doing, man? Good to see you. Thanks for popping in, dude. Dylan Prescott stopped by. What's up, Dylan? Thanks for joining us, man. What was your question, PJ? I said, do you have a read that you have to read? Or do you have to only do it once a show? Bet U.S. <laughs> Might as well mention it. Yeah, Bet U.S. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just about to do that. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what you were saying. Yes, I do read for the show, but it's, I guess it would be the equivalent of a book. I What I asked was, do you have to read it more than once per show? Because I know you read it at the beginning, so I was asking, do you have to oh, read it again? Bet you, oh, you're talking about the Bet US? Yes. Yeah. Only for the benefit of the show. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, that's why I was trying to get you to. I, I, I was just about to. Thank you very much. Oh, well, sorry for uh, stealing your thunder. You damn well should be. Hey, Pete, it's a good thing Wait that you're here to give us his thoughts. You know, <laughs> lucky <laughs> I didn't see you fight lightning. Well, can you pull that comment so I can actually plug this? <laughs> I put it up there. <laughs> All right. So let me. I, I, I have the thing read here. Okay. So ready? So. Bet US. Go to bet. Go check out Bet US. Every sports better's favorite sports book. They have a bunch of great perks and exceptional service. Use the link in the description to get 125% sign up bonus. Place your sports with Bet US. Use that link down there, guys. That'll help the channel and you'll get some special perks. You'll get that 125% bonus. So you put in 50 bucks, you get 75. In additional cash from them, you put in 100 to get 125, so on and so forth. If you like to bet, which I don't, but if you do, check it out. And then you know what they, you know what they do, Dan? Because I've been using BetUS for about 10 years. They send you a book every year, and it's got every game with stats and statistics on that you can bet throughout the year. It's about this thick. You get it every January. Serious? Wow, really? Yes. Oh. Well, see, look. So Foster is our—he's our media, uh, media, media relations manager. So it would be fair enough that you would uh, have all that information. Go to BetUS, guys. Get a one hundred twenty-five percent bonus with the link below. Sign up now if you like to bet, like Foster does. 
appreciate you guys. And for those of you who bet, bet responsibly. And if you have any uh, gambling problems, please call 1 800 uh, Gambling Anonymous. Well, yeah. <laughs> you pointing to Walt. Walt's the. Uh, Walt, uh, you, have a, you have a gambling problem, Walter? Walter. Yes. Do you have a gambling problem? No, I have an idiot problem. <laughs> He's surrounded by them. <laughs> <laughs> One more question from Pookie here. Hey, Dan, do you like getting made fun of from your friends for being a Bears fan? No, because all my friends are Bears fans, Pookie. We're all Pookie's, in the same boat together. Pookie's not a Bears fan? Yeah. He's he a Bears is. fan. Oh, okay. He's a Bears he's fan. Just, he's just giving a shit for being Bears fans. No, we he's just voice his opinion, man. I, he's a nice guy. I met him I met him at the bar. Oh, I'm not doubting that. I mean, him just asking that question made me wonder whether or not he was a Bears fan. I mean, I, I, I mean, that sounds like something a non-Bears fan would say. The thing he put up on there that I had on there was he said, "Hey, Foster, I found a Bears fan who doesn't even know who Ryan Poles is." And that <laughs> shocked me that he was able to find a bear, a real Bears fan that didn't know who Ryan Poles was. And I'm like, can't really be a Bears fan if he doesn't know who Ryan Poles is. But yeah. I digress. You'd be like a newly converted converted Bears fan from like San Diego or something. Dang. Damn, who's Ryan Pohl? I, I was 20 and 85, Pookie. I was already married with three jobs and a kid. I was 10. Actually, I, was, I was actually divorced. I was I got divorced the prior to that. So I was like I was 20 years old and divorced. Looks like King Pookie needs a therapy session. Why don't you, you should come out with us uh, some show and have a we'll do another Bears therapy with you, buddy. I was two hundred and five in nineteen eighty five. Yep, PJ was two hundred and uh, one hundred and eighty six. Where's my Where's my flamethrower at? <laughs> <laughs> uh, flame flamethrower at night. Gee. <laughs> Oh. Uh, I was 10 in 1985. Actually, well, no, I was nine. I turned 10 on, on Christmas of 1985. So, but uh, shut the fuck up, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap this shit up. Love all you guys in chat, man. You guys are awesome. You guys are what makes what makes BCP go around. Tell your friends, subscribe, set your notifications, tweet. Our show out to, to people if you use Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it. We love you guys. You guys are what makes us do this. So thank you so much. And um, you guys want to end this on a one, two, three bears? Sure. All right. One, ready? Two, three, bye. Ready? <laughs> one, two, three. Bye. Bears. Bears. Bye, bears. Bye, bears.